Patricia, my darling Patricia I can see all my dreams in your eyes Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia You could make all my dreaming come true My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no foolin' I'm falling in love with you Patricia, my darling, Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. Sure, the wacky half hour, everybody. We uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, it has been. <laughs> it's been a wacky. We uh, our, our special guest, Orson Beam, is not home yet. I bet he and Allie Mills are having a good time out. No, not home yet. So, um, I'm I'm assuming that we'll probably just reschedule that to make it easier. There's no sense for him running home to be with us if he's yeah. out having a good time. So. Sure. We're going to try to get this done sooner than later, so I'm sorry we tried that a couple of times. And then the boss, Bill Bragg, came down and wanted to talk to Patricia for a little while and gave us some disc- exclusive hush-hush news about 
a future project, but we're not going to disclose that because I think I would get in trouble. And I ain't going to do that, you know, so. What? I don't even know about it, folks. <laughs> well, well don't. yeah, yeah. Remember, he told you about what happened to him today. Oh, sure. Yeah. So we're not gonna. Oh, that's, I, oh, that's the big secret. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it wasn't anything bad. He didn't get over, run over by a beer truck or anything. That is right? true. That is so true. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Maybe a camera, but not a beer truck. <laughs> so. Oh. Wait, 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 so get, anyway. Let's get a report on the adorable one. Then, whenever she's ready, we'll open the phone call. Hello, Patricia. Hello, Walton. Hello, everybody. I'm doing really well. I got thrown out of physical therapy today, not because I, <laughs> I needed to leave, but because my insurance coverage ran out. But we're going to figure out something for next week and the week after, and then I am going to be home in my own little house. I'm doing stairs. I'm doing walking. I'm doing all the things that you have to do, but nobody taught me how to get up off the floor yet. So. I need to do that in the next week or two. But other than that, I'm really doing well, and I feel good, and I'm just so happy to be back with our gang. Home for the holidays. The oh, wow. Home for, oh, wait. Yeah, no, that's August. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am so confused. You know, people walk in, and they try to they try to check your, your level of awareness, uh -huh. and they'll say, who's the president? And I, and I almost got that one wrong because it was a week after the election. <laughs> But I, I corrected myself. I got that one right. And then they want to know what year it is. And then they want to know what day, what month it is and what day. I said, what, what day? You know, I look at the computer. That's how I tell <laughs> what day it is. So, I don't know. Anyway, um, I, I can tell you what my name is. I can tell you where I live. I can tell you where I am, which is something I could not do. Um, so I'm, I'm really pleased. I'm doing really well. And thank you for asking. Anyway, we have... One special guest already booked for Patricia. I don't know if she had a chance to write back to the colonel yet. Okay. Uh, for yeah. to, so he's already picked a date to be with us in August. Mm -hmm. and, and that's Toys for Tots. Yeah, Toys for Tots. He'll be with us August 26th. So I haven't responded to him. I figured you, you would let him know that it's okay. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So sure. I, I really got wound up this week. <laughs> So they're dragging me out of bed. I'm eating breakfast, Walden. This is terrible. They're wrecking me. Are they getting you out of bed early, too? I did it myself. Holy cats. I know. I mean, this is just dreadful. Just dreadful. I'm wrecked. I'm eating. I ate extra food tonight. <laughs> oh, well, it's better than the fourth feed they were doing two weeks ago. <laughs> I mean... I had a circle around me shoving food in my mouth and milkshakes and oh my gosh. Oh uh, my gosh. You've uh, lost too much weight. You've lost too much weight. Well, I'm making up for it. <laughs> I certainly am. Oh. I certainly am. All my clothes still fit, but that's about it. <laughs> well, a few I have, most of them are down in the laundry. They don't return things for two weeks. But I didn't know that. Mm. 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 So I've, I've rearranged my life and now I've got clean clothes. <laughs> so, so what have you been doing? <laughs> I've been sick with the with this cold. My dad got it first part of the week, and then I got it, and I think Mom's getting it tonight. So mm -hmm. I've been fighting that, and, mm, and everybody's got it. Yeah, and then I've been. I was I was, mm -hmm. I was the last standing Indian. The entire staff had it, and somebody breathed on me and sneezed on me, and then I got it. Uh, unfair, unfair. So are you feeling okay? Uh, yeah. No, you're not. Uh, yeah, I am. I am. 
You sound a little froggy. I am, I do. I do. But yeah. we, we yeah. Nice. You know. But, uh. Yeah. And then I've been working on, uh, for Spurvac. I have them. I've been working. We have a November, uh, Christmas luncheon that we're going to do Christmas shows in November. And then, I've, and then uh, for March, we're going to be at the uh, the Veterans Hospital again in Long Beach. Oh, great. And then, and then I've been working on a proposal with a foundation um, mm-hmm. to get us more funding. And I think I'm going to work on something for my hometown, Costa Mesa, because the uh, foundation is worth in, in Costa Mesa. And they mm-hmm. like to fund Costa Mesa thing. The company that they like to donate to the arts, and the company that's uh, associated with the foundation, Patricia, mm-hmm. last year did one point six billion dollars in sales. Billion with a B? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so I'm hoping to, you know. Wave the, wave the magic wand, have a drop sure. a few dollars in our pocket over here. That way I can yeah. expand our capabilities. So, so. Sure, just give you seed money to go in different directions. Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I've been. That's what I've been Great. doing. I've been, I've been looking at other grants and and things like that. So it's interesting nowadays. People, what they want is an introductory letter, and if they're interested. Some will get funded with the, with the letter. Others, yeah. others will get, ask you to fill out the form if they're interested, you know, beyond that. So uh-huh. everybody's sure. a little different. Indeed they are. Yeah. And the bigger they get, the more, the, the I think the more meticulous they get because when you've got that kind of visibility, everybody's on your doorstep. It's like the person who wins $8 million in the lottery. Mm-hmm. And he looks out the window the next day, and he's got cars backed up to the highway because people are coming and saying, I need $400, you know, one of those. <laughs> so I can understand that with corporations. They just can't be indiscriminate, and they do have budgets. So. Well, the company— a good budget item. Yeah, sure. The company mm-hmm. that I'm working with, it's been a family-owned shopping mall, and uh-huh. and they fund they helped fund the Eddie Carroll One Man Show for me in 2005. And oh, all, all, all it was just was just a little letter, uh-huh. and so I'm just hoping just a little letter, you know. So that's yeah. that's what I'm yeah. hoping for. That's good. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you've got some executives in there who understand and know quality performances from old time radio. Well, what we're doing. That be nice. What we're doing because we had uh, the March events professionally videotaped, filmed. Mm-hmm. We're giving them a copy of that. That way they can see what they're putting the money up for. But they sponsored. This is great. Yeah. yeah. This is great. Yeah. So, I have an Orson Bean question for you. Sure. Is he a member of the Pacific Pioneers? He is not. He is not. Do you want to grab him when we talk? Oh, I think we should. I think so, too. Um, and I found his one-man show. The entire thing on mm-hmm. YouTube. Right. It's an hour and a half long, and I only got an hour in. I thought it was going to be like you know, 20 minutes or 30 sure. minutes. It's an hour and a half, and he is absolutely fabulous. I could pick him out in a crowd, because I I know from pictures and and from some of the early, um, the shows, because he was mm-hmm. on Jack Parr and Johnny Carson and a couple of others. I could pick him out of a crowd. He looks that good. It was interesting. And he's 88. He's 88. Yeah. It, 
Okay, couldn't do it last weekend because he had his family doing my birthday party, so maybe the birthday party's <laughs> running a little longer. And it, it caught up with him. <laughs> so what I did that's, that's funny. What I did today, I, I googled on YouTube Orson Bean and What's My Line. So I watched most of a What's My Line show that mm-hmm. he was a piano and that was just, He was on he, Yeah, I'm sorry. And that was that was fun. Yeah. He was on to tell the truth and did um you know a really good job on that as well i didn't see him on to tell the truth but that was one of the shows that he spent a lot of time on Hmm. um and i should have spent more time on the internet this week but you know exercising and getting out and he said okay go exercise not exercise well the the room and the equipment the night yeah the the night thing if we don't if we don't get him tonight you got another week to prepare so you'll be really that's right i could i I could look at more stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, and my God, what a rich career he has had. I stopped counting on the television roles and the guest appearances that he made on television. I stopped counting. I'm guessing. I'm throwing a dart. It's over 100 on that list, uh, IMDb. And, of course, that does not include. He did, I believe it was six seasons as a regular person, one of the standard characters on um, Dr. Quinn. Right. Who was, you know, and... So they don't list all of those, but that's six years' worth of credits on top of everything else and some of the other shows that he did on a regular basis. So, you know, this this man really has it wrapped up. It's just, uh, I'm really looking forward to this because he's got such a delightful personality and has done so much and includes radio in there. So yeah. I found some up on Dave Golden's site. Yeah. Not very many, but three of them were um, concert. What what was the... It was... Uh, let me. I wrote it down. Let's see. Uh, chamber music. Chamber music. Society of Lower Basin Street, and that was a long-running. That was a long-running series. It started in the early '40s with uh-huh. with Dinah Shore and Milton Cross, and he did mm-hmm. the last year, yep. 1952. So. 1952. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So this this is really cool. This is really. He's got everything in there. You know, he's got stage, he's got Broadway, um, radio, television, movies. Oh, it's just, it just, and and he's authored four books. Wow. I just thought I'd toss that in there. <laughs> I have to tell you, I probably should save all of this for when when we actually get to talk with him. But let me let me pull this up here. Hold on. One of them is. I'm I'm guessing that all three of them have his weird sense of humor in there. <laughs> You know, and he just, he's got a really, but one of them is 25 ways to cook a mouse for the gourmet cat. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that great? (laughs) And then one of the others is too much is not enough. And I agree. Mm. I agree. Mm. When the the cup runneth over, I'll share what's running over. But (laughs) there's never too much of anything. I don't think. I don't know. What about chocolate? Uh, Is it chocolate or is it caramel? Wait a minute. Okay, okay. Are we back to this again? Well, it's not I, even a Tootsie Roll. I know, I know. It just, is not. It's not. Caramel is a different kind of candy. It's like saying, well, licorice is just like a jelly bean. Only a green Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I, I forgot to tell oh, you yeah. something. Uh, what? A couple of weeks yeah, ago. A couple weeks. Yeah. Okay, you know, Patricia, Patricia, if people are wondering, yeah, Patricia has been gone for about 10 weeks, and she's back. This is the second week. We'll open the phone lines, but... I wanted to tell Patricia that John Fermillion is back in circulation. 
Oh, John, I am so happy to hear yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He, he, you were so sick. He was yeah. so sick, and he called. He was in the hospital, I think, twice, mm-hmm. he said. And he got he home. Surgery. Yeah. yeah. And he got home and called John, Larry, and I a couple of weeks ago. So he said he's back. Oh. So that, that is so good news. So I just like sharing good news with our family members. So and That it, is very extra special good. Yes, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well... Should we open the phone lines? What would you like to do, my dear? Well, we can open the phone lines. Okay. And then I get to say hello to another bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Because I've got some stuff lined up for tomorrow, like I have to get out and exercise. And I'm walking the hallways. I recruited somebody to walk behind me. They're supposed to walk behind me. So I went through the physical therapy patients. And I said, would you like to walk behind me? <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're doing. I've got a PT patient and I and I have a whole bunch of that kind of stuff to do tomorrow and try to catch up for what they're not doing for me in PT. So I am going I'm going to be out probably at twelve thirty. Is that okay? Uh huh. Absolutely. So everybody will okay. keep saying really short because Patricia got people to talk to. Hello there, you're on with Patricia. And I have to be the first one. Hell Dave you are Hi there. Kaboo, Peekaboo. <laughs> How are you doing? How are you? Well, I'm doing good. You're doing pretty good, too. I am so. I am so. Listen, you knock me down for 10 weeks. It takes a little bit of time to to crawl back up. But I'm doing really well. Thank you. Now, are you you doing this from your rehab center? Yeah. Now, tonight? Yep. She is. I found a a phone on the corner way down the hall on the third floor. And this this place only has three floors, so I'm... I'm near the roof. <laughs> well, don't well, don't jump. Well, the funny part on the first floor. It's hard to it's hard to commit suicide when you jump out the first floor window. You know. It, it yeah. was so funny. The reason why we partly late, Patricia was having a conversation with one of the other residents. Uh, <laughs> so Patricia staked out this phone and said, "I'm I got it for two hours." So that's why we're a little late because she had a make sure she had her territory yes. all marked off. Yes. Uh-huh. So every, every uh-huh. Once in a, yeah, every once in a while I'd somebody who's going to fight about everything, and that was one of them. But she wound up giving me a hug, and that was the last <laughs> two Anyhow, so we've got a really good group here. I'm going to miss a bunch of them. My goodness. I could not ask for better care than what I'm getting here. Isn't that incredible? Well, well we, that's great news. That's great news. I'm glad I know. you're doing well. And uh, I am. If you... If you fall down, the first thing I'm going to do is uh, look up your Johnny. But other than that, um, I'll help out. <laughs> <laughs> not what you said, but it doesn't sound healthy. So when we get Orson Beam on the, sh- on the, on the air day, what should we ask him? Any, any, you, you've already had him on a, what, a couple of weeks ago, so was he a delightful well, guy? Well, the one thing, oh yeah, he was terrific. Uh-huh. He's got great stories and everything, but I just wanted to, uh, I want to find out. I think I told you. I want to find out how he got involved with the um, the song about the Irishman. Okay. Do you know the song that he does? No, I do not. No. Um, would you like me to do it for you? Please do. Of course. Two Irishmen and a Hebrew once went out for recreation. They took along enough provisions to spend a week's vacation. <laughs> But they got lost out in the woods. The nights grew dark and lonely. And soon all of their food ran out, except a piece of bologna. 
Now one of them said, as I pick up a knife, there's no use in us carving, because if I do, there won't be enough to keep us all from starving. So I suggest we go to bed, and tomorrow, said Maloney, whoever has the nicest dream wins the piece of baloney. Ah, da 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 The following morning, when they woke, a quarter after seven. One of them said, I had a dream. I died and went to heaven. St. Peter met me at the gate. He said, hello, Maloney. No, I don't think it can be that dream. I win the baloney. Da, 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 da. The other one said, I had it. I had a dream, too, and mine was a world beater. I also died and went to heaven. Welcome by St. Peter. He ran to me. He said, hello, riding on a pony. No, I don't think it can be that dream. I win the baloney. Da, 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 da. The Hebrew said, I had a dream, too, and mine was is a dream that couldn't be sweeter. I saw you both go up to heaven. Welcome by St. Peter. I waited and waited and waited so long, and oy, I got so lonely. I didn't think he was coming back. So I got up and I ate the bologna. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Now tell me, you know all of those words by heart, or were you reading a script somewhere? No, no, I remembered it. No, no, I remembered it. Um, oh, my goodness. He has, oh, my goodness. has used that for years. I mean, he he did it for years. He's famous for it. And he does it in his one-man show, the stand-up. And, and only so I think, excuse me, yeah, I only got one hour of the hour and a half in the one-man show, so it must be later because I did not hear that. I heard his. Yeah, right near, yeah, right near the end, he does it as kind of a tag, and uh, okay. it's very good, and he's very good, and you'll love him. And I, I'm thrilled that you're going to get a chance. And uh, you're having the Rich Little experience, uh-huh. uh huh, Walden. Yeah, true. Yeah. But yeah, he been, there, he, yeah. he been, he been really good about corresponding. We just couldn't do it last weekend; it was his birthday weekend. So he and I corresponded. We thought tonight was it, but he is. Uh, yeah. I'm hoping he's having a good time. He probably slept his mind, mm-hmm. but but he's a good yeah. guy, and you'll really enjoy. It. And I'm very pleased, Patricia. I know now that Novena's work. <gasps> oh, Dave, were you doing that? I was. I was. I was doing what I could. Yep, I ran out of beads. But I started over, Aww. and and started a whole new, a whole new round. A whole new round. Uh, thank you. you. I mean, really. You're thank very you. well. I'm I'm, I'm glad you're well. I'm glad you're well. I wanted you well, and and so. This show would not be the same without Patricia. It's just uh, it's true. God, God knows. God, God knows. God knows. I couldn't really be functional without you, Patricia. So that's why, that's why you got nine lives. You're gonna be here. To keep me occupied. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that it, won't, it's not that it would be the same. It just wouldn't be. No, it would not so, be. It just wouldn't be. Well, you couldn't play Patricia. No, I wouldn't. There you I, go. I, I, oh, I, and I, I didn't oh. do it. When, when you were gone to Tim, I did not play it once. I, 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 that was your song. No, but I caught him humming it once. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's, that's All right. I love love you. Let me let you go because you want to talk to other people. So uh, I love you. I'm glad you're well, and we'll talk soon. Well, thank I hope. you. Thanks, Dave. Thank All you. Right. And maybe maybe one day I can come out and play on your show. And, and it will Anytime. Doors open. Doors open. Come ahead. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All right. I will talk with you soon. Thanks, Dave. Take care, Dave. Okay, bye. Bye. All right. Our friend Dave. Kane from uh, Rhode Island. He mm-hmm. does a morning show on Saturday mornings, 
and every once in a while, Walden and John and Larry and I get to come out and play with him. Radio so station. And he's a, he's a really good buddy. And I thank you, Dave, and thank you for the prayers and all the good thoughts. Radio station, W-A-R-A, radio.com is the website. And you can hear Dave every Saturday morning from 9 to noon. And good guy. Hello, you're on with Patricia. Yeah, this is John from Maryland. John from Maryland, and it's almost your bedtime. Oh, I am so happy to hear from you, John. Yeah, I'm happy to hear. I was hoping you'd be on tonight. He took almost the same kind of physical therapy I took. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, well, you know what? I guess, I guess they've got some standard moves because when people walk, you put one foot in front of the other, and that's what they were helping me with. I mean, really, it's, it's been remarkable. Uh, two weeks ago, I could not even move my right leg, and now I'm out. Yeah, it's so. just like I couldn't walk at all. They had to lift me uh-huh. out of bed in the wheelchair, take me to physical therapy. Uh-huh. They, two of them helped me up to stand, and they had, they, uh-huh. and I, took, I took two steps forward two steps backwards. That's all I could do. Wow. And they yeah, but, point, wow. And they got me to the point where I could walk pretty good with the help of a walker. And then I went and had my prostate operated on, and I went uh-huh. where I won. I couldn't do a thing. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't walk. They had to start all over oh, again. Boy. And I was oh, three, and a half months, three and a half months in, in rehab. Yeah. And I was yeah. I have to say something, John, though, because it probably would have been even more difficult post-op if you had not done so well pre-op. As miserable as it was after surgery, I do believe, and this is what I believe, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I think you would have had even more difficult time if you had not put in all of that work before you had surgery. And then I had AFib, and I had to have... Oh, dear. I had to have my heart back into rhythm... Oh, you had a conversion. Ooh, that's big time stuff. Yeah, they had to put that down my esophagus, and uh, uh-huh. I had that done, and it worked out pretty fairly well. But I still have a regular heartbeat. Yeah. 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 And I have one of those chairlifts. I have one of those chairlifts installed in the house so I can get up, and take a shower. Excellent. Oh gosh, that's great. After I got out of there for a while, they, I had to have the nurse practitioner come to the house. Yeah. She came once a week, and then the two physical therapists, each came twice a week. And uh, they got me out of bed. I was in bed. I couldn't get out of bed. So right now, I, I'm doing pretty good. In fact, I went out today. My daughter just got had open-heart surgery. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, she had to have a valve repaired. Oh, boy. Wow. Is she doing okay? Yeah, we went out to dinner today. Okay. My wife and I had a 60th wedding anniversary party in oh. July. Plus, my son came up from Florida. I mean, from uh-huh. this Texas. Her party, and we had a note on there. No no gifts. Just your present would be appreciated, you know. Yes. And yes. But one didn't pay attention. They gave us a uh, uh, dinner, what do you call them, the free tickets, uh, uh, I can't think what do you call them, when they give you a, you go to a restaurant and you give them a coupon. Oh, I, I had a gift card or something like that? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. We went out. Like a gift certificate? Yeah. Yeah, a gift certificate, that's what it was. 
Yeah. And then yeah. had dinner we had dinner together. My daughter went home and had, oh, we all came home and she went up to bed. But uh uh-huh. doing fairly well. It's been one uh, it's been one month she since she had her heart surgery. But and she's up and out. Good for her. Wow. And I tell you one good thing that this came about. My son in Florida well, first of all, I had a heart attack back in 2003. My wife had open heart surgery, and she had three uh, uh, bypasses put in. And mm-hmm. in, uh, about eight, eight or nine years ago, and then my daughter's having her valve repair. So my youngest son, who was a little bit overweight, he went on a mm-hmm. diet, and he looks like a different person. He said, I, as I learned from all you guys having your heart problems, and he yeah. said, I, wanted, I didn't want to have that, so he went on with that strict diet, and, and he's sticking to it. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, that must make you feel good. I mean, you, you, you've been so miserable with all of the things that you had to deal with, but now you're a model for your son. Yeah, I had so many problems. I had, it, my bladder was so big, it was pushing my kidneys out of place, and Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! And, and, and my kidneys were shutting down, and they had they got that straight when they got my better black bladder back to normal. Then I had uh, what do you call it, bladder infection, and I had all kind of problems with my bladder and my kidneys. And mm. I finally got all that taken care well, of. And but your voice, you you sound like you've been ill at all. I know my. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. I've worked really hard. Yeah, my voice is cracking all over the place now, and and, uh, sometimes I forget a lot. And I used to have a good memory, but I I guess I'm losing that, too. I don't know. I don't think so. You sound sound perfect to us. You sound sound so good to me. I'm very proud of you that you come back, and you've got a good attitude. Thank you. Oh, thank you, John. That, that really means a lot to me. Thank you so much. Okay, what I'm going to do now, I'm going to pass, get off and let somebody else call because I know a lot of people would walk. Okay. okay. Thanks for calling. I've got free hugs. Yeah, John, I have free hugs to give out tonight, so I'm sending one to you. Okay, thanks a lot. <laughs> Take care, <You're> John. <laughs> thank you, John. Okay. Bye-bye. 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 All right. 714. John from Maryland. And, gosh, he has been so sick over the yeah. summer and actually springtime because, you know, he was so sick when I was still here. And it's just so good to hear from him. I'm having a good time. I got happy feet. Well, happy foot, anyway. <laughs> yeah, one is starting to catch up, but I don't have happy feet yet. So, anyhow, what? Are you there? You hung up on me? Oh, oh boy, are you breaking up? I, I, I just get little squeaks in there. When I, would you like to give me a call back? I'll gather that the answer is yes. I'll be here. Jaws Professional Patricia Office, Bill Bragg. 
Alt tab, Skype trade tab, online tab, Walden tab, search at, at fave, Orson Bean, Patricia Office, phone applications, consent at, invite up, enter, leaving menus, Patricia Office, unloading job, can't, okay, enter. Are we back? Hey. Hello there. Uh, all right. So, I mean, I'm, go ahead, keep talking and let's see what, I, what comes out here. Okay, I'm turning myself down here. And yeah. you want me to turn myself down some more? A little bit, please. All yes. right. Hello there, Patricia. This is Yesterday USA. Yeah. And <laughs> yes, uh, and we're, we're really here. We're just playing with buttons tonight. Uh -huh. That's the entire show is button time. Button time. Sure, Yesterday button USA. Time. Yeah. And so we're gonna button. do we're gonna do okay. We're down button, button. who's got the button. We're, yeah. We're in a negative territory big time. Yeah. So Oh. Let me grab the <laughs> okay. phone. Yeah, I think it's the phone here. Okay. That's amplifying All everything. Right. I, 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 should I drop myself a little more, Patricia? Are you okay with with this? No, it it's fine. It's fine, okay. sure. And let me turn this up. Hello, Carl, you're on with Patricia. Hello, hello Patricia. Hi, Paul. Hello, Paul. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm so glad to hear you doing so good. I really am. I really am. I've got a ways to go, but certainly not from the point I was at before. So I am I am a very happy camper. Yeah, yeah I guess you should be, considering a coma. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. I did. Good. A couple of, days, couple of days in there, and I see you and all the, you know... Didn't know who I was or where I was. <laughs> Couldn't tell them my name. So, yeah, I have made extraordinary progress over the t last 10 weeks, and I, I am just, I can't thank the staff enough here. I, mean, I certainly couldn't have done it by myself, and they have been. This is the best facility I have, I think, I have ever been in. Wow. That's nice. I, you know, that's saying a lot. And, uh, you know, the, the staff has been absolutely wonderful. I think I could count on one hand with fingers left over um, people who are grouchy or, you know, just not, don't throw themselves into it. And everybody else says they just can't do enough. And I, I appreciate that so much. So I have to figure out a way to say thank you besides writing a letter to the administrator. There's got to be something uh, better. That's what I was going to ask. Anyway. If what? You told them, the administration. <coughs> Are you there? What? Yeah, I missed that. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say um, letting the administration know, and then uh, sure. any of the any of the nurses in particular who uh, you know have become friends with and well, doing their good job. Well, I, I started I, I, making I, a list today, and it's just impossible. I mean, I have to go around and say, let me double check your your name tag because you're on my list. I I just it would take pages to put. I, I must have 30 or 30 people or more who have at one time or another taken care of me on some level. So anyhow, wow. the administration is just going to have to take my word for it that on this particular floor, they have put together a staff that is worthy of gold stars every day. Sure. That'll make, mm -hmm. that'll make them glad. I, I know when our friend Jim Taylor was telling me a couple, about six weeks ago, yeah, he started mm -hmm. to call the hospital and the hospital staff just to thank them personally, you know, for taking yes. care of them after the fire. And, yes. Mm -hmm. yes. and I got thinking that's probably a very rare thing for a patient to reach out after he's left the facility uh -huh. 
to do something like yeah. that. I hunted down the director of nursing the other day and social services, so at least I'm, I'm starting on a level that's a little bit higher than I am. And, uh, you know, as, as you say, they're so appreciative because people have no problem sending complaints, but my philosophy yeah. is if you have the privilege of sending complaints, you've got an obligation to compliment as well. So, you know, it's, it's fun when I can do that. Well, I think you would tell me, because you, you were in the nursing field for 10 years, Patricia, that... Mm-hmm. It, it takes a special person to be a nurse, and sure. it really does. It really, it really does. does. And I, I was thinking about you were telling me during Christmas time, you, you, you knew a lot of your nurses that would take money out of their own pay, pocket to buy little teddy bears, little things for the little kids that were in, mm-hmm. in the ch- sure. in the Christmas ward. Indeed, yeah. they did. And the the only thing that I could do back was work for some of them on the holidays. I mean, a holiday is, was not terribly important to me because my former husband was a cop and he worked around the clock, so one of us was always working on a holiday. Mm-hmm. And I would just go around and say, how many kids do you have? I've got three. Well, you've got Christmas off, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And it was just so much fun to be able to do that. It was better than wrapping up a box. So, you know, because you make a whole lot of people happy. You made a whole family happy, for goodness sakes. I mean, you know, it certainly wasn't a difficult chore for me to do. And, uh, you know, so there are simple things that people can do and make a difference in other people's lives. Absolutely. So, I have spoken. That's it. That's the end. <laughs> no more preaching. Yes. <laughs> no I've, more. <laughs> I've fallen short. I, I did go so far as to have my wife get me a card. And then I I never got to filling it in and getting it to them while they could still remember me. Too much time passed, you know. They wouldn't even yeah. know who I was with the amount of people they see in the emergency room, you know. Well, there are a lot of patients people do remember. And sometimes it's for all the wrong reasons, but most of the time it's for good reasons. So my bet would be that there's somebody still working that emergency room who would remember you. You know, they rotate oh. staff um, pretty frequently, but there's somebody there who, who would remember who you are. And, and even if they don't fall, sending a note is something that everybody can enjoy. So do it. That's true. You could do it in a general way. I had to go through the emergency room, and this was my experience, and everybody was wonderful, and I love you to pieces. <laughs> yeah. Walking around hugging everybody. Then if they're curious, they could actually look it up in a computer system, right? They could look me up. Sure. Oh, yeah, I remember that. They guy. certainly could. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You are, you are permanently in medical records all over the place. I walk into a new doctor's office, and they start going through my list of medications. I said, I didn't give you anything. She said, I know. It's all part of one system. Um, yeah. Okay. You know, that's a little Just scary. Know. Everybody has my information. Not that I have anything to hide, but, you know, I mean, there are people who are even more sensitive about privacy than I am. So It was interesting, uh, it was interesting that uh, I knew a doctor. He had a hard time remembering people's names. But uh-huh. if you saw the person, you saw their face, he could tell them their medical history. So, uh-huh. you, know, okay. you know, some yeah. people, Impressive. you know, he, he just couldn't remember That's their like name. Jim. But he, he just knew. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I cannot do faces. I, I wouldn't recognize Fred further on the beach. You know, if in, a, in a crowd like that, I'd have to say, are you out there? Um, but voices, I, I can do voices. When I hear a voice, I, I recognize it for the most part. Mm-hmm. So, 
I'm on a, on a different part of the anatomy, but I can understand why he would do that. I mean, that's something that's critically important to him to remember his patients. So, gosh, he did a wonderful job. That's really cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, thank you, know, you Paul. I was really... Thank you, okay. thank you, Paul, for giving us a call. And will, thanks, Paul. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. We'll say good night to you, Patricia, and keep up the good work. I thank oh, God thank you. you doing as well as you are. I am, it's too. Thank you. It's a comfort. Okay. Take care, Paul. Bye-bye. 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 All right. I do good. Seven one, I do good. 714 2071. Patricia will be here for a little under an hour left to go. So if you want to say hi to the adorable one, her number on Saturday mm-hmm. nights. It's really simple. 714-545-2071. Yeah, she's the only person I know in the whole wide world who lives in Florida that has a California area code on Saturday night. That's 714 <laughs> Two oh seven one, and and that is us. And Patricia, she's connected with her emails now. So if she's not working mm-hmm. out, not doing that, she's occasionally working at her emails right now. So I am. And so you can drop her a note. I'm trying to get yeah. At yeah. Florida Writer at Hotmail dot com. That thing's open seven days a week, twenty four hours a day. Even if I'm not. Hello there. You are with Patricia. Hello, the two of you. How are you? The last from Dallas. How in the world are you? Well, I'm making about the same progress you are. I've been home now for about three, no, a month now I've been home. Had a wonderful Uh therapist that came, a darling little girl from Hawaii. She was so good and just worked with me and showed me how to work things for myself when she was gone. And she wrote them mm-hmm. down and had a book. And I have my, I do my regular exercise around 11 in the morning, you know, and she wrote it uh-huh. all down. She was a good teacher. Excellent. And she took all my vital signs all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> Every once in a while she'd say, you're upset. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, I don't know it. And she said, yes, yes, you're upset. You know, when your, uh, when your, uh, oh, what is it, your pulse goes down a little bit. She'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, bradycardia, yeah. Yeah, you're upset. <laughs> sure, sure. And when my ears get red and my eyes flash black, stay out of my way. <laughs> Seriously. That's why people tell me. That when I get really, and I don't, you know, I don't jump down and smack people or anything like that, but I, you know, sometimes you, you just, that hasn't happened in a long time, but people have told me that my eyes, the pupils of my eyes turn black when, when I'm that angry. So, so just, just keep an eye out for my ears. You can touch them all day because they'll be hot. <laughs> and my eyes. You know, I look like a, I look like a, you look like a sick rabbit. <laughs> you are describing horrible oh, looking, and you are not horrible looking, and you're not going to be horrible looking, so stop it. Now, Patricia, when you... Uh, were, I mean, you sound like my mother. You've got to get in here and spank her. Now, quit talking about yourself that way. Now, now Patricia, when you 
Yes, ma'am. When you were type yeah. A, when you were everything yeah. with a ten personality. Wow. Oh boy. Yes. Okay. I mean, wow. Were you were you more upset in those days? In other words, would things keep would things bug you more often than they do today? Indeed. Uh-huh. Absolutely. I mean, now I just blow things off that are not. You know, I try to keep them in perspective. You know, if somebody's got a got a thing and and walks around with a with an attitude. I said, well, it's not my problem. It's your problem. You know, 10, 20 years ago or 25 years ago, I would have been chasing after them saying, what did I do? Are you okay? What can I do to make it better? Well, it's not my problem if you're upset. I'll be here if you want to talk about it. But I remember, I'm keep on I always tell you and the whole world, one of the things I have learned, every time I think that I can help somebody, I can fix it. It turns, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. turns out wrong. So I yes. where now I don't give out, you know, oh, here, let me help you, dear. I don't, uh-huh. unless, and I do it with common things. I'm not talking about being mean. I don't want to sure. sound like I'm being mean. But I don't offer to get embroiled in things anymore. I mean, that's, that's just, uh-huh. you know, every time I do, turns out wrong. So there you go. Of course. Well, or, of course. And I, just, I just walk up to people now and say, how may I help you? As opposed to call me if, it, you know, if I can help you with anything. How may I help you? And let them pick. Yeah. And if they say nothing, I'll say fine. You know, that's, that's, that's good okay. Just know that I'm here. Or, yes. have, you, have you noticed, and I think yeah. this is true for all of us, Yes, absolutely. You know where I heard that expressed the very best, (laughs) Patricia? You may not remember this, but it was in, and it just jumped out at me. It was in an interview that you did with Tony Tennille. And she talked about... Oh, really? Yes. You had a good Uh interview with her. Do you remember that? Yeah, about a year ago. Oh, I sure do. And And in that interview she expressed to you that she kept trying to hold that marriage together and trying and mm-hmm. trying. remember that I'm trying to fix him yes yeah she tried to fix him and you can't do that <laughs> it just doesn't work uh-huh but you're right it took her 20 years to figure that out yeah that jumped out at me and i thought you know haven't we all just tried to do that mm-hmm now, I, I didn't have that situation with my husband because he was wonderful, but I'm talking about later on when you get older in life and you your kids are, oh, here, honey, let me do this for you. No, no, no. Let's sure. do it for sure. themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I, I did an article for a major magazine one time, and the, the title of it, In a 50-50 Marriage, How Much is Too Much? Yeah. Yeah. And, I don't think you know because because when you say fifty fifty, sometimes it's ten percent and ninety percent, and other times it's fifty fifty, yeah. and other times it's forty sixty, and you have to learn how to balance. Yeah, what what goes on on either end, and if you wind yeah. up with a hundred percent, time to sit down and say we need to chat here. You know? Yeah, but, and um, it kind of anyway. I learned all of that too late. It depends on what Again? the subject matter is. Sometimes it's better for you sure. to give more, and sometimes it's better for you to give less, depending on the problem mm-hmm. or subject matter that you're working yes. with. Yes. 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 Yeah. I, I guess the title was, In a Give and Take Marriage, How Much Give is Good. That's what, that was the title. 
Yeah. Which I was yeah. very proud of. I thought that was a great title. <laughs> I read the rest of the article. They kind of chopped it up, but uh, uh, but it's true. Yeah. But it's yeah. true. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't even look at anything that's in print that I've done. I don't even look at it. I don't want to know what they did. It's over and done with. I got my check. I'll move on to something else, you know. And they can, they can tailor it any way they want. So that's fine with me. You know, it's like if you buy a car. I don't care if you paint it. It's your car. So that's the way I looked at, at, at writing, yeah. So. Well, no, I think it's, that is exactly the right way to look at it, I am telling you. But you're just... Mm -hmm. you're Funky, you're cheery, you're sounding, you sound good. Sound good to me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm really feeling good. I'm feeling, I was yeah. really disappointed this week about, you know, being discharged from all of the therapies. I had three therapists, three different, um, you know, but, uh, and all of them disappeared at the same time because. Oh, no. What? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I have no more PT. I have no more occupational therapy, and I have no more speech therapy. Oh. It just cut off. Yeah. So next week, next week I've got a couple of people working on it because all I need is maybe three to five days in physical therapy so that I can, you know, guarantee that I can get up off the floor and I'm not flirting with EMS anymore. Yeah. But, uh, and that's the only thing. Yeah, that's the only thing that's left. I'm walking really well. I've got some practice to do on that, and my brain is working again, which it was not doing for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And uh, you know, for the most part, everything is really cool. I just need that that extra step, and then a week or two I'll be home. Yeah. Well, now when are they going to get, uh, uh, are they working on another therapist to help you, or what are they doing? No. Um, I've talked with a couple of people. Social service was even in today, and I talked with a couple of people, and she said, well, let's see what we can do if we can get you back in there for a couple of days because you've got another insurance program coming down the line, and we can just, you know, say this is pending. So she's going to work on it from that end, and then they've got um, another program here, which I think is fabulous. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, on, a, on a lightweight basis for rehab patients, they've got what they call a restore program so that you learn the, the fine-tuning. You know, I've still got um, some tremors in my hand that I have to learn how to control, and it's doing really better. But, yes. you know, so those kinds of things, the, the fine-tuning, the fine and so I'll get, a, I'll get a leg up on what happens when I get home. Good, good, good. Yeah. And you yeah. will be yeah. when? I beg your pardon? When will you be? What was that, Walton? Go ahead, Joyce. When, when, when will Patricia come home? Oh, um, probably no longer than two more weeks. Two more weeks. Okay. Well, yeah. we're praying for you, girl, and we want to just you keep things going, and you're going to be fine when you get home. Oh, I think I will, and I've got all of you pulling for me. How could I not? Yeah, we all love you. We're all pulling for you. We want you well, feeling well. It's working. It's working. <laughs> you know, I, I should have gone, I, I gone over the cliff again this time, but, and it was a big one, but uh, I'm oh. really well. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, well, we're not going back near that cliff again, so just get that out of your mind. I know. I know, you know, my poor doctor. That cliff no longer. Did it again. <laughs> yeah. That cliff no longer exists, okay? We're through okay. it. Not going back. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll let, not on purpose, that's for sure. I didn't do this on purpose either. I won't allow it. 
I'm living, okay. I'll be I'm living here in Texas, but my arm reaches all the way to Florida, and I won't allow it. <laughs> oh, thank you, Celeste. <laughs> okay, you too. Good night. All right, so I take Okay. Thank bye-bye. you. Good night. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 714-545-2071. Her number, you like to talk to the adorable one. This is her number right now. For the next 45 minutes. Or if you want to talk to the lovable one, too. Oh, you know, I'm just here. I carry her golf clubs. <laughs> 714 The adorable one. Did you carry one. my cookie bag? Yeah, yeah, I would. I ate a dessert tonight, too. Boy. Man. I know, I know. And I ate two lunches a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making up for lost time. I'm making up for lost time. I mean, they, they just beat me half to death because I wasn't eating and, you know, dehydrated and all that kind of stuff. So. Sure. Hello there. I'll say I'm making up. <laughs> Go ahead. Hello there. You're on with Patricia. Well, hello, Patricia. It's Barbara. Hello, Walden. Hi, Barbara. Is that you? It's me. Hi, you. Hello, me. This, hi, me. <laughs> this is my sister, Barbara, in Alabama. And she is my little guiding light and has helped me beyond anything I could have hoped for. And thank you for that. I mean, really. From my little heart. Now the whole world knows. Oh, now my foot's going back and forth on the floor. Ah, <laughs> oh, you poor little thing. So how are you doing and how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. I had a good day. Thank you. Good. Oh, Good. Barbara, you might as well bring Barbara had back up. surgery a couple of weeks That's ago. That's why I wanted, I wanted the family to hear about Barbara's back surgery. We haven't talked to her on the air since the back surgery. So, Barbara, how did, mm-hmm. they, all, how did they all go out? Well, I, I have a six-inch scar going up my spine. That's nice. Yeah, it's itching now, so I guess it's getting better. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's getting better, yes. Yeah. And, um... Yes. I think... I'm doing all right. Uh, if I stand too long, it starts to ache a little bit, but I think I'm doing all right. I think I'll pull through. Let's put it that way. I know when I talked to you. <laughs> yes. You lived with mom for too long. I, <laughs> yeah, there you go. When I talked to you the last time, you, you just got off the, you just fell in the bathroom, so, so you got the device now that way just in case you need help. People. Oh, I, I did get it. Good. Yes, I did. Good. I did. It, it kind of makes me feel old, but, um, you know, it, it, you can't be stupid about no, things like can't. this. You can't. Because, let's face it, I, I, our friend John Redman, who lives in Illinois, um, he was out for three days. <gasps> and and he, he, was, he was in his basement, and he finally woke up three days later, and he finally pulled the phone off the off the wall to call 911 but oh my god so you know everybody mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. better to play safe than sorry mm-hmm. you know exactly well you know i i did fall i did fall yeah and fortunately um uh, i have a, a, one of those you just step in the shower not step over into okay. the tub okay and i was able to uh kind of pull myself over and then Pull my grab onto um, one of the bars I have in the shower, and pull myself up, and that was my deciding factor. Mm-hmm. I thought this this is not good. I need to do something. So that's what and you I did. did. Yeah. Because you know, I think of the entries. I think the bathroom is one of the highest areas in a oh, house yeah. that there are entries. Yeah. So you yeah. gotta be careful. I agree. Yeah. You, you just got to be yeah. careful. 
So you're doing better than you were, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, I think so. I do. I th- you think so? <laughs> oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> Indeed you are. I, I have spoken. Uh-huh. And, and Walt? Uh-huh. I, got, I, got, I got the cold. You know, your sister had a cold last week. Then my dad got, got it. it. Then yeah. I have it, and I think my mom's gonna get it. It's just this. Uh, so yeah. I'm trying to get rid it's, of this. It's just cold. one of those. You know, every and I was the last holdout. I was the I was the, the lone person walking around, not having anything until somebody sneezed on me. Oh. <laughs> you know, I didn't. I, did, I I didn't have a cold during the winter or anything, but now, you know, at least at least the water's not too hot, so it'd been miserable if it was a summer cold or anything. Now I'm feeling sniffly. <laughs> oh, yes. Are you ready? <laughs> oh, thank you. you. Yes, yes. You're very welcome. Don't ever say you didn't You're... give me anything, right? <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. I will do that. So. Okay, well, I'll give you a call tomorrow. Yes. Hello? I was just going to say I'm glad you're back, and I know Walt's glad you're back, uh-huh. and I'm glad you're back together. I am too. Oh yeah. And yeah. I, I'll, I'll give somebody else. You, you know, you know, Barbara. Yes. Your sister. Yes. Your adorable Uh-oh. sister. Uh oh. Uh huh. You know, last week what? she sent me an email. Uh huh. In the subject line, job application. Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, if if she didn't get her job back, the family would never forgive me. I mean, like she thought she had to reapply. Good grief. <laughs> Made it official. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh dear. Well, listen. Um, yeah. it, it was nice chatting, and I will give somebody else a chance to call. Oh, right, Barbara. Okay. Uh, I'm glad you're doing better. Thank you. You have yeah. a great and, uh, both of you. You too. Oh, okay. Thanks. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Seven one four. The Alabama kid. She's the Alabama bunny. From. The- she, she sure sounds like she got that New York accent in Alabama, doesn't she? What, what do you think that is? Do you think that's a New York accent, or do you think that's a different accent she got? I'm, I'm not going to comment, because <laughs> <laughs> she, really, she really does still have a New York flavor in, in some words. So, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. a diff- it's, it's, she, got, she got this wonderful way of speaking, and, I'm, and, and, and I don't yeah. know if New York, it's, it's, it's a cute way she does it. But you know. Yeah. Hello there. You have coffee. Yeah, I'm with Patricia. Bubbles rides again. That's right, Daniel. Bubble back. Oh, bubbles rides again. <laughs> yes, she does. Yes, she does. I don't know when we were last. Yeah, this is, this is Dan from Indiana. Yes. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, thank you. You sound like you're doing well. You sound like you're full of vim and vinegar. Well, I really am. Feeding you down there? Pardon? Is that what they're feeding you down there? Them and vinegar? Um, (laughs) no. No? No, we we do not do that, no. But, uh, you know, I'm really doing well. And, uh, you know, they've got me on a couple of medications. I'm off the prednisone, and I finally got back to, you know, having a face that people can see. I didn't look like a ferret anymore (laughs) because my face was so swollen. And now they've got me on another medication that increases the appetite, and all I want to do is wait for dinner, you know. So there are are worse things in the world. So I guess that what that means when you go home, you're going to have to buy more popcorn. Oh. Okay. Well, 
She'll be carrying a steak in her purse. I know. I know. What? Well, what? you'll be carrying dinner in your yeah. purse, Dan said. You'll have a New York yeah. steak in your purse. Well, Barbara's going to be here in a couple of weeks, and that's when the therapist and the social service person suggested that I plan on going home mm -hmm. because then, you know, she'll be available to me by phone if I need help on anything. Right. And, um, you know, it sounded reasonable to me. But at that time, I will, you know, be as close to perfect as I can. I, I can, when I say close to perfect, this will be as good as I can get. And it's the best I have felt in probably two years. So. Good. I'm happy to be able to say that. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's good. That's right. It's good. Yeah, what? I have a slogan that Walden needs to use. It's an old-time radio slogan. And what's that? Oh, what? We're, we're running a little late, folks. <laughs> oh, gosh, yes. Well, what, oh, ha gosh, yes. what happened, I was trying to get our special guest, and then the boss came down and wanted to talk to Patricia off there for a while. It was just, you know. Well, Walden, Walden, uh, Walden and I have already spoken today here once before. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. You know, I mean, and Phil Harris used to say that. We're running a little short, folks. Okay. You two talk for a second. I think, I think Ocean Being trying to call me. Hold on. Okay. Say that again? What? Ocean trying to call me. calling so. Walden right now. So you, he is. Yeah. You two talk. Yeah. We're, we're supposed to carry the network here. Okay. Well, you you do what you want. I'm sitting in front of the vending machines deciding if I should go downstairs with, to get a dollar bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you have a bigger appetite than what you've had? Yeah. Yeah, this, this is a health care facility. We've got moon pies, Cheetos. Um, oh, gosh, what are the Doritos, uh, honey buns, <laughs> grandma's cookies. Um, and the only thing that is reasonable is two little you know, containers of Diet Pepsi. And if nobody is listening, I will tell you that I came up here and saw it was running low, and I bought six cans. Oh, jeez. I left, <laughs> I, left, I left two. <laughs> but, I mean, by the time I got here tonight, it would be all gone, and then I wouldn't have anything. Because they've got regular, yeah. they've got a whole case of regular soda, and this is just a little corner of Diet Pepsi, so... I cannot they won't. tell a lie. I won't tell anybody else, but I cannot tell a lie. They won't restock it until probably Monday, so you've got, you know, a day and a half yet. No, I've got enough. Right, I've got enough for tonight and tomorrow. If they don't fill it up on Monday. Okay. Orson Bean will join us next Saturday. You know, this, this, oh. was, this was just a scoop. So now, are we going to let him off the hook? Wait a minute. Sure. Wait a minute. We've got... Don't we have somebody for next weekend? Well, no, we don't. Not, uh, not on the fifth. Now, uh, he, he left me a message. Now, you know, he's married to Allie Mills, who's a pretty well-known yes. actress who's like 30 years younger. And this is his uh -huh. excuse. So, I, okay. want, I want Dan and Patricia to say yes or no on this. He said, well, yeah. I, was wait, I, I was waiting for you at 7.30, 7.30, and my wife been shooting a film, and she just got done, and she called me and said, Honey, I worked all day. I want to have a date with you. Let's go out. Let's go out for dinner. Oh, we can do that. Okay, I just wanted to make sure it's, it's Patricia. Sure. And Daniel, okay well, you emphasize that. to him we're a family show, but we're going to get him next week. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> no, that. Oh, that's fine. I have a tentative 
doohickey on the fifth for Christmas trees. Right, that was that was I haven't had them I have not had them confirmed yet. Okay. So So I will just move Orson. Okay. So we'll Here's do that. Johnny. Okay, I could do that. Okay. Okay. All right, so Orson Bean will be next Saturday. So I'm going to call him back quickly. Okay, uh -huh. So you two talk to each other. Let me talk okay. to Orson. Dan, we'll, we'll talk. We're, 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 we're talking right now. How about that? Yes, well, we, um, we are talking. And you know what my my regular... Oh, that's not right. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I'm <laughs> looking and I'm saying, at the end of July, could that be? And yes, it could be. Um, yes. You know what my standard question is? How bad has the weather been? It has been brutal here. We've had a break here. It was. Uh, it's been pretty cool today, and the humidity is less. Um, mm -hmm. You know, last Saturday the, at 5 a.m. it was uh, 83 degrees when I woke up, and the heat index was 90. And uh, yeah, it was pretty brutal here. Yeah. But we had some storms uh, the other day, and it's cooled things down quite a bit. Uh, uh -huh. They're saying that it will be, it was probably around 80 today, and uh, it's supposed to be even better tomorrow. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. If, if your humidity wasn't terribly high, that's a really reasonable temperature. That's a that's an ideal temp. Last Saturday at 10 a.m., I just pulled up the uh, National Weather Service uh, homepage. Mm -hmm. The humidity was 88%. Ooh, that's a lot. Yes, that's very... That's a lot. Yes. Very hot with like 85 degrees, probably. Uh -huh. Would you like me to look at mine? I can do that. Sure, sure. That's... What the heck? What the heck? Oh, oh, just you and me, kid. In relation, in relation to uh, home base, uh, Patricia, uh, where are you? Uh, where are you? Where's the hospital in relation to your uh, apartment? Oh, you... about, oh, I would say maybe six miles from here. That's from, from my home, about six miles. Yeah, no, it's, it's not bad at all. And I didn't even know this place was here. I mean, how many people walk around the neighborhood or, or around the county and say, Gee, oh, boy, boy, they must have a hmm? good marriage. I got the phone with Allie Mel, and she was apologizing. She said, no, no. And I said, no. I said, Allie, now listen to me. If you decide to take your husband out next Saturday, that's okay, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, but and that's and that's good. I mean, gee whiz, we're a family show. We're not going to trounce heck, on people's heck families. No. So Ooh. they just they. So I told them just tell us the next Saturday night. So yes. everybody yes. that's all lined up next Saturday at 7:30, Oyster and Bean. And I think his wife won't. I just think his wife won't forget, yeah. have him forget. And that's 7:30 California time. Uh huh. 7:30, 10:30 okay. Eastern. Yeah, 10:30 yeah. Eastern. And I have a question for you. Maybe you can answer it for sure. me. His answering machine says. Orson, Allie, and Kim Basinger. Uh-huh. Well, Kim might be a really good friend of theirs. He might be... Must she, be. He might be staying oh, maybe there. She's, maybe she's out of town, yeah. Uh-huh. Or she could, she could be staying with them. You never know. Sure. Sure. It's just, uh, you know, kind of... That's, whoa, wait a minute. Do we have the right number here? Well, and you know, you know for example, a lot of time, when Catherine... Sometimes Catherine Crosby would call me. She would be staying at the, 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 the whole estate. Sure. And she would have a number. And so I imagine some of these ca cases, when you got that kind mm -hmm. of setup, you know, friends can stay and say, he'll just call me at this number. Oh, so, sure. Oh, know. sure. And you, you hop it ahead, you just do call But uh, Let's put it that way. I was definitely surprised when I heard that answering machine. Weren't you, Patricia? Yeah. We would never mm -hmm. for, for Kim. 
Yep. Yep, I sure was. And that's why I asked you that, because I know you had, uh, I don't know if you had talk time with them, but you've certainly exchanged emails with them, and I thought maybe somebody hadn't mentioned it. No. So, anyway. No. Okay, Dan. All right. What's happening up in Indiana? Well, school, would you believe school's back in session in some parts of the uh, state? Wait a minute. I'm having palpitations. You've got to be kidding me. Uh, Dan, don't you have enough poll there that you can just tell me to... That these poor librarians need a little more time off, and we would appreciate a few yeah. more extra we'll, days. We'll write notes. I, no, no, I, I'm referring to public school. Oh, uh, really? Well, of back, course, we, yeah. had, we had a kid drop dead of heat exhaustion the other day, or heat oh, exhaustion, really? I guess, a couple of weeks ago, so at least the football teams are back. And, I, I you know, I mean, they get them suited up in 95-degree weather. I, I, don't, I don't understand it. Exactly. I mean, their uh, football practice, uh, yes, here too is uh, beginning, and they have to like you know do uh, you know they have to measure what the heat index and the humidity sure. and you know sure. before they allow the kids and out on the uh, and, and, and field. It's, it's fair. It's a, it's a good system because so many kids are sensitive to the heat, no matter how many years they've lived here, and they're they're sensitive, and and they you know the whole team didn't drop, but this kid did, and he died on the field. Uh, you know, that's, that's just a heartbreak for the family and, and for you, everybody you, else. You heard about this happening a few times every year at high school level, kid dropping dead because of... Mm-hmm. And it's so and he, sad. Yeah. And he's I, joking. I, it's I, just, it doesn't have to happen. I'm wondering, though, if high school football things are going to be doing a total remake over the next 10 years because all the construction... Um, mm-hmm. stories we're reading about, you know? Sure, sure. I mean, this, this beyond, beyond the contact part of it and the head injuries that come out of football so frequently, uh, you, you're talking life and death situation here. And um, you shouldn't have to do that with kids. It's interesting. Um, they did a study. You know, my dad played football in the 40s in high school and college football. Mm-hmm. And they get this yeah. study of 4,000 guys playing football from the 50s and mm-hmm. they, they hold up remarkably well. You know, my dad's 86. The guy, yeah. A lot of guys in, who play football in the 50s are doing very well. The theory, there's a yeah. theory. They just didn't, the, the technique of blocking and tackling was different. And the guys weren't as big and weren't as fast. So it, it's that, not as That much. is correct. And and they didn't hit as hard. And they right. didn't, oh, gee, I hit him in the knees. Right. You know, they, they didn't play dirty. Right. And there there aren't a whole lot of pros who do that, but enough that they can really do some serious damage to, to the players on the field with them. I have well, I think, I think in the 70s, an S-word. I think yes. in the 70s they started, you know, becoming meaner about, you know, doing mm-hmm. damage. They did. did yeah, absolutely did, right. And did you play, and, did you play uh, any high school sports or were you too busy on the farm taking care of I, I missed that whole thing, Walden. Uh, I was hacking, Did you say that again? I was hacking Dan. Did he play in high school you're, sports? You're fading. You're way in the background. Okay. Hello. Are, you, are you leaning out of your mic? No, I'm right on it. Okay. Hold on. So you can turn you up? Yep. You never heard that from me before, did you? No, I never have. Is that better? There you go. All okay, right. that's perfect. Thank you. I was asking Dan. Dan, uh-huh. did you ever play in high school sports, or were you too busy working on the farm? There. I think I know I the answer. <laughs> I was too busy working on the farm. Yeah. Yeah, although I had cousins who were uh, great in basketball. 
Ah. So I probably would have been a good basketball player. Hmm. My my look I actually had a I actually had a, a look like cousin except he had blonde hair and I had brown hair. So we can fix that. So did oh. your how did your high school do in the basketball tournament in Indiana? Did you guys did your high school team win anything? Did you guys uh, they they did pretty well. They went to regional uh, one year. Wow. Yeah. You know, Indiana, the yeah. you know, home of high school basketball. Yeah, true. Yep, exactly. How about Patricia? I bet Patricia was a big sports fan. I, I think she Hello. must have it. I think she must have it. last words we're talking, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, Patricia, what sport did you play in high school? In high school? Yep. None. None. None? None? You weren't even a cheerleader? Not even a cheerleader. All right, how about in elementary school? Aren't, aren't you going to ask why? Oh, I haven't thought of that far advance. I'm looking, I'm looking for your sports, your sports powers first. Did you play anything in elementary school? No. Did you play anything in junior high school? No. Did you play anything in college? No, we we had phys ed and we did a whole bunch of stuff, you know, like driving now, now, I, the I, building, I, that kind of stuff. Yes. Now I kn- I, I I knew I knew you ran for I knew you ran for a while. Well, I, I I did that after graduation, you know. I mean, like like before I got sick, <laughs> you know, I go down <laughs> on the beach and I'd I'd run and you know sometimes I'd have to trot, but. Geez, they were telling me after heart surgery, you're going to be able to tear a line apart. <laughs> Man, I can't even stand up. What are you doing to me here? So, okay, now anyhow. I guess we better ask, why Why did why didn't you do any sports in high school, Patricia? Well, thank you for asking. See, I, I went to a school. Uh, you know the Hudson River. Everybody knows the Hudson River. And I lived on one side of the Hudson River, and the school was on the other side of the Hudson River, and there was only one bus that transported students. We got out at 3.15, and the bus left at 3.30. There's not a whole <laughs> lot of room in there for, um, and, you know, for, you for were, extracurricular activities, yeah. So, and if, so that was why. Bus, you had to, if, you met, if you missed the bus, you had to swim the Hudson River. If, if you missed the bus, you hoped to goodness that you had an understanding mother and father. Because it was quite a trip. I mean, you, you had to go, because this is half N C Bridge we're talking about here, and uh, which they're rebuilding now. But it, it was just, I, did, I, I'm sure I told you this story about the three girls who got off the bus. Do you remember no. that, Walden? Yeah, but it's a great story, so tell it again. Okay. Well, we had a really nice bus driver, and he was regular, and he did as much as he could for the kids. If we were, if we were ahead of time, we could stop for coffee or ice cream on the way, <laughs> way home. So he was, he was really good to us. And three of the students, um, I guess, one, one was from my class, one older and one younger, so three, three of the classes were covered. And they wanted me to join them. They got off the bus before school, and they had separate clothes. We all wore uniforms. They had um, people clothes with them, and the arrangement was for the bus driver to stop at the corner and pick them up on our way back after school. And he got sick. <laughs> We had the owner of the bus company driving the bus, and these three kids, they wanted me to go. I said, no, I'm Charlie Chicken. I don't do things like this. 
And I was so grateful because the three of them are standing on the corner, jumping up and down, waving, trying to get the bus to stop. And it was the, it was the bus owner. It wasn't even our regular bus driver. So I don't know how they got home. I didn't even want to talk to them about it. But, you know, it was, it was really quite a trek going from one point to the other because we were, we were way up next to Nelson Rockefeller's property up there. So, so anyway, there they stood on the corner, <laughs> just jumping up and down and waving. And here I am on the bus. Hello, everybody out there. So, anyway, that's my bus story. That's a great story. I like I can that. Tell everybody oh. fell asleep on that one. Hmm? Oh no, I was just busy. I was busy making sure. Yeah. I was making yeah. sure we were still on but, here. Yeah. You know, there there are a couple of experiences that I think everyone has that can stick with you or be resurrected just by a couple of words or comments. And that's one that's going to stick with me forever. <laughs> I, I can still see their faces while they're standing on the corner. I bet you were, I bet you were so happy when, uh, that you weren't out there, huh? I know. And I, 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 truly, I, I used to call myself, and I still do, a goody one-shoe. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm, I certainly don't qualify for a goody two-shoe, but I don't qualify mm. for no good shoe. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, anyway, goody oh. one-shoe. And, and truly, I would not have done something like that. It just wasn't in me. Um, Somebody would have found out, and indeed for those three, a lot of people found out, even the, the school. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and we're amazed that our bus driver didn't lose his job. But um, anyhow, that was my story. The three of them are standing on the street corner waving their blazers, you know, their school blazers, <laughs> saying, stop here, stop here. <laughs> and of course we didn't. They all had shopping bags. They put the uniforms in the shopping bags. They were prepared. <laughs> Now, did I just hear you drop a name of, of Nelson Rockefeller? You were near the Nelson Rockefeller? Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the school property abutted Nelson Rockefeller's property. And the, the Rockefeller, I, I guess maybe it was Nelson Rockefeller who, who put it into action. The um, the school was in an ancient, old, 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 wonderful building with you know stone facades and windows, uh, the transom windows over doors and windows that were 12 or 14 feet high. I mean, it was really an old, old building, and they had it chopped up into classrooms, and that's where we went to school. And the Rockefeller family eventually bought the property, and they built a new school in the next town over. But um, the, the Rockefellers did purchase the property, and they were happy campers, and we got a new school. And I wasn't a happy camper because I really loved the old school. They had secret closets and stairwells, <laughs> all, the, all the kind of fun stuff that kids would like to get into. But anyway, well, that's my story. Yes, was, it was adjacent, adjacent to Nelson Rockefeller's property. Public or private school? It was a private school, yes. Well, private school. Mm -hmm. They're the only ones without. No, I guess not. Um, because we, we've got public schools now that are, are, they have dress codes and have kids wear uniforms. Mm -hmm. yep. So oh, at the time, yeah. I think, um, you know, schools like mine were the only ones who who made kids wear uniforms, and uniforms we had. So did you have a mascot, Patricia? Did, did the school have a mascot? You know, you asked me that uh, maybe even last week, and I've been thinking, no, we didn't. Maybe, you know, we had lots of woolly caterpillars, I don't <laughs> think. <laughs> you know, because it, it was a very woodsy area, and the, the Rockefeller property was just beautiful, and so was ours because it was adjacent. We had wonderful trees. Um, but, uh, no, I don't think we did. So we had newsletters that go out, and and they never had a little picture up there. Um, 
So, so I've been nursing, and I and I put out newsletters. I had Snoopy as I always had a picture of Snoopy up there, but no, they didn't even have a Snoopy. So, did, was there a boys' school nearby, or was it was it the girls' school all by its little self? It was all by its little self. Wow. I think the closest was the was the military academy. Um, ah. The one that Donald Trump attended, the one yeah. with boys yeah. who were a little incorrigible, uh-huh. <laughs> had to get sent away to school. I think that was the closest one, and it was quite a distance. Hmm. It was quite a distance. No, no, we had no boys around. <laughs> we didn't. And uh, you know, it was okay by me, but um, I don't know. No, we, we, we just didn't. Uh, you know, it was beautiful grounds. It was, it was hellish in wintertime because way up on top of a hill. And once in a while, we'd have to walk to school. And we would just, you know, one <laughs> step uh, until Latin class was over. Sure. <laughs> you know, class started at 8.30, and we didn't get there until 9.30. So all the bad stuff was over. And, oh, geez, I am so sorry. The bus was down there. It's still down at the bottom of the hill. So we did good stuff. That, that was the worst I ever did. Mm. Let's walk really slowly. So, Dan, did you did you have to walk to school when you were? No, no, no. Uh, Five I, miles through drifts and snow. <laughs> yeah. Forty-five minutes from school, though. By bus. Really? That's a big trip. Oh, your bus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah ours, ours was about an hour, hour and fifteen minutes. And that's a long trek, you know, 45 yep. minutes. I think half an hour is all kids should be exposed to, but that's a long trek for kids to sit. Yeah, I, I would reach an hour and sometimes 90 minutes one way. It, it was mm-hmm. a long day. Yeah, it was, you know, because you put school in the middle of that, and that's your full-time job. School is your full-time job, and True. then you're actually commuting just like people commute to their jobs. Mm-hmm. And you add three hours to your day, and that's brutal. And then they send the kids home with homework. When I got home, in in the winter, when I got home, my brother and I, we'd have to go out and feed the animals. That's right. That's right. You you had a whole second job. It might not have been 8 or 10 or 12 hours, but it was a second job, and you folks worked hard on that farm. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Take an axe and cut the ice off the pond. I'm sorry. Take an axe and cut a hole in the ice in the pond and then uh, had to feed sure. the uh, animals so yeah it was uh-huh. it was interesting you sometimes that was the best part of the whole day though so. <laughs> and, indeed yeah. yes yeah because you yeah. when i guess when you're accustomed to the outdoors you'll have to help me if i'm on track here you're accustomed to the outdoors you're accustomed to hard work in the outdoors you've got animals to take care of in the summertime you've got crops to to um harvest and that it, Sitting in a classroom for six hours does not hold a candle to that. So I can understand that. Hey. You're an outdoor boy. Yeah. yeah. You're an outdoor boy. Uh-huh. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. So. Well, we do have a county here, and I'm going to let I'm going to let you go in a minute, but we have a county here in Florida, and I can't recall which one it is. We've got 67 to choose from, so you'll have to forgive me if I don't remember which one it is. But one of the counties has declared no homework for kids. Oh, really? And... Yes, and number one, I, I jumped up and cheered and thought, you know, you, you get a six or a seven or an eight-year-old who comes home with five or six books and has to do homework after six hours in class. We don't do that to adults. We no. don't meet them at the door and say, okay, here's your briefcase. You have to have all of this work finished by tomorrow morning. I, I, uh, there's I, a trade-off. I, mm-hmm. There's a trade-off. 
every single child has to come in with a note from a parent that said, I read to my child 20 minutes every night this week. Wow. And that's the trade-off. Nice. And I thought, isn't that a brilliant principal who put, and actually it had to go through the, the school board too. And they said, okay, let's try it. And he, I'm just so pleased that somebody saw the light. See, I felt in elementary school, if I worked really hard during the school time, I didn't need to take any homework home. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the way I mm-hmm. thought about it. Yeah. So, if, and, and, and it was more a reward system mm-hmm. than anything else. Right. Uh, which which meant that the rest of the kids were getting punished. You know, so. Yeah. There were so times, somebody, there were, somebody lost on that. Hmm? There were times that, you know, we would spend hours, my brother and I, at the kitchen table with my mother fixing supper, you know, doing homework. I mean, sometimes it was like from the time you know, we were done with our chores, all the way to bedtime, you know? Yeah. Bedtime sure. 15 after 9. Yeah. So, because yeah. you know, we had to be up by 6.15 yeah. to be ready to catch the bus yeah. by uh-huh. So. Well, I, I think this is a wonderful trade-off because the parents are coming back and saying, my kids aren't satisfied with 20 minutes. Well, you know and what they're, they're getting an hour and two hours, and it's all quality reading. You know what they're doing now, I guess, in some schools. Um, the teachers will put the homework assignment and the lesson plan online, so the parent can look at it, mm-hmm. and that way, at least the, you know, that way the kid can't lie to their parent. Yes. Uh, yes. So it's a different way of strategizing. Uh-huh. A lot of schools are doing that, and some of them are putting the entire courses up there. So if kids are out sick or they miss something or they need their parents' help, they've got a base to work from. And I just think that is so cool. So cool. Anything that gets information into kids' heads and information that they can put to work when they graduate and get out in the workforce, I am a thousand percent for it. Yeah, that's the help. That seems helps. Mm-hmm. Be able to like prepare, you know, uh, knowing what their homework load will be, or you know, knowing what, sure. uh, you know, what the course of uh, study will be. They can yes. kind of work yes. it a little bit if they need to. Yeah. So I don't know how they're monitoring the books that are being read at home. I don't even know if they are monitoring them, but the kids have to come in and say, an adult, not necessarily a parent, but an adult, read to this child and the child read along with them a minimum of 20 minutes a night. And the, and the, the notes are coming in saying he wouldn't put the book down. He was here for two hours, that kind of stuff. And I thought, isn't that a wonderful way to introduce kids to an aspect of life they would never get in school, ever? Exactly. Yeah, they okay. Okay, my well, I, I'm really happy. I'm eager to see how this program comes out. Okay, my, 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 my wonderful panel of... Of a of a, a writer and a librarian. Where? Librarian. What? Yeah. Okay. Here's my here's my here's my here's my fun question for the panel. Oh no. Okay. A panel of two. All right. We better get Orson on the phone here. That's true. Here we go. Okay. What? What? The what? Is bo- no. What books would you? <laughs> I'm sorry. What books would you assign for kids to read during the school season? During the school season? Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on the grade level. Give okay. me grade level and I'll, I'll give you a hint. Okay. Let's, let's go with the fourth grade. Fourth grade? Well, we are, I hope, beyond the C-spot run by fourth grade. <laughs> um, 
I think I, I think I would start introducing them to some of the lighter classics like Mark Twain's works. You know, the, mm -hmm. the who is it? Um, Tom Sawyer. Goes, oh, King Arthur's Court. That mm -hmm. was a great one, and yeah. it was relatively short, and it didn't have any bad stuff in it, and lots of imagination, and well written. So yeah, I would I would start with that kind or that genre. Dan, what do you think? I would hope that they would have. Uh, I, I would say read the Laura Ingalls Wilder books. That's what I was thinking. Oh, they got yeah. interesting. Yes, yes, and this is fourth grade we're talking about, yeah. right? And yeah. I I've never read one of those books. What kind of vocabulary do they have? It's pretty basic, but you know, mm -hmm. the book the books are you know uh, what I would say. You no. Know, uh, for their time, I'd say they're beginning chapter books. You know, uh, mm -hmm. you know that you know that, and and the, you know, it's really written at that age level too. Yeah, yeah. I so, think I think you would like them, Patricia, because I when I remember as a kid, how mm -hmm. uh, how you got a feel for the time. It was very yes. descriptive, and you really felt. Uh -huh. Living in the 1800s, it was a very yes. well written yes. book. So it was historically accurate, but it was historical fiction. Correct. Okay. Yes. All right. And I know it was based on uh, somebody's diaries. Who who had the diaries that the works came from? Laura Ingalls. Whom? Yeah, yeah, I think it was Laura, wasn't uh -huh. it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Who was it? Yeah. I think you're right. Somebody though. had diaries that formed the foundation for the books that kids read today. And well, how I'll, many... I'll have to go back and double-check How many, how many books... Sometimes my brain doesn't work too well yet. How many books were there in the series, Dan? Remember, was it like... I believe there were nine, and then the, her daughter wrote one. Oh, wow. That was, you know, somewhat of... That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Exactly. But, uh... It must be a joy to read. I've mentioned this book several times at different times. I've got a book that I absolutely treasure. It's called Women of the West. And how they ever got these things, I do not know. But they've got diaries and pages and letters from women whose pictures they were able to match up with this. So we'd get a diary page about, I, th I think I used this example quite a while back, a woman who baked extra bread on Monday, made extra butter on Tuesday, and worked, just worked herself half to death so she could have half a day on Saturday to take her kids on a picnic. Now, that's a rough lifestyle, but all of this was written as a diary page. And then they found a picture that corresponded, not necessarily for the person, although they had many, but uh, they were talking about a, a, a mud house in the side of a mountain, and the picture that accompanied that particular diary entry was a mud house. So y you had a, a good feel for what it was like. And what you're telling me about Laura Engels is a similar thing, where you've got the the honest-to-goodness, real-people perspective on this, and it's put in a package that people can enjoy. I thought that would sort of remind me, I don't know, I, it's either your family's had diaries or not, but mm -mm. A, a relative of mine in the uh, 1840s, <laughs> he was a minister in England, and I guess it didn't pay well. So he came to the state to be part of the California Gold Rush. Mm -hmm. And he kept wow. a, he kept a diary. 
So he, did he survive? This is serious now. Did he survive? Yes. Because only only about thirty percent came down from the mountains. He did survive. He he. What he did, he would dig for gold during uh -huh. the week, and he would hold services on the weekend. And, oh my goodness! And he struck it. He struck it, and he made enough to bring his family from England to the states. And the oh, whole the whole God. diary is in the Wisconsin Historical Society, and I've read mm -hmm. I've read parts of it. It's fascinating to think of what an interesting combination of occupation around the 1840 to, to be a minister and d digging for gold all in the same yeah. week. You know. Wow, what a mix. Yeah. What a mix. Yeah. But I guess in the old west, in the in the minefield areas. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had some really unsavory things that went on, but people doubled up and did more than one thing, except, you know, for the ones who were up in the mountains digging holes and not coming home. But that was the last figure that I wrote that only, or read, that only 70% died and only 30% came back and only a small fraction of them came back with any kind of booty. Wow. Which is really scary. You know, we, we talk about, oh, man, the gold rush, and everybody got rich. Well, they didn't. They died. Oh. And that, that really shook me up. I did not realize that. And that's the story, folks. How about that? 30%. Can you imagine? Three-tenths of a percent that you might come home? Sheesh. Not, not good odds. No. No. No, they said, but... You get gold fever. That's when they talked about gold fever, I guess. That's true. Sure. Interesting stuff, yeah. And then, and then some uh, hit fool's gold, too. That's true. Yes. So. Yes, when when we had our person, oh, I can't remember his name, uh, from Humbug, yes. Arizona. Dave, Dave somebody. Yeah, Dave. What was his name? Dave. Dave, yes. uh-huh. Yes, Dave Burns. Yes. Was it Burns? Yes, absolutely. Very yes. good, Patricia. Oh, man, my brain is kicking in. This is wonderful. I'm going to start writing tomorrow and see what I can squeeze out of my brain here because it's, you know, it's just been a disaster for the last year and now it's been a catastrophe. But, um, yes, Dave Burns works mines. He lives all by himself up in an old abandoned mining town. Right. And he comes down into, is it Phoenix? Yes. He comes down to Phoenix every once in a while, like maybe once a month, once every two the months to get some supplies. Yep. Otherwise, he shoots his dinner. And I said, well, what about medical problems? He said, well, nobody's going to come to me. So they, you know, the few people who were living up there, but he, he would go around and he told us what to look for. If we get to a mountain, what to look for mm -hmm. to give us a clue that there might be a vein in there. Sure. He didn't tell us where. <laughs> he told us how. So, but he was fun. He was fun. Maybe I can see if I can get him again. You know, it's all humbug. You, yeah, you know, we should, one night we should talk to my dad. Did you know what my dad did for a year? My, I know he was in the oil fields. What yeah, did he do? Besides the oil field, my dad was a hard rock miner. <gasps> and my da my dad my dad had a certain job. His job he was the mm -hmm. dyna he was the dynamite expert. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I guess he was an expert. He's home, isn't he? He's home, but he he, said, know, he he finished that. Excuse me. But that's what he did. He so he'd be the one blowing Boy, blowing okay. things up by by the rocks and everything. <laughs> Yes, he is. Yeah. That's funny. Hopefully he wasn't nicknamed Stumpy or something like that. That's true. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's oh, true. gosh. Really terrible. Yeah. Well, Dan, thank you so much for calling. This was really sure. fun to talk with you and everybody else tonight. What Very was cool. that article you published? Give and take uh, courage? 
in a give and take marriage, how much give is? What did you say? How much? How much give is too much? Yeah. How much? Do, yeah. Something how like much, that. How much is too much? Something like that. Gee, and I had it really perfect. Oh, and, and in a give and take marriage, how much give? It's too, too much. Okay. Sounds good. I just wanted to get the right time because you said something about in a 50-50 marriage at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and yeah. you know, 50 people say, oh, we have an equal marriage. Well, no, you don't. You really don't. I mean, at the end of the week, it might come out even. But during the week, you've got bubbles, and somebody has to give a little bit more, and other people have to take a little less. So, right. anyhow. Hmm? Right. Okay. Well, yeah. uh, I'll let you go. And what? Uh, Walton, the Blue Network was down for a little bit. Yep. And Kim worked on it, so uh, I'm glad Kim did. That's becoming a regular uh, occurrence. I know. I know. But so people better send in their money to help keep, keep the network running. Absolutely. And pay for Patricia's increase in pay. I know. That's right. I get another zero on my check because Bill said he really liked me and I did good for the station. <laughs> he did say that. Exactly. I get another zero. That's yeah. True. Yeah. That's right. That's on the left. It, the zero is on the right side of the decimal point. <laughs> that's my. That's my extra zero. <laughs> so okay, Dan. Well, you have yourself a wonderful week and be safe and stay a little bit cooler than what you've been dealing with. Yes, and keep walking. Okay. All right, talk to you all later. All right. Okay, thanks, Dan. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, family, we're going to let Patricia get ready for the day because she's got to go do her exercises and stuff like that there. Yes, I do. So if you want to be in touch with Patricia during the week, it's pretty simple. It's floridawriter at hotmail.com. So you want to say hi to her? That's what you can do. some wonderful emails, and I'm so far behind because this has been since early May, and I only had a computer a couple of days in between there. So it's taking me a while to catch up, but I cross my heart, I will, and I, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate everybody's notes and cards and, oh, my goodness, I, I, it just really, it touched me a lot. And, Walden, you know what I mean. I know. On those kinds of things. I know. Well, we, we love you. You know that. I mean, it's, it's well, not, <laughs> it, 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 it. You are a very special person if you if you haven't figured that out. So I I am unusual. How many mouths of the south <laughs> do you have at your disposal? <laughs> All right, oh, my dear. Gosh. Well, go. Pa- okay, well, I'm gonna let you hang up. By the way, what we're gonna play next? And Patricia will love this. A fibber. A fibber game, Molly. And we're gonna play December 21, 1941. We're gonna find out Teeny's real name. Oh, yeah. oh, I like that. Yeah. That's a good show. That's a good That's show. That's a good show. Yeah, it is. And then, after, they, they, mm-hmm. yeah. and then after that, will be a Ray Bream show where they talk about Fred Allen and John Lurie. You'll be on the show with the author Robert Taylor. So that's what we got planned for the rest of the night. Oh, very cool. So thank you, everybody, for being there and for hanging in there with me. I am just so happy to be back and be able to say hi to all of you. Good night, everybody. Good night, Walter. Good night, Patricia. All right, everybody. We're going to switch it over to the other line. There she goes. Let's say a prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for Patricia's good health. Thank you for the listening family. Thank you for our guest, Orson Beam, and his wife. Bless Bill and Kim as they run the station. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. 
Amen. All right, Fermigan Maori from December 1, December 21, 1948. Day 2. Jaws Professional. Windows M. Desktop M. My Documents. Enter. Document. 4S. Saturday. Se enter. Shell. 2 Ray. 1 Fibber. McGee and Molly. 1 Unloading. Can't. OK. Enter. Saturday. 7. WMAQ and WMAQ-FM. NBC in Chicago. For incredibly fast relief from pains of headaches, neuritis, or neuralgia, try Anison tablets. Anison is like a doctor's prescription. That is, Anison contains not just one, but a combination of medically proven active ingredients. Get A-N-A-C-I-N, Anison, today. <laughs> the Johnson's Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. Well, I guess there's not much doubt that the kind of beauty women want in their kitchens is practical beauty. Maybe that accounts for the popularity of Johnson's self-polishing floor wax glow coat. The beauty in glow coat, of course, is the luster it gives your linoleum. Especially now that there's a new glow in glow coat. A glow that makes every inch of your linoleum shine far more brightly than before. Well, there's a practical quality in Johnson's glow coat, too. And that's the protection it gives your linoleum. It certainly would be surprising if you or anyone could go through the holidays without scuffing up the linoleum surface a bit or spilling liquids when you're washing the dishes. Well, Johnson's Glow Coat, bright and pretty as it is to look at, covers your linoleum with a hard, dry finish that protects and makes it so easy to clean. Ask for Johnson's Glow Coat, the floor wax that now shines with a brighter, warmer glow. Your dealer has the new Glow Coat in the same familiar yellow container with the bright red band. Take some home and see what we mean by practical beauty in the kitchen. No holiday is a complete success with everybody. Cops, for instance, hate Halloween. The Army thinks Navy Day is silly. If you're a turkey, you're entitled to a low opinion of Thanksgiving. And what a mailman thinks of Christmas is absolutely unthinkable. One of them has just relieved his aching back a trifle, however, by leaving a batch of greetings at 79 Wistful Vista, the home of Fibber McGee and Molly. Well, here's the mail, kiddo. Mostly Christmas cards and... Hey, you know what? No, what? I wish the mailman a Merry Christmas and he looks at me like I'd poisoned his dog or something. <laughs> what goes with that sour puss? Well, what's so merry about Christmas to a mailman? Huh? He starts out holding the bag and winds up the same way. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess that's right, but... Oh, look, a card from Uncle Dennis. Ah, uh, Uncle Dennis. Kentucky's greatest booster. <laughs> Straight Kentucky, that is. <laughs> What's the card? It's a picture of Santa Claus coming down the chimney upside down. Upside down? Yeah. <laughs> it says, Merry Christmas and bottoms up, Uncle Dennis. <laughs> That's him, all right. Boy, the government missed a great bet when they passed him up during the war. What a production man he'd have made. Why? You ever know a guy that could locate a bottleneck quicker or get to the bottom of it faster? <laughs> oh, I just love opening Christmas cards. Yeah. Who's that one from? Old man McDonald from the Third National Bank. It's a picture of him in a Santa Claus outfit, foreclosing a mortgage on a ragged widow and three barefoot kids standing out in the snow. <laughs> Says, just kidding, of course, McDonald. <laughs> just kidding, my clavicle. That guy's got less heart than the celery on the blue plate special. Hey, here's a pretty Christmas card. Let me see it. Oh, yes, isn't this sweet? Mm -hmm. It says, though Christmas comes but once a year, it brings back memories all so dear of friends whose hearts are strong and true, old friends, good friends, dear friends like you. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> Little drippy, but nice. <laughs> Who's it from? Well, it's signed, uh, with love, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. I wonder who that could... Wait a minute. It isn't addressed to us. It's addressed to you. To me? From Elizabeth? <laughs> Who do I know named Elizabeth? Well, I'm sure I don't know, dearie. Just some casual acquaintance, no doubt. My casual acquaintances don't sign Christmas cards with love, Snooky. My gosh. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Interesting, isn't it? Very. Some schoolgirl friend of yours, probably. Not likely. Any schoolgirl friend of mine has got an ear trumpet and grandchildren by this time. <laughs> hey, this is kind of intriguing, you know that? It is? Elizabeth, Elizabeth. I wonder if that could be the rather attractive woman I gave my seat to on the streetcar last week. <laughs> Just as I was getting off. <laughs> I don't think so. She called me a lazy slob. Well, now, just don't worry about it, sweetheart. And stop smirking at yourself in the mirror. I wasn't smirking. I was just wondering how I'd look with a mustache. You did raise one once, remember? How'd I look? Well, I don't recall ever committing myself, but Dr. Gamble said you looked like an adolescent walrus with a vitamin deficiency. <laughs> but, of course, he was... Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Come Elizabeth. in. Elizabeth. Oh, it's Mayor Latrivia, McGee. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Hi, Elizabeth. Or, hi, Latrib. Hello, Mrs. McGee. McGee. Whew. Getting pretty nippy outside. Regular winter weather. Yeah, this is the kind of a day I like, Latrib. Brisk and bracing. Feels good not to have to go out in it. Sit down, Mr. Mayor. Sit down. We're just looking over some Christmas cards. Yeah, I got one here that kind of baffles me, Latrib. I don't know who it's from. Why don't you read the signature on it? Well, he did, Mr. Mayor. It's signed with love, Elizabeth, and himself can't remember any Elizabeth, he says. Got me kind of curious, Latriv. Oh, not that I figure I got any more secret admirers than anybody else, but... <laughs> well, you know how it is, getting a card signed love from somebody you can't place. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably just a mistake of some kind. Yeah. I'd certainly advise Mrs. McGee not to worry about anybody stealing her husband. 
<laughs> and I'll thank you to keep your advice to yourself, Latrivia. My wife can worry about me if she wants to. Can't you, Molly? Indeed, I can, dearie. <laughs> I certainly can, and I will, too, just as soon as we get Christmas out of the way. <laughs> See, I'll bet you get lots of letters at the City Hall from people you've never heard of, Mr. Mayor. Oh, yes, yes, we do, Mrs. McGee. Most of them full of suggestions about how to run the city. Ever take any of them? I take all of them. Good. Out and burn them. <laughs> A letter came just this morning warning me to have the paving fixed on 14th Street or else. It was signed anonymous. So naturally, uh, I... Signed just... how, Mr. Mayor? Anonymous. That's just oh, a anonymous, way of signing eh? something. Do you have many Irish friends like that, Latrice? <laughs> Irish friend? Like what? Like the man that wrote you the letter, Mr. Anonymous. Yeah. We knew a family named O'Callaghan and one named O'Lonigan, but... Uh... Yeah, that is an Irish name, isn't it, Latrice? We're Irish ourselves, you know. Molly was an O'Driscoll, and I've been an O'McGee for years. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is an Irish name. I've known the Anonymous family since boyhood. <laughs> huh? You have? Certainly. Terence Anonymous was a second cousin to Danny O'Donigan of the Donegal Donegans. He was? Well, that's odd, because I and Molly were merely his trying to... His father start... was a Finnegan on his grandmother Flanagan's side, but the <laughs> Flanagans married into the Galligans, and the Galligans got into so many Brannigans with the Donegans that the Finnegans got tired of the shenanigans and said the Galligans were hooligans. <laughs> and everybody lost their tempers, but I'm not going to, because an unstrung harp is no good to anybody. Besides, I just dropped in to offer you the season's greetings, so Merry Christmas to both of you, and good day. the orchestra with a medley of Christmas tunes.
Elizabeth, Elizabeth. I wonder if it... No, it couldn't be her. Just because a waitress smiles when she spills a bowl of soup in your lap is no sign McGee, she's... McGee, I ordered lamb chops for dinner if it's all right with you. Elizabeth, Elizabeth. McGee, are you still worrying about that Christmas card? Yeah. Throw it away. Yeah, but my gosh, Mom. Come in. Oh, for goodness sakes, McGee, it's Mr. Wimple. Hello, Mr. Wimple. Hi, Wimp, old man. Hello, folks. My... My gracious, it's chilly today. I, I think it's going to snow again. What makes you think so? I just cleaned off our sidewalk. I just love winter weather, though. Sweetie Face, that's my big old wife. Yeah, we know. Sweetie Face and I always have a snowball fight every year. It's sort of a tradition with us. Oh. Sounds like fun. Well, I think it will be fun this year, Mrs. McGee. I made a whole big bunch of snowballs for myself last summer and hid them in the attic. Last summer you made snowballs? Yes. <laughs> we didn't have any snow handy, so I made them out of plaster. Plaster? Why, Mr. Wimple, isn't that awfully hard? Oh, no, it's easy. You just take half a brick, coat it with plaster, and let it dry. Well, I hope you have a nice Christmas present for your wife this year, Mr. Wimple. Oh, yes, indeedy, Mrs. McGee. I've been saving my allowance for simply years. And all her friends have fur coats, so this year I went down and bought her a mink. Oh, Heavenly days, a mink. Was she surprised? Oh, indeed she was. The minute I got it home, it bit her in the leg. <laughs> <laughs> she, was, she was the most surprised. Oh, my. You've got some pretty Christmas cards there. Yeah, I suppose we've got one from you here someplace, Wimp, but we haven't come to it yet. No, I didn't send any this year, folks. Oh. That's why I came over today. I'd like to read you a little Christmas verse that I... Well, it's sort of a serious verse. Oh. It's called The Chimney on the Corner. The Chimney on the Corner. Oh, read it, Wimp. All righty. The Chimney on the Corner. When the Santa on the corner smiles and rings his little bell and waves a cheery greeting and hopes that you are well... Don't pass him with a hasty grin, but drop a coin or two, because the Army of Salvation plays St. Nicholas for you in places where a bowl of soup, a place to sleep tonight, a pair of shoes, another chance. Keep hope still shining bright. We know the corner Santa Claus is good for lots of jokes, but he's a real Kris Kringle to a lot of other folks. Goodbye and Merry Christmas. Well, same here. Isn't he a nice little man? Yeah, well, I'm so good. Oh, I forgot to ask him how'd he know who sent me this Christmas card if he did. I don't know how he should know. After all, just because... What are you doing? Huh? Oh. I'm just looking at my hair in the mirror. <laughs> I hadn't realized till today how a little touch of iron gray at the temples gives a man that distinguished look. <laughs> <laughs> you noticed how much of a wave I'm getting in it. Don't let your hair go to your head, sweetheart. <laughs> Maybe that wave is just your hair saying goodbye. 
Besides, if this Elizabeth, whoever she is, could... Hello, Molly. Hiya, pal. Merry Christmas. And to you, too, Mr. Wilcox. Yeah, you're a little previous, Junior, but since this is the last time we'll see you till after Christmas, and don't think I don't appreciate it, <laughs> happy Yuletide. Well, thank you. I was just out mailing some cards, and I thought I'd drop by. Hey, and... Junior, speaking of cards, I got a Christmas card here that I don't know who it's from. Really? What does it say? Well, it's addressed to me, see, and it's just signed, Love, Elizabeth. I don't know any Elizabeth, and it's got Do these... you with love, pal? That's yeah. what it says, Mr. Wilcox. The thing is, Junior, there's lots of people that know me that I don't know them, you see. Even women. <laughs> sure, on, on account of I get saw around in public a lot, you know. <laughs> Prominent figure. Elks and everything. You mean you've got one or you are one? <laughs> Naturally, if some girl is struck by my looks and... Ask somebody my name. Well, I mean, there's no way I can help it. Say, now that you mention it, pal, a girl asked me your name just the other day. Uh-huh. Very attractive girl, too. You hear that, Molly? Oh, my gosh, this is even worse than I thought. What'd she say, Junior? Well, she pointed you out to me in Kramer's drugstore and asked me if I knew you and if I'd give you a message. Message? Gee whiz. Hey, is her name Elizabeth? Oh, what's the message, Junior? Go ahead, tell Molly, too. We got no secrets. If girls I don't know want to send me messages, Molly knows there's nothing I can know. What'd she say to tell me? <laughs> Well, she said, and I quote exactly. Yeah. You tell Mr. McGee that one of the things that makes men most attractive to women is thoughtfulness. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that makes a kitchen most attractive is the Johnson self-polishing glow coat on the limo. She said, tell him that the way to keep his wife always in love with him, the way to keep that happy glow on her face, is to see that her housework is made as easy as possible by keeping her supplied with glow coat always. Oh, dear Dorothy Dix. <laughs> because glow coat with its new built-in glow, that great beautifier and protector of your linoleum is so easy to apply. You simply pour it out, spread it around, let it dry in 20 minutes or less to a gleaming, sparkling finish that not only adds years of life to your linoleum, but makes dirt and dust so easy to wipe up. Uh, hey, and, hey, uh, hey, hey. Waxy. Yes, pal. Who was the lovesick creature who sent my husband such a tender, sentimental message, Mr. Wilcox? Yeah. Was her name Elizabeth? No. Name's Jessica, come to think of it. Jessica. Best secretary I ever had, too. Oh. <laughs> well, I gotta go, kid. You in a hurry, Mr. Wilcox? Yeah. I'm on my way to a chimney sweep. Chimney stopped up, kid? Yeah. Full of soot, is it? No. It's full of my cousin, Big Bay Window Wilcox. <laughs> <laughs> Rehearsing his Santa Claus act for Christmas and got stuck in the flu. <laughs> well, he may not be a very good Santa Claus, Junior, but if he gets out of that chimney, he'll be well suited for the part. <laughs> Don't you get it, both of you? Suited? Okay, suited. <laughs> See, I constructed a pun involving the two meanings of the word suit. Ain't soot. funny, McGee. Taint? No, taint. So long now. <laughs> Smart guy. You don't seem to realize that when a mature man like me, a man of the world, a man of charm and experience, can throw some woman for a loop so that she loses her head and sits down and writes him a love note for Christmas, I, I mean, she doesn't think that Wilcox doesn't. What did I start out to say? I'm sure I don't know, pet, but I've got to go out and get dinner started. Let me know now if you remember who Elizabeth is. Okay, but you just keep your chin up, Tootsie. Don't you worry about a thing. Me? Of course I won't, dearie. My <laughs> goodness, after all these years, what woman would want to... Uh, that is, I mean, well, you're no boy anymore, you know. Huh? I mean to say I love you dearly, you know that, but who else would ever... I mean... <laughs> Come in, please. <laughs> 
Hello, Dr. Gamble. My, it's nice to see you. Hello, my dear. And good day to you, pudding head. Hi, Bellbottom. You out spreading Christmas cheer this week by staying away from your patients? No, I'm out taking measurements for splints, my boy. Huh? Do you plan to use a stepladder to decorate your Christmas tree again this year? Or shall I cross your name off my list? <laughs> cross him off, Doctor. At the price they're asking per foot for Christmas trees this year, we'll be able to decorate ours from a kneeling position. <laughs> yes, say, Doc, uh, you happen to know anybody named Elizabeth? Certainly, my mother. Himself got a, a Christmas card signed, Love, Elizabeth. No, no, that wouldn't be her, Molly. She hates him. <laughs> Your mother doesn't even know me. I've described you to her. <laughs> How could she hate me just from that? My gosh, you gotta know me for years to really hate me. <laughs> really, I'm a little disturbed, Doc. Some girl sends me a Christmas card with love, and I don't know who it is, so naturally I'm worried. Why? Why? Yeah. Why, my gosh, suppose some girl has saw me someplace and got a crush on me. You know how girls do, Doc. Probably just doesn't realize I'm married. Maybe just saw this sort of distinguished-looking man around town and bingo, off the deep end. I know just how you feel, my boy. Your distress is perfectly natural. What do you mean, distress? He's never been prouder in his life. Oh, I wouldn't say I was proud exactly, my dear, but after all, one can't help it if one has the type of personality that sets women on their ears. My gosh, I remember the time when I was kind of shy and bummer-footed and no woman would look at me the second time. I remember that time, too. It was about two minutes ago. <laughs> but look, Casanova, if you're really worried that some girl has fallen in love with you, I have something here that might reassure you. Here, take it. What is it, Doctor? A pocket mirror. Read it and weep, Romeo. Merry Christmas, children. Oh, King's men sing Ken Darby's composition, Let's Have an Old-Fashioned Christmas. Let's have an old-fashioned Christmas With snowflakes and memories of yesterday Let's sing a few Faces of children round the tree While jingle bells, jingle bells Jingle in their hearts so merrily So here's to a bright Merry Christmas With all of the old-fashioned love we knew As long as you live May the years always give Christmas to you. 
doggone it, kiddo, this thing has got me waffled, or baffled. <laughs> Perfectly strange woman writing me mash notes when... Hey, what's the dangerous age in a man, Molly? <laughs> the dangerous age? Yeah. That's the period of time between when his pants get long and his wind gets short. <laughs> Now, I suppose around my age, a man does take on a kind of a sophisticated glamour for women. Kind of a man about town look that they just can't resist. Oh, dear. I just hadn't realized till now that I'd reached that age. Well, you know, there is something different about you lately, dearie. Yeah? I look at you sometimes and I get an almost uncontrollable desire to run my hand through your hair. You do? Yes, with a pair of clippers. <laughs> since you've been to the barbershop. Oh, not so long. And besides, this shaggy look must have uh, had a certain appeal for women because whoever this Elizabeth is, she's... Uh... Come in. Hi there, kids. Hello, daughter. Hello, Johnny. Hello, Mr. Oldtimer. <laughs> hi, hi Oldtimer. Hey, we got a little mystery on our hands here. Is that so? Yep. What happened, kids? Find footprints in the snow or somebody walking across your roof on his hands? No, Mr. Oldtimer. Himself here just got a Christmas card from some mysterious woman. What do you mean, mysterious woman? What other kind is there? <laughs> she means we don't know who this card is from, old-timer. It's signed with love, Elizabeth. <laughs> well, it's nothing to get excited about, I guess. Happens every day. College girl crushes, you know. <laughs> I suppose Ronnie Coleman and Clark Gable run into this stuff all the time. I suppose so, Johnny. So does Roy Rogers' horse. <laughs> I read where some fan cut off a foot of Trigger's tail a couple of years ago, so you better be careful. But hey! <laughs> Got interesting Christmas cards myself, kids. From a woman, Mr. Oldtimer? Yep, my landlady. On account of them, I'm a little behind in my rent. You're behind in your rent, so she sends you a Christmas card? She wish you a Merry Christmas? Didn't say, Johnny. Just a picture of Santa Claus on it, and underneath it it says, Who do you think I am? Him? <laughs> well, at least you know who it's from. That's something. Oh, I suppose so. I gotta get back to work, kids. <laughs> I'm on extra at the post office this week, you know. Yeah, what doing? Smearing addresses or mislaying packages that gurgle? I'm in the parcel post, Johnny. Oh? Here's my work order. See, daughter? Uh-huh. Yeah. It says proceed to parcel post department and see that all packages are weighed and stamped. What was that, daughter? She said see that all packages are weighed and stamped. Why? Stamped? Yeah. Oh, Jiminy, now I'm in for it. Why? I thought it said stomped. Uh, for three days, I've been having myself a wonderful time jumping up and down. I go, oh, Merry Christmas, anyhow, kid. When you get that package from your Aunt Sarah, it was glassware, I think. <laughs> Hey, I wonder if he could have traced this Christmas card through the post office and... Well, I doubt it, dearie, and frankly, I'm developing a terrific disinterest in the entire subject. Hmm? So while you practice that flashing smile and the lifted eyebrow, I'll go start dinner. Okay, Tootsie. Ah, oh, there goes a good kid. And steady as a rock. <laughs> Strange woman writing mash notes to her husband, sending him her love, and what does she do? Scream? Pull hair? No, sir. She fixes dinner. <laughs> a little more flattering if she wasn't so dad-ratted calm about this thing because... Come in. Hi, mister. Oh, hi, sis. <laughs> 
What you doing, mister? What you doing? What you? I'm trying to think, Teeny. It seems that somebody... Gee, you got a lot of pretty Christmas cards, I betcha. Yeah, we sure did. But mm -hmm. one of them was... So did we. Good. Now be mm -hmm. quiet a minute, sis. I want to concentrate on a little problem. I that... think we had some awful pretty Christmas cards this year, mister. You did, eh? Yes, we all... Hmm? I says you did, eh? Did what? Had some awful pretty cards this year. Who did? You did. I know it. <laughs> My mama said to me yesterday, she said, bring me the Christmas card you bought for Mr. McGee and I'll address it for you, Elizabeth. Yeah, well, that... Uh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> What'd she call you? Me? Yeah. Elizabeth. Oh. She always calls me Elizabeth on account of I'm named Elizabeth, oh. but my daddy calls me teeny only Elizabeth. Oh, my gosh, you. <laughs> hey, Molly. Here's Elizabeth. Don't go away, Elizabeth. Hey, Molly. Hey, Molly. Come in and see who's Elizabeth. My gosh, you're horrible. I wonder whether you've tried Johnson's Glow Coat lately, because this self-polishing floor wax has a new glow, a glow that brightens up your kitchen linoleum, makes it glossier and more lustrous than before. Now, that wouldn't be quite so very special, of course, if you had to do a lot of rubbing and buffing to get that kind of finish on your linoleum. But you don't. Johnson's Glow Coat produces its own sparkling luster while it dries and without any help from you. Ask your dealer about this wonderful self-polishing floor wax. When he hands you the familiar yellow Glow Coat container with the bright red band, he'll be handing you the Glow Coat with the new glow. The Glow Coat that protects your linoleum makes it easy to keep clean and very cheerful to look at. Ladies and gentlemen, for 14 years now, we've asked old Santa Claus for audiences like you. And for 14 years, he's granted our wish. And so thanks for all the wonderful Christmases you've given us. And on behalf of the Johnson Wax people and everyone on the program, we'd like to wish you the merriest Christmas ever. Here's to a bright Merry Christmas With all of the old-fashioned love we knew As long as you live May the years always give An old-fashioned Christmas to This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. Jaws Professional One. Windows M. Desktop. Folder View. List View. My Docket. Enter. Docket. 4S. Saturday. Enter. 2Ray Bream 89111. Unloading. Jock Hands. OK. Enter. Saturday 7 2. Suddenly, they happened upon a Forest Service road crew. Three men who said the road ahead was impassable. The men told Pastor Mitchell that the creek was only a couple of hundred yards away. 
Perhaps it was clear enough at that point for them to do their fishing right where they were. The children eagerly volunteered to investigate. Elsie offered to accompany them while Archie parked the car and took out the fishing gear. Archie heard Elsie call out to him twice. Twice she said precisely the same thing. Look what I found, dear. Look what I found, dear. The second time Archie called back. Just a minute and I'll come look at it. He would never have the chance. He was at least a hundred yards away when he heard the explosion. It was a terrible explosion, one so powerful that dead branches and whole logs sailed into the air and needles blew off the nearby pines like dandelion fluff. Pastor Mitchell and the three men from the road crew rushed to the scene. What they discovered was a gaping crater in the forest floor and the mangled bodies of Elsie and the five children. Elsie's clothing was aflame. She lived only moments longer. The children died instantly. The official coroner's report stated the cause of death, an explosion from an undetermined source. But, well, this is the rest of the story. During the Second World War, the Japanese conceived of a diabolical plan to create a panic in the United States. They, the Japanese, would launch about 9,000 hydrogen balloons, big ones, approximately 33 feet in diameter, all cast adrift to drift on the jet stream toward the United States, and each would carry three or more bombs, which were supposed to drop automatically over land. An estimated 1,000 bomb-bearing balloons did reach the North American continent, 342 of which were actually sighted. And yet the made-in-Japan mechanisms designed to drop the bombs failed. Even the one balloon that did kill exploded only after floating gently into an Oregon forest the morning of May 5, 1945. Well, history was made that day. History that we would prefer to forget. But nonetheless, a minister's pregnant wife and her Sunday school class became the only war casualties, the only war casualties on the United States mainland during all of World War II. During that conflict, we thought our civilians were safe, but now we know the rest of the story. KABC. 1945, World War II. Over 185,000 National Guardsmen casualties in Europe and the Pacific. Some people think the National Guard is just an excuse for a bunch of guys to get together and have a good time. 1952, the Korean War saw 183,000 Guardsmen called to action. That they're weekend warriors, not real soldiers. 1969, Vietnam. Guardsmen awarded 55 silver stars, 681 purple hearts, over 1,000 bronze stars. I'm Tom Selleck. I can't clear up all the misconceptions people have about the National Guard, so let me leave you with one important fact. If you bring together all the ready forces of the Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines, and Reserves, you still have only half the picture. The other half? The National Guard. Skilled, capable, intelligent people. People like you and me. Americans at their best. Tom Selleck, Guardsman, 1967 through 1973. KABC Talk Radio AM 790. 
And good morning, everyone. Ray Brain with you until 5 o'clock this morning. This morning, uh, we're going to be talking about one of the truly superstars of the halcyon days of radio. His name is Fred Allen, and uh, there's a gentleman in the studio, Mr. Robert Taylor. Mr. Taylor is the author of a new book called Fred Allen, His Life and Wit. Mr. Taylor is uh, the Boston Globe's art and senior book critic, and I have to say hello to him immediately. Mr. Taylor, glad to have you with us. Glad to be here, Ray. Why did you write a book about Fred Allen? Well, first, he was a comic genius, and second, he was unique in his time. Can't do better than that. He was unique. We also have the uh, founders and uh, head of SpurdVac. That's S-P-E-R-D-V-A-C, SpurdVac. That's the Society to Preserve and Encourage Radio Drama, Variety, and Comedy. John and Larry Gassman. Thank you, Ray. Glad to be here again. So uh, here we are, and we're uh, talking about the great Fred Allen. Um, you just had a thing with uh, Robert Taylor at a Spurdvac meeting, right? We did. We had our, well, we, we've begun our 15th anniversary convention, uh, which started today over at the Viscount Hotel in Los Angeles. And one of the things, among many we did today, was a, a panel with several people who wrote books on old radio, and Robert Taylor was one of them. And he talked about Fred Allen, talked about the book, why the book came about, and uh, some of the some of the things that Fred Dal- Allen did on the air, and uh, we'll have a chance to illustrate some of those tonight with audio clips. Yes, we got a whole bunch of them, thanks to your files. How many shows do you have over at Spurdvac? Of uh, Fred Allen? No, of uh, old-time radio oh, shows. Oh, uh, thousands. Uh, I'm not sure really how many, because it grows. See, one just <laughs> one in here just now. Well, no, now we're another Two, three or three, four, four. Yeah, see, yeah, what I mean, it gets, continues to grow. So. These are uh, unusual uh, brothers, aren't they, uh, Bob? Yes, I think they're doing a great job in restoring what I think is a very crucial part of our national memory. It's a heritage that uh, a lot of people have forgotten or never knew existed. It really is a form of history to do this, and it's one that's overlooked by the more formal historians. Tell us about Fred Allen. Uh, You know, when, when Fred Allen was at his prime, uh, he was living in a uh, simpler time, a time when America enjoyed a different, uh, certainly more personal form of entertainment when families used to gather around the living room radio once a week to laugh at his uh, very, very unique humor. Uh, when did uh, Fred Allen become Fred Allen? I understand that uh, he had several other names. Well, he started out uh, in uh, amateur shows under his own name, John Florence Sullivan, but when he went on to vaudeville, he became uh, Freddie James, later shortened to Fred James. And uh, he was in vaudeville and was uh, up in the booking office of a man called Edgar Allen, who booked for the Fox Theaters, who was getting him a job. And uh, the, there was confusion on the telephone, and uh, the people on the other end mixed up Freddie James and Edgar Allen and came out with Fred Allen. And he saw this for the first time on the Marquee and and said, well, okay, I'll stick with it. So his uh, first uh, radio show went on the air when? Now, I don't mean guesting, but his first uh, headlining radio show. His, uh, it was the week before the uh, Hoover-Roosevelt election in 1932. I believe it was October 25th. And he uh, did his last show in, what, 49? Uh, 49, June 25th, 49. So he had uh, about an 18-year run then. Just about. That's uh, that's not bad. That's wonderful. And, and James Thurber said that for him, 
that run on radio was more interesting than Lindbergh's flight. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> it was a lot more fun, too. <laughs> uh, he, uh, he had the nation in stitches. How did Allen's Alley come about in what year? It was rather late in his uh, career. Yes, it was. He had experimented around uh, with it. Uh, he began it in 1942. It was a kind of throwback to his vaudeville days. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he was making use of radio because you can't envision Allen's Alley in anything but radio. Uh, the uh, It wouldn't play on television, that's for sure. Yes, and nor did it. That's right. In fact, uh, it wasn't television that did in the Fred Allen show. It was another radio show. Stop the Music. With and Bert Parks as the MC. That's right. And Stop the Music was successful in stopping Fred Allen... I think only because after years of wartime consumer austerity, here was a radio program that was giving away money. And uh, instead of talent, it had money to give away, and Fred could never quite reconcile himself to this. In fact, uh, didn't Fred Allen pull a real boner at that time, trying to head off Stop the Music by offering a $5,000 insurance policy to anyone that might have missed uh, the prize if they'd been called by listening to Stop the Music. Yes, he did. That was a boner. Why did it turn out to be a boner? Uh, Well, you couldn't do it anyway. You couldn't bond all those people, and uh, uh, he was trying to do the, the impossible. He was trying to stop something that couldn't be stopped. And I guess that he also uh, drove some of those people who'd never heard of Stop the Music uh, over to the other network to just hear what's going on. Uh, Yes, there was a curiosity factor there, and Fred was always insistent upon the fact that there was an intelligent audience for radio comedy. All right, we're going to uh, take a break, and uh, very shortly uh, we'll be talking, I believe, with uh, Eddie Schwartz in Chicago. He's calling from WGN. And uh, we'll uh, talk with him, and uh, I hope he remembers Fred Allen. He's just one of those young guys. I'm sure he doesn't, but he's heard some of the tapes. And uh, we'll uh, have some of the cuts from the old uh, Fred Allen show, and we'll talk about the the big feud between Fred Allen and Jack Benny. That went on for a long time. Yes, it, uh, it really was at its height during the early weeks of 1937, but it uh, was spotted on, more or less, throughout the rest of their careers. Okay, we'll be right back, and when we come back, we'll uh, chat with uh, the folks in uh, Chicago via Eddie Schwartz and WGN for a wee bit here, and then we'll uh, start playing some Fred Allen cuts in the studio. Mr. Robert Taylor, author of the book, Fred Allen, His Life and Wit, along with John and Larry Gassman, the driving force of Spurdvac. That's the Society to Preserve and Encourage Radio Drama, Variety, and Comedy. Stay with us. This is KABC Talk Radio, AM 790, and I'm Ray Brain. Today we're going to talk about what goes wrong in your family. Every family goes wrong in its own way. Today you have a chance to share what goes wrong in yours. I'm David Viscott here on KABC. The makers of California Earthquake, the early warning earthquake alarm, wish to express their sympathy to the Bay Area earthquake victims. However... We'd like you to know that next time, many injuries may be prevented. With California Quake Awake, you may have extra time to prepare your family before the main quake actually strikes. Now, Quake Awake works by reacting to the preliminary wave that animals often respond to. Quake Awake alarms are currently being used worldwide, and they're sponsored by the Professional Association for Childhood Education. California Quake Awake is a small self-contained wall unit and it's very easy to install. 
Mount the alarm near your main living, sleeping, or working areas. Quake Awake will monitor your home 24 hours a day and provide you with up to 30 seconds of early warning in the event of a major earthquake. Just as a smoke detector warns you about a fire, these valuable seconds of warning can enable you to move away from glass and heavy objects. So give yourself a little more peace of mind. Quake Awake is available at Home Club, Home Depot, Fedco, National Lumber, and Fisher Lumber for around $25. Stock up early for your Thanksgiving feast. Hurry down to your lucky store. Because every day we're serving up savings. Check the prices, you'll agree. Lucky is the place to be. Lucky, lucky, dare to compare the best. Get your grade A frozen basted turkey for just 37 cents a pound with a minimum $20 purchase. Limit one, see store for details. Fresh southern frying chicken split breasts in jumbo packs are only 99 cents a pound. Fresh ground beef in approximate five-pound chubs is just 99 cents a pound. And Burbank russet potatoes are only 97 cents for the 10-pound bag. Prices are good through November 15th. Lower prices, so much more. We've become your favorite store. Lucky, lucky. All right, we're back again. Ray Breen with you until who knows what time. Uh, we have in the studio Mr. Robert Taylor. Uh, his book is called Fred Allen, His Life and Wit. And, of course, the uh, driving course of Spurdvac, people who put this thing together and keep it going, the Society to Preserve and Encourage Radio Drama Variety and Comedy. And uh, we have a lot of cuts from the old Fred Allen radio show, and we'll be playing those shortly. But right now... Let's check in with Chicago and see how uh, things are with Eddie Schwartz at WGN. Hello, Eddie. Hi, Ray. Welcome to WGN Radio in Chicago. And uh, I really, uh, I picked a good time to call you for two reasons. Number one, I'm very enamored of what you're doing on your show tonight because I've done similar programs myself. Yeah, you're an old radio buff, huh? I've got a huge collection. I play things all the time. I've got a, uh, I'm very lucky to have a company here in Chicago called Radio Spirit. And uh, their uh, president, Carl Amari, uh, provides me with a tremendous number of programs. And if you'd like, I'm going to send you a copy of his catalog. Yeah, well, that's great. Uh, say hello to, uh, first of all, Robert Taylor. He's written this great uh, book called Fred Allen, His Life and Wit, published by Little Brown. Mr. Taylor, pleasure. Welcome to Chicago and WCN. Thank you very much. I uh, have had the, uh, the pleasure of playing many hours of... Uh, uh, Fred Allen's material on the air, and I've loved every minute of it. I also have a surprise for both of you. I have a, a gentleman in my studio, Ray. I was sitting here talking to this major, major personality, and he's from California. Okay, before you introduce him, yes, there sir. are a couple others in the studio here, and I, I don't want to uh, slight them. Okay. Uh, we have John and Larry Gassman of mm -hmm. Spurdvac. Do you know Spurdvac? I've heard of them, yes. Yes, the Society I... to Preserve and Encourage Radio, Drama, Variety, and Comedy. They ought to be making me a member here in about five minutes, I would think. Yes. Well, guess what? You got a couple of votes a few elections ago for uh, Spurdvac Board of Directors. I don't know how that happened. Did you write yourself in? No, I didn't, but I'm very flattered to know that. Oh, well, I'll make them up. Continue uh, on. All right, please... Uh, Please uh, contact me about that. Okay. Uh, I'm sitting here with, a, with one of my favorite people in the whole world, Mr. Breen, a, a gentleman who also listens to late night radio in California, tells me that one of the ways he falls asleep 
It's by listening to you, so I, and I know he's been on your program. So I thought I'd surprise you and call up and see if you know who he is. He's stirring on a big show here in Chicago. He's the hottest thing in town. I'm not going to tell you who he is. Mr. Guest, would you like to say hello to Mr. Bream? Mr. Bream, I write lyrics, and you and I have sat many, many times. I know who this is. Sammy Kahn. There you go. Hey, the great Sammy <laughs> Kahn. Fascinating. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. We were just talking about him earlier. Call me. Or is, I wish I, we had a piano in the studio. Next time that uh, you come over to the show, we're going to have to get a piano in the studio. You know that. I know. I would be very happy to do that. I'm here in Chicago. Rain a miracle is happening. My one-man show, after all these years, has suddenly crystallized and, and it's become an emotional thing every night in the theater. Isn't that great? People You're... stand and cheer, and it's just... Can you imagine me doing my kind of town to the people of Chicago? Listen, mm -hmm. Sammy, you're a living legend, and uh, you carry on this this great... Uh, I, had, I had a guest in the studio. I had uh, the son of the late Nelson Riddle, Christopher Riddle. Good buddy. Yeah, well, he was in here about three or four uh, weeks ago, and uh, he, he uh, deemed the music that we're talking about not classical music, but American classic music. And I like that title. He's correct. You know, you know there, there, there is noise. We don't count noise, but Riddle was one of the most, one of the most incredible things I ever witnessed was the one-time airing of a show called Our Town, NBC, color, an hour and a half special, Frank Sinatra playing the lead role, Mr. Paul Newman playing the young boy, even Marie Saint playing the young girl, and Sinatra singing, and Nelson Riddle a block away accompanying, scoring. It was a miracle of, of I'll I, I tell you what I'm going to do, Ray. I have a copy of that show in black and white. Mm -hmm. There wasn't any way to tape shows in those days. And if you see the genius of Nelson Riddle, he was just special. There was no one quite like him. You know, you know, you know what ought to happen when Mr. Khan gets back to California, Ray, you ought to have him come right in and sit with you one night. Well, I it's, it's long overdue. It. We haven't done it in some years. That's right. But I'll, I'll give you a call now that we have reacquainted ourselves across the country. i got to tell Ray how this all came about tonight. I was asking Sammy if he ever dreams of songs or dreams of lyrics and gets up and writes them down. Or he was telling me, Ray, that he purposely listens to the radio at night so as not to have that happen. And he never goes to bed without his radio on and your name came up. So we thought we'd surprise and give you a call. Turned out to be a good night to do it. Yes, indeed. Well, he's he's one of the, uh, the the greats. There's no doubt about it. And uh, tell us about the uh, the uh, great uh, uh, song or the Hall of uh, what do what do you call it? The song Songwriters Hall of Fame. Songwriters Hall of Fame. Yes. Well, uh, I tell you, that's another miracle. I was telling Eddie here that this was Johnny Mercer's dream. He was the first president, and on his deathbed, almost, he asked me to take over. And if I ever meet him in that lyric writing heaven, I'm going to get even. <laughs> I've spent the last 15 years trying to build a home in the New York Museum, and I think we're going to get it done. Well, you should. It deserves to be done. But uh, one thing, I've got to tell you a story that I don't know if he's told you, uh, Eddie, or not, but uh, when we lament uh, where, where music is gone today, popular music, uh, Sammy says, but wherever you go in the world, wherever you hear music, 
the American classic music being played and sung. It's America's single most important ambassador. It certainly American is. American popular song. And uh, those songs will live forever. I told you a couple of my favorites. We all know uh, the great list of uh, music, and I know your favorite. I think it's Call Me Irresponsible. But well, I... you, you know why I say it's my favorite? I say it has five-syllable words, and I come from a one-syllable neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there are a couple I told you I like, Sammy, and that goes way back. But uh, it's, they're both beautiful songs. It's magic. Oh, if... and, and the other one is time... After time. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you take a weekend off of coming to Chicago and hear all these songs? <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to. Are, are you, you going to? Are you still flying as much as you did? Oh, sure. Sure. Well, I'll tell you what. I know the mayor. We can get you into O'Hare. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> I'll stay away from O'Hare. <laughs> Sammy knows the mayor. Sammy was the guest of honor at City Hall where the mayor gave him the key to Chicago. You were a big star the other day, Sam. <laughs> yes, I sang to the mayor. I said, my kind of town Chicago is, my kind of town <laughs> Chicago is, this welcome makes me glad, and may I add, I knew your dad. <laughs> <laughs> now, now listen, you, Sammy, yeah. you, you've written them for every other city, but you've got to yeah. write one for Los Angeles. I know it's hard, but you've got to write one for L.A. I wrote a song called Don't Fall in Love in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to do it on your show. All right, Sammy. I love you, and I thank you for talking. Take care. We'll Give get together love. soon. We'll and do Mr. it again. Mr. Robert Taylor. Yes. I knew the original. <laughs> 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 we'll and see you, uh, Sammy. And uh, thank you, Ray, for letting us bust in here on your program. I know your listeners are waiting to hear uh, uh, some of the recordings you have for Fred Allen. Uh, to all of your guests there, in the studio. Remember, here in Chicago, we love those programs, too. Yes, Great. indeed. Thank and take you. care, Eddie. Good night, gang. Right, Good night. Good night. Eddie Schwartz at WGN. He's a legend back there. He really is. Yeah. And so is Sammy Kahn. Yeah. We'll have to uh, bring him back on again very soon. All right. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll continue on with uh, Fred Allen, his life and wit, with Robert Taylor in the studio, along with John and Larry Gassman of Spurdvac. This is KEBC Talk Radio, AM 790, and I'm Ray Brame. Come on. Finally, a weekend getaway in our new RVs. Surprise! What took you so long? We've been in here for hours. Geez, sorry to keep you waiting. That's okay. We're kind of enjoying your new RV. Yeah, nice kitchen. Great stereo. Cozy beds. Never knew an RV could be so comfortable. Well, don't get too comfortable. Really, this RV is great. Where'd you get it? The LA RV Show at Dodger Stadium. We'll drop you off. Great. Where are you guys going? Anywhere we want. With this RV, we've got a lot of freedom. Find your freedom at the 37th Annual LA RV Show, Dodger Stadium, November 3rd through 12th, 10 to 6 daily. See everything from truck campers to motorhomes at the nation's largest RV exhibit. Enter to win an RV. Must be 21 or older. No purchase necessary. Entry forms available at the gate. Drawing November 12th, 3 p.m. Discount tickets available at Alpha Beta, Craig and Auto Works, Camping World, RV dealerships, and local newspapers. Dedication, attention to detail, and caring. At Realty World, we think these are the qualities that a realtor should have. 
And apparently you do too, because you've helped make Realty World one of the fastest growing real estate franchise networks in North America. Realty World offers all the advantages you'd expect from a national real estate franchise firm. But the dedication and hard work of our people are still the keys to our success. If you'd like to buy or sell a house, call your local Realty World office. We're the results people. Would you like to join Realty World and become one of the results people? You can very easily. Our Realty World license school with locations around the Southland is state approved. Realty World has always been recognized for its superior training program. Our people earn while they learn. Call 1-800-LEARN-RE now for details and the address of the class nearest you. Call 1-800-532-7673. The more Nutrisystem uses radio, the more people we see. It's that simple. Heidi Drummond knows the retail sales power of radio. She's regional advertising manager for Nutrisystem, a major weight control company. We started with a handful of locations and a small ad budget. Now we have 52 locations and a radio budget that keeps increasing because it's based on the same thing that makes Nutrisystem so successful. Results. Heidi Drummond knows that Southern California radio station personalities have large, loyal, and responsive audiences that can produce dramatic results at point of sale. We had 1,700 people turn out to meet their favorite radio personality. Our business doubled. It was the most successful event we've ever had. And Nutrisystem knows that when you want to tell Southern California about a good thing, there's no better way than radio. Radio and Nutrisystem are the perfect combination. They both get results. In no time at all. Call Kent Goodman, KABC Sales, 213 area code 840 for further information. All right, if you'd like to join us, our phone number is 520-TALK, T-A-L-K, San Fernando Valley, 990-TALK, Santa Monica in the west side, 301. Everything ends in TALK, T-A-L-K. Orange County, Riverside, 750. Pasadena, Glendale, Burbank, 244. San Gabriel Valley, 448. South Bay is 679, Long Beach, Downey, Lakewood, Linwood, Paramount, San Pedro, and Compton area. That number is 639, and talk, T-A-L-K. Robert Taylor is in the studio along with John and Larry Gassman of SpiritVac. John and uh, Larry, of course, have been uh, trying to preserve and promote, uh, as the name implies, uh, radio, drama, variety, and comedy for a long time. And uh, we'll get into Spurred Back and what they do here a little bit later on. But Robert Taylor is with us, and Robert Taylor has written this great book uh, published by Little Brown called Fred Allen, His Life and Wit. Uh, when did you decide that you wanted to write about the fabled Fred Allen? Well, it was about four years ago, four or five years ago. Uh, <clears throat> Elliot Norton, the Boston theater critic, suggested that... Uh, He'd make a great subject for a biography, and when I went to the Boston Public Library, where they have most of Fred Allen's materials, I found that he was right. Okay, uh, we were talking about uh, when he went on network radio, and that was 1932. When did he really become uh, a force? It wasn't uh, when he first went on, was it? Yes, it was, actually. Really? Uh, <clears throat> he... Uh, was an almost instant success on radio because he was a very verbal comedian and very quick and made for the made for this medium and within very short order he had three out of every four radio households three out of every four three out of every four and uh, approximately twenty million listeners at that time we were talking about the uh, 
a feud he had with Jack Benny. How did that start, and what was it all about? Well, Fred was the first person on radio to use amateurs. He'd been an amateur himself and it started out that way. And he had on his uh, program a uh, 10-year-old violinist, Stuart Caymans, from Long Island, and, and played the B. And when he finished, he said, only 10 years old and you can play the B like that. Why, Jack Benny ought to be ashamed of himself. <laughs> and Jack was listening and, and uh, laughed at this and... So on the next, his next program, he said, I can, too, play the B as well as that. And uh, he had some people from, then uh, Fred had some people from Waukegan who said he couldn't, and so it went back and forth. All right, let's uh, play a little bit of uh, vintage Fred Allen. Uh, John and Larry, uh, this uh, first one is uh, the Bath Club Review. Uh, this is 1932. This is early, early Fred Allen. What you'll notice is that if you've heard Fred Allen, he is much faster here. He doesn't wait for for laughs. Uh, it's almost the way he used to do it in vaudeville. It was uh, rapid fire. And this is December 25 of 1932, and a typical am- example of the Lennon Bath Club Review. All right, let's take a listen. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, the Leonard Bath Club Review starts a new series of radio presentations. We have had so many requests to repeat some of our earlier program backgrounds that in the future broadcast, we are going to remain in each business for two or three weeks. We hope that you will have as much fun listening in as we have in preparing and presenting these little reviews. Tonight, we take you to the court of Judge Allen. Order in the court, please. Order in the court. Sit down, everybody. First case... John Flood versus Caesar Bemis, assault and battery. What happened, John? Well, I was working at my filling station on the night of the 7th, Your Honor, when this man here... Mr. Bemis? Yes, he drove up in a roller skate. A roller skate? Hey, I'll brain him. Now, wait a minute. Wait. Order in the court, please. If he makes fun of my car again, I'll... Sit down, Bemis. Yes, Your Honor. Now, Mr. Flug, continue. Well, as I was saying, he drove up the filling station, and I waited on him, and he slugged me. That's all, Flug. He hit you for nothing? Yes, Your Honor. He didn't charge me a cent. Now, uh, Bemis, take the stand and tell us your version. Yes, Your Honor. Six months ago, I bought a small car. A baby Boston? Yes, Your Honor. And my life's been miserable ever since. People laugh at you when you're in it. Yes, Your Honor. And dogs bark in through the windshield? Yes, I I couldn't stand it any longer. But why did you assault Mr. Flood? I drove up to his filling station and said, give me some gas and oil. Yes? He said a teaspoonful of gas and four drops of oil ought to fix you up. Gosh, that's a pretty old joke. Yeah, I heard it a million times since I bought the car. But I didn't say anything. When I paid him, he said that'll be 45 cents for weaning your scooter. And then you struck him. No. No, he looked at the car and said, if you want want me to sneeze in the tires, it'll be 15 cents extra. And then you punched him. No, I threw the car at him. Blood, you'll find $2.32 for assault. Bemis, for throwing the car, I'll find you $3 for the battery. Next case. Your Honor, Officer Moifey. You rest. <laughs> That's 1932. Mm-hmm. That's 32. I noticed uh, Doc Rockwell in the cast there. Did you? Yeah. Which, which one was Doc Rockwell? Uh, Bemis, I think. Was he? Yeah. We were wondering who that was. Yeah. I'd write that down. All right. We'll continue on as we uh, travel down Allen's Alley. Fred Allen, his life and wit with uh, Robert Taylor and John and Larry Gassman spurred back in just a moment. This is KABC Talk Radio, AM 790, and I'm Ray Brame. KABC. Salonpas may not be a familiar name to you now, but once you use Salonpas, it will be a name you'll never forget. 
Silampus, the medically proven pain reliever for those who no longer want to tolerate the annoyance of minor aches and pain. Silampus gives fast relief without side effects to those who suffer back or muscle pains, arthritis, sprains, joint, neck, or shoulder pains. Silampus is the effective, simple way to make life happier for you and your loved ones. Silampus is easy to use, too, and it doesn't stain. It's the convenient, effective, specialty medicated adhesive patch. Just apply Solanpus to the pain area for fast relief that lasts up to 12 hours. Solanpus comes in 20 to 40 sheet box containers, small or large size, also available. Solanpus elastic patch for joints, air Solanpus spray, and Solanpus gel for effective pain relief in all areas, including sports related injuries. Yes, say goodbye to pain. Get Solanpus today. Solanpus is available at Lucky Pharmacy, Newberry, TG&Y, Drug Emporium, and Clark Drugs. Attention homeowners, it's Home Improvement Month at Bradcliffe Coating. Now if your home needs painting, grab a pencil because this is an offer you should look into. Bradcliffe Coating Company, a state licensed contractor, will sandblast, patch, and repair and texture coat your home, saving you hundreds of dollars during their fall special. Beautify your home during the month of November at 50% off Bradcliffe's regular price. Strengthen and protect your investment with CoverShield's patented coating. It comes in 36 designer colors. Now, why repaint every three to five years? The CoverShield coating is applied many times thicker than ordinary paint and comes with a 15-year factory warranty against flaking or peeling. Act now and save hundreds of dollars during Home Improvement Month at Bradcliffe Coating. Financing is available with no money down on your approved credit. Call Bradcliffe Coating toll-free, 1-800-222-1601 for your free estimate. That's 1-800-222-1601. Once again, 1-800-222-1601. <laughs> We're back again. Ray Bream with you until 5 this morning. My guest, Robert Taylor, author of the book, Fred Allen, His Life and Wit. Mr. Taylor is uh, the Boston Globe's art and uh, book critic. Uh, you're the senior book critic there. Are you going to review your own book? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't reviewed in the Globe. It wasn't? No. <laughs> I see. Too bad. Um, the, uh, the 1932 clip was interesting, but uh, we... Go now to uh, another year. Let's see. This uh, begins uh, with Benny and Aunt Allen. And uh, let's see if I recall. This is 1937. Is that right, uh, John? That Robert? is absolutely correct. Okay. Let's uh, take a, uh, a little... Uh... This is the one about Benny and Allen uh, at the beginning of the B clip, right, where Benny is trying to find out. Uh, they're trying to find out if Benny really did play the B. Okay. Yes. All right. So here shortly we... after the feud began. All yeah. right, here we go. When I played the B last Sunday night, I didn't completely vindicate myself. There's one small point yet to be settled. Uh, what is that, Jack? Well, I asked Stuart Cannon, that little boy who originally played the B and caused all my trouble with Alan, to come up here tonight, and I'm going to find out if he's really 10 years old. Let's well, find out how to play the B, too. I played it all right. But I have my doubts about Alan's statement. If that child is over 10, and I think he is then Mr. Allen has deceived his listeners, thereby misinforming over 400 people around the country. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to find out the truth. All right, what happens now? Is that it? That's, 
That that's all of it, huh? That's all of that. Oh. The the next clip is Fred Allen's response. Oh. Let's See, Fred Allen was on Wednesday. Uh, about four or five days after Benny was on, so he had all kinds of times uh, early on to to, to come to up respond. with some kind of a response. Right, yeah. All right, here we go. While I think of it, did you uh, hear Mr. B last Sunday? Oh yeah, yes. Jack had a pretty good program, didn't he, Fred? You don't think it sounded any better just because it was coming out of the Waldorf Astoria, do you? <laughs> I'll bet he won't get his program in there again next Sunday without baggage. Why? <laughs> what do you mean, Fred? Jack didn't pull any faux pas at the Waldorf, did he? Why, that oak day. You know, coming out, walking down the, one of the long halls there, he saw a lot of empty finger bowls stacked up on a table. You mean to say Jack didn't know what they were? He never saw a finger bowl before. He said, gosh, the next war is going to be terrible. They're making trench hats for children. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Imagine that guy driving up in front of the Waldorf in a trailer. <laughs> the doorman must have been plenty mortified. At the Waldorf? Yeah. The doorman at the Waldorf didn't even know what the trailer was. He thought one of the penthouses blew off the roof. <laughs> Oh, say, uh, Fred, did you hear Jack say that you misinformed your radio audience, 400 people around the country? <laughs> he wouldn't know what it meant to cater to the 400. <laughs> oh, and another thing I thought was funny was when he grilled little Stuart Canaan, the another boy who thing, played Wait a minute, what was the first thing you thought was funny? <laughs> Never mind another thing you thought was funny. What was... <laughs> Isolate that thing that was funny. What? Uh, when what Jack was... flew off the roof. Oh, but you said about uh, little Stuart Canaan, the... Yeah, uh... he grilled the little fellow you know. Oh, that little boy who played the bee. Mm -hmm. Why that big bully picking on a little fellow like Stuart? Why doesn't he pick on somebody his size? He's the kind of a guy who gives Shirley Temple a hot foot. <laughs> Why, of all the cowards... The last time he got into an argument with the Dion quintuplets, he invited them outside one by one. <laughs> oh, now, wait, wait a minute, Fred. Jack's all right. Why, I think I'll go over and see him next Sunday. Why, I'll... Wait a minute, Fred. You're not going to break up his program, are you? I'll tell him a thing or two. No, I, I won't tax him mentally. I'll just tell him a thing. <laughs> That's all settled. It's all settled until Sunday. Now I'm going to put my venom on to perk, and I hope to have it ready by Sunday night at <laughs> 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. All right. Now, in a minute, we're going to hear of uh, Alan and Benny together. How did that happen? How did they get together? Well, they uh, it began to build, obviously, uh, with response going back uh, back and forth, and they, they went to the... Um, Pierre um, Hotel. Hotel. Benny was in New York for, was it a Bond tour? Yes. Some, some and, idea. And they needed a room big enough to hold all the people because it began to build week after week after week. So in a minute we'll hear about uh, when they got together and the culmination of it, which was interesting. It was billed as the, the uh, was it the fight of the century? Among many other Among many fights other fights of the, of the century, century <laughs> including yes. Ali and a bunch of other people, yeah.
All right, we'll be right back with uh, our guest, Robert Taylor, who's written a book on Fred Allen called His Life and Wit, and John and Larry Gassman of Spurdvac. We're talking about Fred Allen here this morning. If uh, you want to talk about Fred, I suggest you start calling right now while we have some open lines. In Los Angeles, 520-TALK. This is KBC Talk Radio, AM 790, and I'm Ray Brame. There were no happy birthdays for Proposition 103. I'm Ted Payne for Chuck Walsh. Your fellow commuters speak up on what's next for California insurance rates. That's Sunday morning on News Talk 5 to 8 on KABC. You know, with the holidays just around the corner, here's good news from the Hotel Del Coronado. During Thanksgiving week and a few days after, you can stay at the famous Dell for only $99 a night for the entire room, not for each person. They call it their Thanksgiving holiday special. And if you've traveled lately, you know how special $99 for a room a night really is. Now, the Hotel Del Coronado, located on 34 beautiful acres along the Pacific Ocean across San Diego, ranks among the finest resorts in the world. It's where they filmed Some Like It Hot, and it's been a favorite getaway for over a century. So, if it's time for your holiday getaway, give them a call and take advantage of the Dell's special low $99 per room Thanksgiving holiday special rate. You'll be pampered with their special brand of service, good food, and a charming atmosphere. Call their toll-free number, 800-522-1200, and reserve your Thanksgiving holiday dates at the delightful Dell, the Hotel Del Coronado. You tell them Ray Bream asks you to call the number, 800-522-1200. You're on the air. Is it true Furnishings 2000 selling all their furniture for 10 cents? Well, that's 10 cents on the dollar. That's oh. discounts of up to 90% on many items this Saturday, Sunday, and Monday at Furnishings 2000. Now, let's see. 90% divided by 10 carries don't, don't worry about that. These items are all clearly marked. You can buy fine home furnishings. Many items sold as low as 10 cents on the dollar at Furnishings 2000. And take immediate delivery. Take it home with you. You'll be ready for the holidays. Plus, on approved credit, no payments till March 1990. See store for details. Literally hundreds of items at cost or below. So shop early for best selection. Dealers are welcome. Hey, it's got to go. So hurry to Furnishings 2000. Discounts up to 90%. We've cleaned out our distribution center to make room for $25 million of beautiful new home furnishings. It's your chance to save an incredible amount on specially marked items through Monday only at Furnishings 2000. Shop in one of their 17 greater L.A. area locations, including Downey, Redondo Beach, Upland, Santa Ana, and Corona. I just love to give things away to my listeners. Now, the first thing I'm going to give you is my secret to a fantastic night's sleep. I got myself a brand new mattress. I can only tell you what a difference a new bed made in my life. No more backaches, no more tossing and turning, no more sleepless nights, scratch that, sleepless days. But why sit and sleep? Well, a lot of people sell mattresses. Sit and sleep has an incredible selection. In fact, they have 50,000 square feet of mattresses, day beds, sofa beds, and futons. And because sit and sleep buys in tremendous quantities, they can afford to beat anyone. Right now, you can march into, well, you can waltz in if you want to. You can just uh, walk into Sit and Sleep, mention my name, Ray Bream, and Sit and Sleep will give you a free bed frame or local delivery just for mentioning Ray Bream. Sit and Sleep carries all the major brand names and a great low price. Go see the people I trust. Sit and Sleep in Culver City on Overland between Venice and Washington. Sit and Sleep. That's where I got my bed. You should, too. Sit and Sleep. 
Hello there, I'm Michael Jackson. This Thanksgiving season, KABC Talk Radio and Lucky Stores invite you to help provide food for all to those in need. And who are the people who need our help? They're men, women, children, families, seniors, the working poor. We've seen them, even if you don't know them, and they all need our help. So please stop by any Lucky Store and look for the Food for All contribution cards at the check stand. Or you can send your donation to KABC Talk Radio Community Relations, Box 790, LA 90016. Immediately following the network news at 5 this morning, it's Chuck Walsh totally updating all the news. My guest is Robert Taylor. Robert Taylor has written a book called Fred Allen, His Life and Wit. John and Larry Gassman are with us, and uh, they supplied the Fred Allen show cuts here this morning. Uh, they run an organization called SpurdVac. Boy, that is a mouthful. But uh, we all know what it means together. Let's say it now. The Society. Come on, John and Larry. And encourage radio, radio drama, drama, variety, and comedy. Incorporated. Inc. Inc. Yeah, you forget about the ink. Ink, yes. Inc. There are ink spots there, too, speaking of music. All right, let's mind. play this uh, clip out of a... Show what what year was this when uh, Alan and Benny did it together? Uh, this is from March 14, 1937. Okay, let's take a listen to see what this sounded like. Here we go. Now, listen, Alan, what's the idea of breaking in here in the middle of my singing? Singing? Yes. Now, listen, Benny, I didn't mind it when you scraped that overnight bag two weeks ago <laughs> and called that playing the bees. Yeah. But when you stand here tonight and set that whooping cough to music <laughs> and call that singing, you're going too far. Oh, you didn't like it, huh? Like it? Why, you make Andy Devine sound like Lawrence Tibbet. <laughs> now, look here, Alan. I don't care what you say about my singing or my violin playing on your own program. But when you come up here, be careful. After all, I've got listeners. Keep your family out of it. <laughs> My family, my family likes my singing and my violin playing, too. Your violin playing. Yeah. You're using the verb loosely, Mr. Benson. <laughs> Why, if... If I... <laughs> Why, if I was a horse, if I was a pony, even, yeah. and found out, found out that my tail... <laughs> out that any part of my tail was being used in your violin bow, I'd hang my head in my oat bag from then on. Well, you listen to me, you Wednesday night hawk. Another crack like that and Town Hall will be looking for a new janitor. Why? Why, you fugitive from a Ripley cartoon? I ought to bend your nose around until if you want to smell anything, you'll have to curb it. <laughs> you lay a hand on me. Slip. You lay a hand on me. <laughs> anything we'll say accidentally will be better than the script. <laughs> Well, that's a funny uh, one. That's wonderful. Uh, did uh, Fred Allen write uh, most of his own material, or did he have a bunch of writers? Well, he did have writers, but uh, that was simply due to the uh, 
uh, problems, logistics of handling a, a radio show. He wrote most of his own stuff, and and what came out of it always had his imprint. On the Benny shows, of course, most of it, and vice versa, when, when Jack would do Fred's show and when Fred would do Jack's show, the, the local writers would usually write the routines, and Fred, when he was on Benny's show, would okay it and vice versa, because they had confidence in each other's writers. That's interesting. And most, a, lot of, a lot of what you just heard was ad lib, of course, with, with yeah. Benny falling all sure. over the floor. Sure. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, I want to talk with uh, a man who says he's uh, Fred Allen's godchild, uh, William Bill Diamond, that we'll do hmm. that here in just a second, so stay with us. This is KBC Talk Radio, AM 790, and I'm Ray Brain. If your interests are in communications or world information, Affordable Portables is your headquarters. From pocket-sized shortwave radios to multi-line telephones, Affordable Portables can put you in touch with today's world affairs. At Affordable Portables in Costa Mesa, Torrance, Westwood, and Sherman Oaks, you'll find Southern California's largest portable electronic selection at low prices. You'll meet knowledgeable people who can help you select the right portable equipment for your specific needs. CD players, hi-fi mini systems, Walkmen, phones, and answering machines are just a few of the product categories. This week, Affordable Portables has the buy of the year on a Panasonic phone answering machine. Tone Remote Control activates 12 different functions for only $59. Or pick up a Sony cordless phone with paging and one-touch dialing for only $98. Remember, Affordable Portables is keeping you in touch with tomorrow. Affordable Portables. Forget your problems. They'll go away. Forget your eyesight, and it'll go away. You can lose your eyesight if you ignore the warning signs. Visual impairment, discomfort, any change in your eyesight. Now, Dr. Kenneth Saul is a board-certified ophthalmologist experienced in all aspects of eye care. He believes you need the peace of mind that comes with knowing all of the facts about your condition and discussing the alternatives. Now, one of Dr. Saul's specialties is the treatment of itchy, burning, dry eyes. If eye drops haven't helped, Dr. Saul can provide permanent relief. If you're worried about your eyes for any reason, and you're tired of doctors who don't even listen to your concerns, let alone discuss them, call Dr. Saul. Dr. Saul's office centrally located to conveniently serve Los Angeles, Long Beach, and Orange County. There is never a cost to you personally for consultation. Call Dr. Kenneth Saul, 213-804-1974. That's 804-1974. What are blind people like? Well, I'm blind, and I think I'm pretty much like you. Sometimes those of us who are blind cry if we have a reason to, but not because of blindness. Blindness is simply part of us. And if there's something funny, we laugh. But, again, it has nothing to do with blindness. Some people think we have special talents or peculiar limitations. We don't. We don't hear better or have better musical ability than you. Neither are we especially cursed. We can get along and earn our own way, just like you. We need opportunity, not pity. Sure, we're blind, but we're changing what it means to be blind. Our problem isn't blindness, but what people think about blindness. For information, get in touch with your local chapter of the National Federation of the Blind, or contact me, Kenneth Jernigan, Executive Director, National Federation of the Blind, 1800 Johnson Street, Baltimore, Maryland, 21230. 
In Los Angeles, our phone number is 520-TALK, T-A-L-K. San Fernando Valley, 990. You know what? Santa Monica and the West Side, 301 and talk. Right now, let's go to San Bernardino and talk with William Bill Diamond. He says he's uh, Fred Allen's godchild. Mr. Diamond, good morning. Good morning. Tell us about how did you become Fred Allen's godchild? Well, I'm an honorary godchild, but uh, uh, my folks were in show business with uh, Fred and Porty for years, and uh, uh, well, through the years we were really together a lot. And uh, one thing I would like to say about the uh, early broadcasts that they did broadcast twice. Oh yes, we mm-hmm. we know that. In fact, uh, the next uh, segment coming up after after the news. Okay, I didn't know whether going, you had that or not. Oh yes, uh, we're we're going to uh, show the difference between the East Coast early feed okay, and the, the one for the West Coast. Because that 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 was something that uh, do you know I what, didn't think would be brought out. Do you know what time they did the West Coast feed? Well, they they did it later. I don't know. <laughs> Midnight. <laughs> oh, good night. Midnight was, in New York. I was pretty small then. <laughs> And, and how, uh, would you, how would you like to do a radio show at 12 midnight? I'd be right at home. Yes, you would, yeah. <laughs> and also on the, on the, uh, the uh, so-called feud, it, uh, of course, this was really a, uh, a promo, and uh, there really wasn't much of a feud because, you know, Porter used to go to uh, Tiffany's and pick out a very, you know, very nice uh, uh, present for uh, Mary when they would go to the coast. To, well, it was a fictitious feud. What's that? It was a fictitious feud for radio. Oh, yeah. And a gimmick feud. No, of course it wasn't real. But yeah. In fact, so, they were very good friends. Oh, yeah, they, they were were very good friends. But, uh, of course, Fred and Porty were very, they were very private people. They did not, uh, well, they didn't uh, circulate too, many, too much with uh, uh, show people. They no. were very private. Uh, Bill, uh, how close were you to uh, Fred Allen and uh, Portland Hoffa? Well, I was fairly young. I, I used to see him mm, quite often, but uh, mm. as I say, they were very private. So, uh, have you heard about the new book by uh, Robert Taylor? No, I haven't. I'm very interested in it. Yeah, it's published by Little Brown. It's a hardcover book called Fred Allen, His Life and Wit. Got it? Got it. Okay. Published by Little Brown. Good book. Outstanding book. If you have a chance to get it, then by all means do it. Why don't you say hello to Robert Taylor here, the author. Hello, Robert. Hello, Joe. Uh, uh, I understand that uh, you're an honorary godson. Yes. Uh, Fred had uh, at least uh, 12 godchildren that I know of, uh, including uh, one of James Mason's uh, children. Oh, yeah. They were were very good friends of uh, of the Masons. It's almost as if you could ride in and become Godchild of the Month. <laughs> well, I don't know. That was later. Yeah. Was, uh, I think that was part of the uh, the uh, insurance. That thing was after. And I, I think uh, probably one of the first, one of the other ones was uh, from. Uh, Didn't they name from, one of their children uh, Portland? Uh, the Masons. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They did. Oh, they they did after after Portland. Yes. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, James Mason. Well, very good, Bill. I appreciate uh, your uh, filling us in on Fred Allen. And uh, when you think of uh, those days, uh, how do you remember Fred Allen? 
as a very nice and a very private person. He was always polite. Uh, when we would go out, he would always go, well, we'd go out in the way places. And uh, he shunned publicity and uh, very private. Okay, well, thank you very much. Okay. Thanks for reminiscing. All right. Bye-bye. Uh, the, uh, the picture that he painted, is that, is that the picture that uh, you were able to find out, uh, Mr. Taylor? Oh, yes, that's undoubtedly true. Uh, he, um, he was a very devout uh, man, uh, religiously, and very private kind of person. That's difficult to do in show business. Yes, particularly since you are a performer and your uh, business is to present yourself uh, to a wide public. Uh, I don't think you could get away with that today, could you? I don't very know. Difficult. I mean, I really don't know how it would be today. I, I remember uh, that uh, <clears throat> a man named George Libby was telling me that uh, he used to walk with uh, his father and Fred to Mass every morning, and he used to pass this man who was very haughty, and, and uh, it gave them a glance of disdain every time they went by, and, and uh, George Libby said, well, who's that? And Fred said, he's the music critic for the Sears Roebuck catalog. <laughs> <laughs> See, he was just a naturally witty guy. He was. So, would he think these things up, uh, or would he just uh, struggle over a typewriter and uh, try and figure out something that was funny? Well, he struggled, but he also was able to, uh, he had the gift, and he was able to uh, uh, have a whirlwind wisecrack as fast as anybody in the business. And that's the way it should be, and it, you know, those one-liners are awfully hard to have, have a comeback like that. Too. But he did work over them, it, it did not come easily. Now, uh, when you uh, wrote the book, did you find out anything about uh, Fred Allen that you were surprised about? Uh, only uh, that uh, he was so universally admired, really. You mean in other countries as well? I don't know how, uh, how well known he was outside the United States, but... Uh, but in uh, this country? In this country. Mm -hmm. And his uh, ratings were always right there in the top? Until the end. Mm-hmm. Until Stop the Music stopped him. Yes, he was uh, on the cover of Time magazine in 1947 and 1948. He was 38th in the ratings. He went from uh, like a number three show to... He went from first to... First? First to 38. Wow. First to 38, and it was Stop the Music that... That did it. That did it. Wow. Not another uh, television show, because television was waiting in the wings in those days, but it was another radio show that That's did right. it. That's right. We'll be right back, right after the news. Robert Taylor and John and Larry Gassman have spurred back. This is KBC Talk Radio, AM 790, KBC Los Angeles, 1 o'clock. From ABC News, I'm Mary Margaret Myers. President Bush had words of cautious praise for the move toward democratic reform in the Soviet bloc. At a dinner for Governor Bill Clemens in Dallas, Texas, Mr. Bush said he's looking forward to his meetings next month with Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev. We plenty for us to talk about this year. Regional issues, some global ones, including the environment. And I'll also make it clear to him that we want to see his reforms succeed. We all have a stake in our kids and our grandchildren in seeing his reforms succeed. 
The most recent and most symbolic of the changes, of course, is the opening of the Berlin Wall. ABC's Peter Jennings was in Germany when the wall was under construction 28 years ago. In the morning, we'd go out and tour the frontier, along which during the night people had sometimes jumped from the buildings right adjacent to the frontier borderline. Sometimes they killed themselves in the process. Along the barbed wire, we'd find bits of their clothing left behind as they'd made that dash to freedom in the middle of the night. Now, people have been lighting candles along the wall, commemorating those who were killed trying to escape. I'll have more after this. It turned out how I thought it was going to be. Some days, I don't get anything to eat. I had a friend who died out here. I had to run away. We can't go home. Things were bad before, but this is worse. It's free. I never thought I'd end up like this. This was a public service message from the Advertising Council. If you need help, call the Nine Line. 1-800-999-9999. West German Chancellor Helmut Kohl says the spirit of freedom now reigns all over Europe, in Poland, Hungary, and now East Germany. Through a translator, he thanked other nations for their support, including the we U.S. We are grateful. That, uh, as we embark upon this path, our friends and partners throughout the world will help us, that they will support us, that they will stand in solidarity with us. We thank our American, British, and French friends for their support and solidarity. Workers on the East German side have been getting ready to punch a new hole in the barrier, and they expect a new crossing to be ready later today. Some Germans are not waiting for the official cruise. They're going at the Berlin Wall with picks and hammers. It's estimated more than 100,000 people have taken advantage of the new free travel policy to cross into West Berlin. Banks stayed open late, handing out $50 in West German marks as welcome presents to those from the East, whose currency can only be spent in their own country. Bars were offering the sightseers free drinks. President Bush says he wants to revive the American dream of having your own home. He's on a new three-year housing initiative that will help shelter the poor and homeless. But New York Democratic Congressman Charles Schumer says the $4 billion plan merely rearranges the deck chairs on the Titanic. Friday night, there was a dance held in Washington, D.C. called DMZ to Delta. Proceeds go to benefit the Vietnam Women's Memorial Project, which hopes to include a statue of a woman vet at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial in the Capitol. The dance featured an auction of Vietnam memorabilia, including some props from the television show's Tour of Duty and China Beach. Dana Delaney plays the Army nurse Murphy on China Beach, and she says it's time these women were recognized for their efforts. When you think about it, to have gone to Vietnam at the age of right out of nursing school, they knew nothing about what to expect there. They weren't trained for the the kind of wounds that they found there. Most of them were doing things that doctors did, you know, and then when they came home, afterwards they were relegated to emptying bedpans when they had actually done surgery. Delaney says doing the role has given her tremendous respect for the women who served in Vietnam. Today is Veterans Day. This is ABC News. This Veterans Day, it is tough to be a vet in Massachusetts. The state is facing a projected $730 million budget deficit. More than 650,000 military veterans live in Massachusetts, including 170,000 from Vietnam, 120,000 from the Korean War, over a quarter million from World War II, and 3,000 vets who served in World War I. Now, the state home for wartime veterans is being threatened with severe cutbacks in medical services and could be in danger of shutting down altogether. Similar budget cuts threaten the soldiers' home in Holyoke. For the ABC Information Network, I'm Mary Margaret Myers.
I'm Marilyn Quayle. I think most mothers feel the same way. When our children get sick, we wish we could do the suffering for them, but we can't. We can only give them lots of love and lots of care, and that includes making sure they take their prescription medicines properly. Improper use of medicine is a problem today for millions of children. They stop their medication too soon, skip doses, take it the wrong time, take too much or too little, or worse, they don't take it at all. These mistakes can be dangerous. That's why it's important to talk to your doctor, pharmacist, or nurse to know exactly how much medicine to give, when to give it, and for how long. Then talk to your children and all the people who take care of them. Every child from crib to college should be monitored in the use of medicines. It's up to us because when they're sick, we can't suffer for them. And when they're well, there's no greater joy. A message from the National Council on Patient Information and Education. KABC Talk Radio, AM 790. I'm Ray Brame, and in the studio, Robert Taylor and John and Larry Gassman of Spurdback. We're talking about Fred Allen this morning, his life and wit. That's the name of a new book by Robert Taylor. And uh, John, Larry, and uh, Robert, uh, tell us about the... Uh, the East Coast show and the West Coast shows. Now, in those days, uh, they wouldn't allow, we didn't have tape recording, of course, and even though they did have uh, acetate recording, these big 16-inch platters, they would uh, the, they were not uh, broadcastable. In other words, they didn't think the quality was nearly good enough to broadcast. So that meant you had to do the shows live, one for the West Coast, one for the East Coast. Tell us about that. The show... Uh frequently on the East Coast version, they would do something that they thought would work, and if it didn't work, then they would say, all right, let's see if we can change that and tweak it a little bit. Uh, but oftentimes the shows would come out differently, especially when you were working with Fred Allen, who loved to ad lib. And if they happened to go over for a nightcap somewhere along the line, the shows might turn out drastically different. Uh, as I hear it, uh, as it so happened out here, uh, as we reversed it, uh, the uh, the West Coast show was al- <laughs> always funnier. Was always funnier mm-hmm. and much because different. that was the late show. They sure. do the uh, the East Coast show three hours earlier. Right. So in between the two shows, they'd go to Nicodell's or something and they'd have a few libations. And mm-hmm. uh, the other show was very very loose. And on occasion, some of the actors would forget all about the second show. <laughs> that happened occasionally. Yes. You know, the one the actors said, uh, "Give me a wake up call for eleven o'clock," and the operator <laughs> thought he meant eleven a.m. So they forgot about the second show. All right, uh, you want to give us an example uh, of uh, what this is like, right? Right. This is a show with Jack Benny and Fred. No, excuse me. Let's see. Yeah, Jack Benny and Fred Allen. Now, earlier on, this is the Benny show, and Robert Ripley and Kate Smith had already guested, and it's near the tail end of the show, and Fred Allen has just come in. This is the East Coast version the of the show. East Coast version of the show. From right. March 27 of 38. Okay, let's listen. Come in. Well, look who's here. Come on in, Fred. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm certainly surprised to see so many of you in here. It's uh, not raining outside, is it? (laughs) No, it's not raining, Fred. These people are all here to see me. And you're not uh, giving away dishes or anything? (laughs) No, sir, it's just me. Now, look, Jack, you couldn't draw a crowd as big as this if you were a gutter on New Year's Eve. (laughs) 
couldn't, eh? Now, listen, Fred, you're here to work, so take off your coat and let's go. Now, wait a minute, Jack. Before we start this Punch and Benny show, there's something we've got to straighten out right now. What's that, Fred? I'm not going to open my mouth on this program, except to yawn, until you give me what you promised me. What I promised you? You know, don't play possum, Benny. Now, hand over that boy scout knife. Oh, yeah, I knew you'd remember that. All right, here it is. Wait till I take the chain off. I want the knife, chain, and everything that goes with it. Oh, I suppose you even want this elk's too. No, you uh, can put that back in your mouth. <laughs> well, here's the knife, Fred. Take it and consider our deal closed. Now, wait a minute. You're not rushing me into this. I want to see if it's in good condition first. Uh, there's the big blade. There's the corkscrew. Yeah. There's a fingernail file. There's the ping-pong paddle. There's the bottle opener. Hey, what's this thing here? That's a folding bed. Are you satisfied? <laughs> well, I guess it's all right. Say, Jack, have you, uh... My mood changes here. I see. <laughs> Jack, have you, uh... Have you... <laughs> I'm well, on the, the air the can go from now on, I see. <laughs> it's too late. It should have gone before. That's <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> Jack... Have you been having, have you been having a good time in New York? Have you seen any shows or anything? Yes, Fred, I saw the Ed Wynn show. That was swell. I saw George M. Cohn show. That was grand. And then I saw your picture. Well. Well, what about it? Nothing, Fred, but if you got paid for that picture, and I think you did, you should split 50-50 with Sandy Claus. Now, look, Jack, if you were referring to that screen triumph, Sally, Irene, and Alan. That picture... That picture... The studio forgot to put me in it. I just put yes, my... Yes, I know. That picture is funnier than Don Wilson thinks you are. Is that so? You ever hear yourself enjoy you? No, but I'm having my mirror wired for sound. I'll yes. get around to it. You're jealous. That's what's the matter with you. Jealous? Why, well, I made a picture last year called Artists and Models that was a sensation. I got 85 belly laughs. I'll say you did. You should have pulled in your stomach, too. It was terrible. <laughs> All right. Now, that was the East Coast show. That's right. That was the early show. Then, at 12 midnight New York time, they would do the West Coast show. Now, we'll hear the same thing all over again. Or are we going to hear the same thing? Oh, not quite. Not quite. All right, take a listen. Here we go. Come in. Well, look who's here. Come on in, Fred. Thank you. All I need. Uh, (laughs) Me and two ass friends? Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm certainly surprised to see so many of you in here tonight. It's uh, not raining outside, is it? No, it's not raining, Fred. These people are all here to see me. And uh, you're not giving away dishes or anything, Mr. Benny? No, sir, it's just me. Now, look, Jack, you couldn't draw a crowd as big as this if you were a gutter on New Year's Eve. (laughs) Oh, I couldn't, eh? With running water, I'll throw that in. (laughs) Now, listen, Fred... 
You're here to work, so take off your coat and let's go. Now, wait a minute, Jack. Before we start this Punch and Benny show, there's something we've got to straighten out right now. What's that, Fred? I'm not going to open my mouth on this program except to yawn until you give me what you promised me last week. What I promised you? You know. Now, don't play possum, Benny. <laughs> Hand over that Boy Scout knife. <laughs> Oh, yes. I knew you'd remember that. All right, here it is. Wait till I take the chain off. I want the knife, chain, and everything that goes with it. Oh, I suppose you even want this elk's too. No, you can put that back in your mouth. <laughs> well, here's the knife, Fred. Take it and consider our deal closed. Now, wait a minute. You're not rushing me into this thing. Let me see if this knife's in good condition. There's the big blade. Yeah. There's the corkscrew, the fingernail file. There's the ping-pong paddle. <laughs> Bottle open. Hey, what's this thing here? That's a folding bed. Are you satisfied? <laughs> well, I guess it's all right. But, well, Jack, my mood changes here. Yes, I know. <laughs> Coming in the mood now. Have you, uh, have you been having a good time in New York? Have you seen any of the shows or anything? Yes, Fred. I saw the Ed Wynn show. That was swell. I saw George M. Cohen show. That was grand. And then I saw your picture... My mood changes here. <laughs> well. Well, uh... <laughs> there wasn't an S on that well by any chance. <laughs> well, what about it? Nothing, Fred. Fred. Oh, wait. But if you got paid for that picture, and I think you did, you should split 50-50 with Santa Claus. First time I ever saw a radio comedian who was his own studio audience. <laughs> now, listen. Listen, Jack, if well, you're... <laughs> if you're a fine time I go on, the first show I didn't get on at all. Now, here's the second when I'm just creeping in at the finish. <laughs> listen, Jack, well, if you're referring to my that screen triumph, Sally, Irene, and Alan, yeah. that picture is funnier than Don Wilson thinks you are. Is that so? You're jealous, that's, that's all. Is so? Did you ever hear yourself enjoy you? Oh. Where? Jealous. Well, I made a picture last year called Artists and Models. It was a sensation. I got 85 belly laughs. I'll say you did. You should have pulled in your stomach, too. All right, that was uh, the uh, West Coast show, the second show. And you know, they were only about 11 seconds different in timing. Really? After all the different ad-libs. Yeah, you'd think it would have been more than that. Yes, indeed. Well, they were different. There's no doubt about that. And the West Coast show was a better show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll uh, take a quick break here and come back and start taking phone calls. Now, if you want to talk about Fred Allen, if you enjoyed uh, Allen's Alley and what characters on Allen's Alley, Senator Claghorn, Mrs. Newsbomb, Titus Moot, Howdy Bub, any of those things, give us a call because we have Fred Allen's Life and Wit uh, chronicled by Robert Taylor. Robert Taylor is in the studio. And we have, of course... Uh, John and Larry Gassman of Spiridvac, who supplied all of these uh, great cuts from the uh, Fred Allen radio show. And we'll uh, be back and start taking your calls in Los Angeles, 520-TALK, T-A-L-K. In the San Fernando Valley, it's 990, you know what. Santa Monica in the west side, 301. Orange County, Riverside, 750. Pasadena, Glendale, Burbank, 244. San Gabriel Valley, 448. South Bay, 679. Long Beach, Downey, Lakewood, Linwood, Paramount, San Pedro, and Compton area. That number is 639 and talk, T-A-L-K. This is KBC Talk Radio AM 790, and I'm Ray Bream. There's more than sunshine to life in L.A. 
Oh, is there? The traffic mess. Does it have to be a part of L.A.'s good life? Join Tom Hall Sunday night at midnight. It can be solved with innovation and alternatives. Oh, uh, you're on the air. Is it true? Furnishings 2000 selling all their furniture for 10 cents? Well, that's 10 cents on the dollar. That's oh. discounts of up to 90% on many items this Saturday, Sunday, and Monday at Furnishings 2000. Now, let's see. 90% divided by 10 carries. Uh, don't don't worry about that. These items are all clearly marked. You can buy fine home furnishings. Many items sold as low as 10 cents on the dollar at Furnishings 2000. And take immediate delivery. Take it home with you. You'll be ready for the holidays. Plus, on approved credit, no payments till March 1990. See store for details. Literally hundreds of items at cost or below. So shop early for best selection. Dealers are welcome. Hey, it's got to go. So hurry to Furnishings 2000. Discounts up to 90%. We've cleaned out our distribution center to make room for $25 million of beautiful new home furnishings. It's your chance to save an incredible amount on specially marked items through Monday only at Furnishings 2000. Shop in one of their 17 greater L.A. area locations including Anaheim, Redondo Beach, Downey, Orange, and Van Nuys. I just love to give things away to my listeners. Now the first thing I'm going to give you is my secret to a fantastic night's sleep. I got myself a brand new mattress. I can only tell you what a difference a new bed made in my life. No more backaches, no more tossing and turning, no more sleepless nights, scratch that, sleepless days. But why sit and sleep? Well, a lot of people sell mattresses. Sit and sleep has an incredible selection. In fact, they have 50,000 square feet of mattresses, day beds, sofa beds, and futons. And because sit and sleep buys in tremendous quantities, they can afford to beat anyone. Right now, you can march into, well, you can waltz in if you want to. You can just uh, walk into Sit and Sleep, mention my name, Ray Bream, and Sit and Sleep will give you a free bed frame or local delivery just for mentioning Ray Bream. Sit and Sleep carries all the major brand names and a great low price. Go see the people I trust. Sit and Sleep in Culver City on Overland between Venice and Washington. Sit and Sleep. That's where I got my bed. You should, too. Sit and Sleep. Radio, radio. I never heard of a car radio breaking down. Fan belts breaking, sure. But a car radio? Come on. But mine did. All of a sudden, boom, it was gone. This wouldn't have been such a big deal, except it was rush hour. I'm sitting there, 45 minutes of traffic. I got no music, no talk, nothing. It's painful. I'd rather spend the weekend with my mother-in-law <laughs> at her place. <laughs> Man, I never appreciated radio like I did when it wasn't there. The radio, it's the soundtrack of our days and our nights. It touches all our lives. Life wouldn't be the same without it. Radio, radio, what would life be? What would life be without it? Your radio station, KABC, Talk Radio, AM 790. In Los Angeles, the number is 520-TALK. We're talking about the late Fred Allen, his life and wit. That's the name of a new book by Robert Taylor. He's in the studio along with John and Larry Gassman of Spiritvac. Let's go to the phones, and we have uh, on the line... Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, on the phone, we have none other than Vanessa. Uh, 
there are the French horns. Vanessa, good morning. Hi, Ray. How are you? Gee, thanks for playing that. <laughs> well, it was written for you, so that's yeah. the least I can do, right? Listen, you know, I used to hear him. I came to America in 1938, and I guess I learned English on Fred Allen and, and Jack Benny and Charlie McCarthy. But I met him when I was about 14 through the Quiz Kids. Right, you were on the show with him. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, Mr. Taylor, uh, he was a guest several times on Quiz Kids, and he loved the kids. And he used to entertain us, you know, backstage with his stories before, and then he went on the show, and, and he was a judge. But uh, uh, he, he, I remember one time he hated the network censor, and he'd be furious. Oh, yes, we have some stories to tell about that. <laughs> oh, just, uh, he'd be furious that some unseen ad man would, at the last minute, blue pencil a very carefully honed script. And even though, as you indicated, he and his cast could ad-lib brilliantly, the jokes that uh, that are that are strong have to be structured, you know, ma like mathematically structured. Yes. So anyway, Fred Allen's response—he got so mad one day to a last-minute cut that he was to go on the air, and so he ad-libbed the following sentence: "Portland," he said, uh, "this is on air live. If I were to put all the network censors' cuts end to end, I could take a two-week vacation." <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. I mean, he made that up. That's well, clever. Well, I mean, in, in his book, Robert Taylor talks about uh, Fred Allen talking about the fact that if they took all the snippets of, of the ends of shows and put them together with the time that they had saved, uh, one of the censors could take a uh, two-week vacation. Maybe so. that's a version. It's another version right. of it. Yeah. Sure. You know, people tell remember, about, yeah, remember excuse things me. Excuse me, Vanessa. Tell us about that, Bob. Well, <clears throat> he said this, and of course... Uh, he was. Not, it, it became eventually a First Amendment issue, and uh, uh, Red Skelton and, and uh, Bob Hope got in on this about uh, Fred being cut off the air on this, and uh, eventually the network uh, gave way. And Jack Benny got into it too mm -hmm. a little bit. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, he did. Uh, he poked fun at uh, BBD and O too, didn't he? Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't yeah. like that. Yeah, said it sounded like a trunk falling downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> that was, of course, Batten, Barton, Durston, and Osborne, one of the uh, greatest of the uh, advertising agencies. agencies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, he called it uh, Button, Burton, Bitten, and Moochinfoss. Or Moochinfoss. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and they didn't like that. But uh, what was it that... Uh, oh, I know. You, you say it here in the book. Just as the show was about to begin, Alan was instructed by censors to delete all comments concerning NBC's bureaucracy. What did he say about the bureaucracy? Well, he didn't. Uh, he he did a parody, in which he treated them rather roughly. So mm -hmm. they didn't like this. This was a uh, um, a no-no. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, he he was uh, cut off the air uh, yeah. more than once. So he refused to delete the comments about NBC's bureaucracy. And on the orders of Clarence L. Menser, mm -hmm. right. the network's vice president in charge of programming, Allen was cut off the air for 35 seconds. Right. The most expensive 35 seconds in the program's history. Why? Well, uh, because it was just dead air. You know, they had paid for but it. But you said that J. Walter Thompson sent them a bill, too, and a substantial yeah. one at that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he used to call the uh, vice pre president who did that Mr. Ulcers with suspenders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead, Vanessa. No, the, you see, the ad agency represented the worst and sometimes the best because, I mean, uh, I think Footcone and Belding did a wonderful job out here with Frigidaire later. 
but the ad agency was the enemy. As far as Fred was concerned, that was true. Well, you know, uh, I think he was very courageous, and I think Groucho Marx then followed in his uh, in the footsteps, mm -hmm. and Ace then when he wrote for, for uh, Perry Como and Tallulah. Uh, and there's always been the friction between the free speech uh, of an artist as opposed to the business people and the accountants and the bookkeepers and the people behind the scenes who really own the means of communication. Yes, it's not unusual for a performer today to kid the product or, or to poke fun at some of the institutions involved, uh, and, but in Fred's time it was uh, unheard of. Well, you know, later when uh, Eisenhower ran for president, the big problem was that the ad agency took over the campaign and they sold the president like soap. And yes. from then on in, we, we had to combat uh, the fact that the people did not have free access to a candidate anymore. Vanessa, your dog is ad-libbing. I think that's Lassie. My, my dog is outside the barking at the Iranians. <laughs> <laughs> is that a plant? What? Is that a plant? What does that mean? An Uranian? Those are plants. No, no, no. It's not a plant. I it's, see. They're neighbors, unfortunately. Oh, I, They've come in with a lot of money and are trying to buy out the street, and we're the lone holdout on this part of the street. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Vanessa. Bye-bye. <laughs> Take care. Hey, listen, tell John that I can't make the dinner tomorrow night. Oh, okay. Sorry I'm to hear sorry. that. Everybody will know. I got to go to Bill Moran's show. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, t tell us about uh, what she's talking about. Okay, we uh, at Spurdback, it's our 15th anniversary, 15th anniversary. And uh, so we've been having a convention all week. We started today, and it'll continue on through tomorrow, including, by the way, Ray Bream and Lena Ramai and Frank Duvall with the panel saluting the big bands. Ray tomorrow is today, Larry. Sorry. You didn't, That's you right. Is, is it is that later, later today. Later it's now yes. Saturday. Mm -hmm. To quote our Jobler, it's later than I think. Yes. Uh, so later today, yeah, Saturday. Later today at 4 o'clock, you will be saluting the big bands. Uh, you, of course, in your former life being a... <laughs> big band, a big band announcer, remote, remote announcer. announcer. Yeah, not a remote announcer, but a big band remote announcer. He was a friendly guy. Yeah, okay. those days. All right. uh, and Frank Duvall, fine, fine musical arranger and director. He'll be there. And Lena Ramai, whom you've had on the show many times, who of course worked for many people, Xavier Cugat and Bing Crosby, among others. And that's at four today. That's one of many, many. And panels. it's going to be where? At the Viscount Hotel. In Los Angeles at 9750 Airport Boulevard. Now is the general public invited? Everyone's oh, yeah. invited, including a Lux Radio Theater recreation tomorrow night of Arsenic and Olace. So going to do a Lux Radio Theater mm -hmm. recreation? Right. Recreation. Right. You're going to have Nolan. John Milton Kennedy there? Yes. yes. He'll be there. And lots, Lux lots of Lux presents folks. Hollywood. Mm. That's right. Jeanette Nolan, Pat Buttram will be there. Really? Peggy Weber, a lot of fine, fine radio people. Yeah, so it'll be happening all day Things long. are going to be happening all day long, yeah. and you're all welcome to come, show up, and have a good time. Well, uh, that ha when do you open the doors? Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. and it Nine goes right on through until when? Till well, five with the workshops and then the the dinner and the recreation. Oh. Uh, Hopefully, we're going to get out of there by ten thirty. Yeah. Very. You're going to have a full day. It'll be a full oh, day. Oh yeah. yeah. I'll show up around uh, three thirty. Okay. I'll stay for din din, then I I'm going to leave. Are you? You don't have to work. <laughs> <laughs> don't have to work. I have to do a lot of other things. Okay. However. Sure. Uh, well, what's on the uh, the docket for later in the the evening, the, the the Lux Radio Theater recreation, I guess, huh? Uh-huh. Arsenic and Old Lace. Should wow. be a lot of fun. Well, those were uh, great, great shows. There was nothing quite like the Lux Radio Theater. No, mm, no. Nothing. It was a stalwart of uh, network radio, especially here in Los Angeles. I, 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 nothing against uh, 
John Milton Kennedy, but I loved when Cecil B. DeMille would say, uh, Good night from Hollywood. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, he was known for that. That was his own little catchphrase. That's right. People tried to imitate him, but it never quite worked out. Yeah, that's true. All right, we'll be right back with uh, Robert Taylor, John and Larry Gassman of uh, Spurred Vac, and, of course, in the studio, uh, Robert Taylor with his book, uh, Fred Allen, His Life and Wit. This is KBC Talk Radio, AM 790, and I'm Ray Brain. The name Cerritos VIP Lincoln means exceptional VIP treatment every minute of every day. As a luxury Lincoln buyer, you will deal directly, one-on-one, with Cerritos Lincoln Management. You will be afforded all the time and space necessary in a relaxed atmosphere to make an accurate, intelligent decision. It's a new high standard. Customer care is impeccable. Pressure is forbidden. Top drawer VIP treatment does not mean higher prices, and here's proof. 788-8381 is a luxury-loaded new 89 Continental. Window, almost $30,000. Your net price after a massive discount and a large $1,000 factory cash rebate, just $24,999 for this new 89 Continental. So, if you want Lincoln Luxury at a very low price and the executive treatment such a purchase deserves, you'll find them both at the all-new Cerritos VIP Lincoln right off the 605 freeway at South Street in famous Cerritos Auto Square. Cerritos VIP Lincoln, where VIP treatment is first and foremost their number one priority. Do you qualify for Medicare? Maybe a loved one or someone you know qualifies for Medicare. If so, then you're probably aware that Medicare, in many cases, won't cover all your medical costs. That's why you should call and inquire about United Health Plan's Golden Age. Under contract with the federal government, United Health Plan's Golden Age is a special plan for Medicare beneficiaries. United Health Plan's Golden Age provides quality health care services beyond what Medicare covers at no additional cost. Now, your golden years should be the richest and happiest time of your life without worries over costly medical bills. United Health Plan's Golden Age is designed by people who care about your good health and your peace of mind. Make the call today. Call United Health Plan's Golden Age toll free 1 800 321 7600. That's 1 800 321 7600. The call is free. Why not call now? 1 800 321 7600. You're interested in information. That's why you're listening to the radio right now. Well, now you can tune in to talk radio all over the world with a shortwave radio from Affordable Portables. A complete selection of shortwaves from pocket size to tabletop professional models are always in stock. Now, that's not all you'll find either. At any convenient Affordable Portables location in Westwood, Sherman Oaks, Torrance, or Costa Mesa, you'll find the largest selection of portable electronics in Southern California. Brand names like Sony, Panasonic, Nakamichi, Proton, Iowa, and more. They're all in stock at low prices. And this week, you can pick up a Sony 15-band shortwave radio for only $179 or a Grundig 10-band for only $88. And don't miss the buy of the year in a Panasonic phone answering machine. Activate 12 different functions from a touch-tone phone anywhere in the world for only $59. Remember, Affordable Portables is keeping you in touch with tomorrow. In Los Angeles, our number is 520-TALK. If you remember Fred Allen and Allen's Alley and all those characters, Senator Clyghorn, 
Tynus Moody and Mrs. Newsbaum, I suggest you call right now and we'll talk about the great Fred Allen show and Fred Allen himself. Uh, in Long Beach at 639 and talk T-A-L-K, South Bay 679, San Gabriel Valley 448, Pasadena, Glendale, Burbank 244, Orange County, Riverside 750, Santa Monica on the west side 301 and talk T-A-L-K. Uh, I know this is uh, not regarding uh, Fred Allen, but we were talking about Lux Radio Theater and I mentioned Cecil B. DeMille and his uh, goodbye from Hollywood. Listen to this. This is Cecil B. DeMille saying good night to you from Hollywood. <laughs> oh, that's my uh, favorite. I'll request radio. You say it, we'll play it. That's right. You gotta... <laughs> Dig that out of the vinyl vault yeah, somewhere. Yeah, right. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say hello to Marvin of the movies. <laughs> good morning, Ray. How are hello, you? Hello, Marvin. And good morning, Robert, John, and Larry. Hello there, Marvin. Boy, I'm so happy that you're talking about John F. Sullivan t- this morning. <laughs> well, John Florence. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, I remember as a very young, young boy, I used to listen to that program all the time. And uh, just let me dry, uh, go on to one thing for a moment, talking about Cecil V. DeMille. Ray, do you know that when he was replaced by William Keeley, Mm-hmm. Because he refused to pay that. What was it? A dollar? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. a dollar to after. Oh, mm-hmm. That's really something else. Yeah. Uh, Robert, can you tell me? I can't remember exactly what Fred Allen said. Um, I don't know if it was either the, uh, the critic's heart or the critic's brains. You could take all the critic's hearts, put it in the, the eye sincere- of a flea, all and the still have a lot of room left over. Yeah, you that's take a, all the sincerity. Yeah. Sincerity. Okay. Yes. Okay. So it was on the same line. Uh, I can remember. Uh, Minerva Pius and, and Kenny Delmar and Titus Moody, who became the Pepperidge Farm. Uh, yeah, right. Parker Friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, j- just, just great. Now, I probably have, uh, I would guess, almost every film he ever made. It was very funny in Thanks a Million. Uh, I'm glad that you brought up the point that, you know, it was not a real feud that uh, Jack Benny and, and Fred Allen had. Many people believe it was real, just like they thought that. Uh, that Walter Winchell and Ben Burney's feud was real. Uh, that was just good publicity and kept these shows going on and on and on. Uh, he also made It's in the Bag, uh, We're Not Married, and Oh Henry's Full House. What about the uh, Henry Morgan feud? Uh, Who no. do you have that with? Uh, wait, Henry Morgan, uh, the, the comedian? Yes. Uh, he had a feud going with somebody, and I've forgotten who it was. Uh, I don't remember who it was, but it didn't go on that long because... By that time, I think the feud, uh, the feuds were all played out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you know, another one that was going for a while was, uh, oh, Jim Jordan, uh, Pepper McGee, and uh, Hal Perry, the Great Gildersleeve. Well, know? yeah, I didn't, know, I didn't know they had a feud. Not, not a real feud. In, in the films, in the films. Oh, in the films, know. maybe a little bit, right. but it not, was not, basically not all that much. But they, they played real. They well would snipe at each other. other. Yeah, but nothing really that would resemble a feud. Uh, mm-hmm. No, but I, I think of, of all the feuds that were going. Uh, uh, Fred and Jack really milked it to an extreme. Mm-hmm. They kept that doggone thing going and going and going. Uh, they, and matter of fact, uh, they played so well off of each other. As as you mentioned, uh, the scripts uh, could be thrown out, and they could have probably uh, gone on for hours. What was your favorite Alan Zolley character? Uh, I liked uh, Kenny Delmar, Senator Klanghart. Uh, he he was funny. Uh, uh, the first time I heard them, I was probably uh, four years old, and uh, I, 
those those programs that they had, all of them that they had, uh, Fred Allen uh, and Jack Benny were probably two of the funniest. But you had uh, Charlie McCarthy, Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy. Uh, that's another famous feud, by the way. W.C. Fields and, and Charlie, Charlie McCarthy. McCarthy. Right. Really? Oh, yeah, boy. Some of the things that were said by W.C. Fields about uh, Charlie <laughs> McCarthy uh, would, would get beat down real quick if I were to mention them on the show. Well, Marvin, uh, thanks for checking in. Uh, we're going to play Senator Claghorn from Alan Zolly here in a minute, okay? Good. It'll be for you. Talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, we'll be right back. My guest is Robert Taylor, who has written the book Fred Allen, His Life and Wit. In the studio, John and Larry Gassman of Spurdvac, the Society to Preserve and Encourage Radio Drama, Variety, and Comedy. I've got it memorized. That's now. right. Yes. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is KBC Talk Radio AM 790, and I'm Ray Brame. This last week gave us new food for thought. Is communism crumbling? What's really happening? Join Dennis Prager Saturday evening at 9, Sunday at 8 for a reasoned second view. Friends, I'd like to take a moment to talk to you about two very special people, Drs. Michael and Sally Rabkin. They're cataract and lens implant surgical specialists right here in Southern California. Now, you've probably heard about these wonderful eye surgeons at Rabkin Eye Institute, about the high priority they give to providing quality eye care. Now, you've heard about the success they've achieved in giving the gift of clear vision to thousands of Southern Californians. At the Rabkin Eye Institute, You'll receive personalized care in a warm and friendly environment. Call for a free cataract screening. For any eye problem, blurred vision, cataracts, or glaucoma, I highly recommend you call the Rabkin Eye Institute today at 1-800-824-6121. 1-800-824-6121. For locations in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, and serving the high desert in Victorville, the number is 1-800-824-6121. The Rabkin Eye Institute. Are you retired, but still feel you have plenty of good working years ahead of you? How would you like to work your own hours and make as much, if not more, than your old full-time career? As a sales counselor at Rose Hills Memorial Park, you not only have high income potential, but you'll also receive great incentive bonuses, such as all-expense-paid trips to Hawaii and Las Vegas, evenings out to the Hollywood Bowl and Phantom of the Opera. In addition... There's valuable prize giveaways like car phones, stereos, and camcorders. Best of all, generous cash bonuses. All this working on your own time with the potential of making upwards of thirty dollars to $50,000 a year and more. Rose Hills also offers full medical insurance, life insurance, and retirement plans. So be part of a caring family as a Rose Hills sales counselor. Call and set up an interview, area code 213-692-1212, extension 320. Area code 213-692-1212, extension 320. This morning we're talking about uh, the great wit and uh, humor and life of Fred Allen. With us is Mr. Robert Taylor. Robert Taylor is uh, with the Boston Globe. He's an art critic and a senior book critic there. And uh, who's who's going to review your book there uh, at the Boston Globe or anybody? Or are they going to just forget about they it? They have already forgotten. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> too bad. Um, the uh, reviews on your book, what, what are they saying about it? 
Yeah, well, they've been good for the most part, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, are they saying, who remembers Fred Allen? Uh, yes, yeah, some of them do. I uh, I think there are a lot of people who remember Fred Allen. I think so. I'd like to see them uh, call here this morning. If you remember Fred Allen, uh, I hope that you'll call in Los Angeles, 520-TALK, T-A-L-K, uh, Long Beach, 639, South Bay is 679, San Gabriel Valley, 448, Pasadena, Glendale, Burbank, 244, Orange County, Riverside, 750, Santa Monica on the west side, 301, and talk T-A-L-K. Now, Marvin of the Movies uh, talked about his favorite Allen's Alley uh, personality, Senator Claghorn. Now, he was uh, Kenny Delamar, right? Yes. All right. That's a joke, son. That is. All right, let's take a joke, that is, was the way he used it. All right, here is a skit uh, featuring Senator Claghorn in Allen's Alley. Good to be back in Allen's Alley, Kenny. I guess Senator Claghorn isn't taking any chances these nights. He's had a neon keyhole put in the front door. Well, I hope the Senator's in. Somebody, I say somebody put the digit to my door. Oh, it's you, nature boy. <laughs> well, let's go, son. As the two men said when they was inventing the pencil, let's get to the point. But uh, I'm busier than a bumblebee at a nudist camp. Now... Yeah, I just got back, you know, from the Kentucky Derby, son. Yeah. My damper's down, my tail is dragging. You, uh, you wagered on citation? I got touted off citation. I bet on a horse called Louder, please. Louder, please? As they was going to the post, I seen my horse was wearing a hearing device. <laughs> a horse with a hearing device? Yeah, the race started. The battery in my horse's hearing device went dead. Yes? The jockey's yelling, Giddy up, giddy up! The horse can't hear nothing. Ah, the jockey keeps yelling. The horse is turning around, squinting, trying to read the jockey's lips. <laughs> and the horse's eyes is bad. It can't see nothing. Oh, God. Finally, the jockey gets down off the horse and starts running ahead with a little hay, hoping the horse will get the idea. How did the race finish, Senator? Well, the jockey came in ninth. Louder, please, finish tenth. Oh, that's too bad. Well, I blew my poke, son. Yeah. Confound that Kentucky Derby. I lost everything. It was embarrassing. Embarrassing? There I was in that Confederate territory standing in my Union suit. <laughs> too bad, Senator, but our question tonight concerns National Music Week. Yeah, I know. All the Republican candidates is picking their campaign song. Oh, each candidate has a different campaign song? Every one. Uh, tell me, what is General Eisenhower's song? Maybe. <laughs> General MacArthur? Show me the way to go home. Stassen? I'm sitting on top of the world. Mr. Dewey? I got a feeling I'm falling. Taft? I'm nobody's sweetheart now. And Wallace? All alone. Does the, does the president have a theme song? No, son, he ain't observing the week until election time. And when election day rolls around? Harry's gonna face the music. So long, son. Oh. So long, Harry. Senator Claghorn. May 2nd of 48, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
of all the uh, the characters, uh, that, that's got to be one of the uh, the great ones. Uh, of course, everyone had their favorites. Yes, and you'll notice that Fred is always the straight man. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's always saying Roll yes, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, or repeating whatever the last mm-hmm. word was. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you were researching this book, uh, were you able to uh, talk with uh, uh, any of the, the people that are still alive that worked on the show? Well, I wish I'd begun the book ten years ago, but that's always the case. Yeah. Uh, the uh, I was able to talk to uh, Portland and to Herman Wook and Arnold Auerbach and Al Hirschfeld, many people who knew Fred, mm-hmm. friends of his. All right. Uh, what what about uh, these these radio shows? Are they getting harder and harder to find? I know Spurred Back, you have them, but I mean, they're not they're not that easy to find anymore, are they? No. Uh, but just just as soon as you say that, then someone will come up and say, <laughs> uh, "By the way, I happen to have," and so that does happen from time to time. Every once in a while, we'll find a, a Fred Allen show, but they're they're difficult to find. Is there any one Fred Allen show that is a collector's uh, you know most wanted? Most wanted? Uh, I don't think so anymore because so many people trade them around and make mm-hmm. copies. So mm-hmm. uh, I think maybe the early stuff would be more valuable in that mm-hmm. the chances are pretty good that, that uh, if anybody has it, uh, Boston University would have it, and they aren't mm-hmm. allowing them out. All right, let's say hello to Al. Al, you're on with Robert Taylor, John and Larry Gassman of Spurdvac. Go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Uh, Good morning. And, and, Ray, it's just delightful to hear about Fred Allen because he's touched my life in a few ways. My name is Al Bernie, and I was a mimic when I was a kid. About 16, I was on the show with him where we did the rebroadcast to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. You did it at midnight, huh? Yes. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he, was, he was a very gracious man and very very clever. For example, being a youngster, he uh, asked me for my script in between shows. We had an hour or so, you know. Uh, we took a, a, a break, and uh, he wanted to make sure that the, the script, my script didn't get lost. And he graciously said, of course, we don't really need this because we could just add libid, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was typical of this very nice man. Uh, Ray, my parents were in Vaudeville, and they knew Fred, so I told him about that on the show. And he said, and here you are still helping me out, because I told him my father helped him out in some way in Vaudeville, you know? Al, did you do the impersonation of Fred Allen on the Great Radio Comedian's uh, yes, television show? Yes, I did. I, I thought, thought so. so. I, because yes, when I heard a... you do it just now, I thought, that's got to be the same mm-hmm. voice. Right. Uh, he had uh, people from Al... We had... Uh, people from Allen's Alley, right. and so therefore uh, they had uh, they had other uh, film on Jack Benny and Charlie McCarthy and Fibber McGee, but with Allen, they asked me to come in and work with Allen's Alley people, right. and that was a thrill. With Kenny Del Mar and Minerva Pius. Yes, and, and Peter, Peter Donald, Donald right. right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, you know, that was just so, so great uh, for, for my, uh, uh, it was just fantastic, because they responded beautifully to me, and we worked well, and I, I knew him well enough to, uh, you know, just speak conversationally as Fred Allen, you know, and and uh, just, I'll give you one example of a great line of his, typical of his, he said, well, sir, they laughed when I put iodine on my pay envelope, they didn't know I had a cut in my salary. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, all I had to do, if I wanted to make jokes, you know, I've been a comedian all my life, and sometimes I would just have to think 
like Fred Allen, and a, and a witty thing would come out. He has, you know, there are certain things about comedians you can do that. You can do a, a Don Rickles thing, you know, just by thinking them, you know. And Fred Allen was very strong in my mind, a very delightful man. Wonderful. Okay, Al, thanks for checking in. My pleasure. All right. Oh, well, listen, yes. incidentally, uh, uh, I'm going to be on divorce court Tuesday, so I just want to put that in because uh, I, I work with another great comedian of today, Shecky Green, uh -huh. and uh, we're on that together in kind of a, an unusual divorce court Very Tuesday. Good. All right, Al, thank you. Right, bye. Bye-bye. Uh, one of the things that I didn't know was that Fred Allen was very big on Broadway. Yes, he had been, uh, <clears throat> uh, during the 20s, he was uh, in most of the uh, many big uh, Broadway reviews and musical shows. Uh, the best ones with a little show and uh, 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 Three's a Crowd, which came at the end of the decade. But he had been for five or six years. And he wrote some of the material. Uh, a good deal of it, yeah. yeah he was a yeah. play doctor, among mm -hmm. other things. Mm-hmm. So uh, he went from the stage, from Broadway, to radio. But it was radio that really uh, made Fred Allen, right? Well, he thought of himself as a performer, as an actor, and uh, never would have gone into radio if it hadn't been for the Depression. At one time, he was a juggler. Yes, he was billed as the world's worst juggler. <laughs> <laughs> never juggled on the radio that we know of. No, no. <laughs> Uh, we'll be right back. My guest, Robert Taylor, John and Larry Gassman of Spiritvac. We're talking about Fred Allen, his life and wit. This is KBC Talk Radio, AM 790, and I'm Ray Breen. Did you hear that? Huh? Go see what it is. Okay, okay. Thought you guys were camping by the lake. We were, but, uh... Seems like the old pup tent and the sleeping bags have lost their appeal. Do you have any extra room in your new camper? Sure, come on in. Our new Jayco folding camping trailer sleeps six and has lots of storage space for all your stuff. It even has a kitchen, complete with an indoor-outdoor stove. So where did you get this, Jayco? The L.A. RV show at Dodger Stadium. Hmm, I wonder if they'll let me trade in the old tent for a new RV. Find your freedom at the 37th Annual L.A. RV Show, Dodger Stadium, November 3rd through 12th, 10 to 6 daily. See everything from truck campers to motorhomes at the nation's largest RV exhibit. And enter to win a Jayco folding camping trailer. Must be 21 or older. No purchase necessary. Entry forms available at the gate. Drawing November 12th, 3 p.m. Discount tickets available at Alpha Beta, Craig and Auto Works, Camping World, RV dealerships, and local newspapers. Hello, I'm Steve Allen, and I'm concerned about the future of our nation and of the world. We've all heard the statistics regarding declining achievement and the widespread erosion of academic standards. Many Americans simply don't know how to think. As we enter the 21st century, we continue to rely on the superstition, prejudice, and misinformation of the past, rather than encouraging the respect for reason, evidence, and clarity of thought that's imperative to our future. Many people don't know where to begin to fight the increasingly pervasive ignorance in a world that holds more potential than we've ever known. I hope you'll join me, Steve Allen, and the thousands of others who understand the importance of critical thinking to the betterment of humanity. Because if we don't work together now to solve the problems of the future, we may not have a future to work toward. For more information, write to Free Inquiry, Post Office Box 5, Buffalo, New York, 14215. 
Attention homeowners, it's Home Improvement Month at Bradcliffe Coating. Now, if your home needs painting, grab a pencil because this is an offer you should look into. Bradcliffe Coating Company, a state licensed contractor, will sandblast, patch, and repair and texture coat your home, saving you hundreds of dollars during their fall special. Beautify your home during the month of November at 50% off Bradcliffe's regular price. Strengthen and protect your investment with CoverShield's patented coating. It comes in 36 designer colors. Now, why repaint every three to five years? The CoverShield coating is applied many times thicker than ordinary paint and comes with a 15-year factory warranty against flaking or peeling. Act now and save hundreds of dollars during Home Improvement Month at Bradcliffe Coating. Financing is available with no money down on your approved credit. Call Bradcliffe Coating toll-free, 1-800-222-1601 for your free estimate. That's 1-800-222-1601. Once again, 1-800-222-1601. Our phone number in Los Angeles, 520-TALK. All of our numbers end in talk. San Fernando Valley, 990 Santa Monica, the West Side, 301, South Bay, 679, San Gabriel Valley, 448. My guest, Robert Taylor, who has written a book called Fred Allen, His Life and Wit. John and Larry Gassman are here with uh, all those great cuts from the Fred Allen Show, and thanks for uh, dubbing those off. Not at all. Uh, they are the driving force of Spiridvac, the Society to Preserve and Encourage Radio, Drama, Variety, and uh, Comedy. Inc. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Alan's Alley and the cast of characters, always loved them. Uh, I loved Titus Moody. Who was Titus Moody? Titus Moody was Parker Fenley, who was a character actor who had been in early radio with uh, another actor called Arthur, uh, Arthur Allen that had done Snow Village sketches, some uh, up-country kinds of uh, New England uh, things. And he went on the show. He was a playwright as well and uh, had worked with George M. Cohen on Broadway. Really? Yeah, and uh, they had uh, collaborated on a show called Fulton of uh, Oak Falls. And uh, <clears throat> Parker was, uh, or Titus Moody, was Fred's favorite uh, of the characters in the, uh, in the alley because he thought he could be developed further. All right, we've got uh, Titus Moody here and uh, a little skit, so let's uh, tune in. The Fred Allen Show and Allen's Alley. Here we go. Howdy, Bob. <laughs> Mr. Moody, do you uh, tell me uh, confidentially, do you approve of all of the Pulitzer Awards? Why, not the most interesting story of the year, I don't. No? No. The most interesting story of the year, it happened on my farm. Really? What was it? Well, sir, one night last winter, my roan mare, Big Babe... Yeah? was whinnying and moaning in her soul. Uh-huh. I called Dr. Gidney Pruitt. He's the vet. The vet, huh? Big Babe was laying on the floor groaning, and she was pointing to her stomach with a hook. No kidding. <laughs> Doc Pruitt, he says, it's her appendix. Sure as you're born. The doctor operated? He made an incision from her fetlock to her withers. He did. <laughs> I, I held the incision open. Yeah. The doc... He's a little fella. Yeah. He stepped inside the mare. He got inside the horse? Doc had his derby hat on and was carrying a lantern. God. I, uh... As I was saying, I could see different parts of the horse light up, yeah. so I, I knew the Doc was looking around inside. You trailed him, eh? Yeah. 
finally, Doc, he steps out a big babe. Uh-huh. He's as white as a good humor man's pants. <laughs> Frightened, eh? Doc says, Moody, he says, this mare is a freak. A freak? He says she's got the outside of a horse. Yes. But she's got the stomach of a hen. The stomach of a hen? Yeah. Doc says she ain't got no appendix. You mean all that pain? Doc says she's trying to lay an egg. <laughs> what? Well, what finally happened? Well, sir, big babe, she laid a dirty-looking egg three foot long, and it had fur on it. I, I hatched the egg. You hatched the egg, and? Inside, there was a chicken as big as a St. Bernard. A chicken? And that chicken had a harness on. So long, Buck. There was Titus Moody. Yeah, wonderful. Wonderful right. pictures. <laughs> Imaginative pictures that could only take place in radio. Only in radio, the theater of the mind. Let's take a call from Ernie in San Dimas. Good morning. Oh, Emmy, I'm sorry. Emmy, good morning. Hi. Hi. Hi, Emmy. Oh, this is really a treat for me. It takes me back to the, some of the most delightful experiences I've had with radio. Uh, Fred Allen, I remember that so well with a great deal of delight. Did you and the entire family sit around the radio and watch? We Did used, you watch your radios? We used to when I was with my original family. Mm -hmm. I'm alone now. Uh, and it brings so many good memories to me. Good. Good. I would like to uh, be in contact with your uh, association. Uh, okay. They'll tell call it. Spurdvac, you oh, you do remember what it stands for, right? Yes, I do. Okay, and, now, uh, why, why don't you, uh, have you got a pencil handy? Yes, I do. All right, uh, go ahead, John and Larry, give the address. Post Office Box 1587, Hollywood, 90078. You got that, Emmy? Uh... The last number, Hollywood. 90078. And if you would just write to that post office box and ask for some information, then we'll send you out a packet of inf information about the club. Just write Spurred Vac. Oh, S P E R D. I will. I, I'm so delighted to have this opportunity because I'm leaving this area. Although I'm a native Californian, I. Uh, uh, I'm becoming disenchanted. You just can't <laughs> take it anymore. Moving to San Francisco, huh, Amy? Uh, well, I'll tell you, in my younger years, I listened to KBO, mm -hmm. KFI, mm -hmm. KSL. Mm -hmm. And I have a little list here of the programs I listen to, if you are interested. Well, you can give us about three, and then we have to leave. Uh, the Whistler, The Shadow, Inner Sanctum, Paul Harvey, Ted Malone. We just lost Ted Malone not too long ago. Oh, yeah. but we used to really sure. enjoy him. Mm -hmm. We're going to do a show on uh, The Whistler uh, sometime in the near future with uh, another Malone who uh, produced that program and wrote for it. I'm sure it will be delightful, uh -huh. and I wish someday that you would give some recognition to this dying breed, the organist 
of the old era. Okay, have to leave you. Thank you, Emmy. And uh, my guest, Robert Trailer and uh, John and Larry Gassman of Spurdback. We're talking about Fred Allen, his life and wit. This is KBC Talk Radio, AM 790, KBC Los Angeles. It is now 2 o'clock. From ABC News, I'm Mary Margaret Myers. The party continues at the Berlin Wall, open for the first time in 28 years. ABC's Don Cladstrup spoke with one woman. We spoke with some young men Friday night who were standing on top of the Berlin Wall, and we asked them what they were feeling. I can't uh, describe really the, my feelings. It's uh, something unreal for me. If, if there is someone who, uh, who sleeps for eight weeks and you told him what happened here, he thinks you're crazy. It's, it's unthinkable. East Germany's ambassador to the U.S. says the wall is open to stay and that the changes are irreversible. Some news this morning from West Berlin seems to bear that out. We understand a group of people on the western side have broken a hole through the wall near the Brandenburg Gate. I'll have more after this. More and more investors who like to make their own decisions are discovering the important differences between Charles Schwab and other brokerage firms. Listen now as Schwab broker D. Dowers explains why Schwab should be your broker. Yes, I worked at a full commission firm, so working with Schwab now has given me experience of both sides of the fence, the full commission type of firm and the uh, discount-oriented firm. What I didn't like in the full commission firm was having to fulfill sales quotas, having to call my clients and try and sell them a stock. With Schwab, it's a completely different approach. We try and be as completely helpful and informative as we can, but we leave it up to the customer to make their decision. And to me, that's really important. For free information about Schwab services, call toll-free 800-228-6262. That's 800-228-6262. Call Schwab now, member SIPC. The worst flooding in three decades has swamped northwestern Washington state. In Whatcom County, emergency services spokeswoman Jody Page says while things are a bit better, there's still a lot of concern for one area. Our biggest problem and area of concentration right now is on the Lummi Indian Reservation and the areas, low-lying areas surrounding that where we've had about a 300-foot-long break in the levee along one fork of the river and it's flooded a considerable amount of property. Normally at this time of year much of the precipitation would have fallen in snow, but besides the rain, the snows are melting and washing into rivers, sending them surging over their banks. Near the Canadian border, three houses were swept away by the Nooksack River. Homes and businesses are knee-deep in water, and some people have had to move to higher ground. The good news is a cold front is expected over the weekend, and that could turn the rain into snow. The bodies of a General Motors executive and his wife were found shot to death close to their Rochester Hills, Michigan home Friday. The bodies of Glenn and Wanda Tarr had been dumped in a park in nearby Pontiac. Earlier in the day, the neighbors had reported a possible break-in at their home, and police found the house ransacked, but no sign of the couple. Money had also been taken from an automatic teller machine. The death toll is two in the Thursday evening crash of a military jet in an apartment complex in Smyrna, Georgia. Searchers found a body Friday in the ruins of the burned-out buildings, and one of the women, a pregnant woman injured in the disaster, has died. Starting tonight and three, three more times this month, a Paul McCartney special will be airing on cable TV. ABC's Bill Deal says a special called Put It There is on Showtime. Put it there. Put it there. It's billed as a preview of Paul McCartney's worldwide tour. The Showtime special features studio session footage that includes McCartney doing some Beatles songs. I was thinking, oh, well, if anyone's allowed to do it, it's got to be me. 
and the lads. At 47, McCartney is obviously having a lot of fun now. I don't like things too serious myself, you know. I don't... Uh, we got into it for a laugh, you know, music. So there's no point in kind of getting it all serious now, really. Paul McCartney's world tour arrives on U.S. shores later this month. Bill Deal, ABC News, New York. This is ABC News. You want to call some royalty? Well, if you can get your hands on the phone directory for, directory for Gloucester, England, you will find Princess Anne listed in its pages under H for Her Royal Highness Princess Anne, Mrs. Mark Phillips. Of course, if you call the number, you will get to talk to the princess's shepherd, Simon Gaskell. It seems the phone company slipped up and in August printed one of several numbers on the princess's letterhead, including the Gaskells. Telecom officials didn't notice, but the British newspapers pointed it out. Gaskell the shepherd says that so far nobody has called to ask for Princess Anne. For the ABC Information Network, I'm Mary Margaret Myers. It's all new and it's all for Ramco. It's the record that's been knocking him dead for years. It's the smashes of Vince and Larry. You'll have hours of enjoyment listening to those two titans of the test track's greatest hits. Like this one. Hey, never met a grill like you. And how could you ever forget? We're in the USA. Day after day, week after week, year after year, these two crash test legends have tried to convince you to buckle your safety belt by belting out hits like... You've got me wrapped around your fender. Wrapped around your You'll be clicking your safety belts together every time you hear Vince and Larry's greatest hits. Buckle up, man. Don't delay. Buckle your safety belt right now and head to your nearest test facility for Vince and Larry's greatest hits. Got one thing to say, and we know we're not wrong. When you go for a ride, put your safety belt on. The smash hits of Vince and Larry. Now from Ramco, the Ed Council and the Department of Transportation. KABC Talk Radio, AM 790. And we're back again. Ray Brain with you until 5 this morning. With us is Mr. Robert Taylor, who has written a book called Fred Allen, His Life and Wit. And uh, you just might know that we're talking about Fred Allen. Also in the studio, John and Larry Gassman of Spiridvac. And that is the Society for the Preservation and Encouragement of Radio Drama, Variety, Variety and Comedy. And Comedy. I'm you pointing got. at you. Say it, John. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Ink. <laughs> Ink. Thank you, John. Uh, oh, Ink. I'm sorry. i got a point and, bigger next time. And they supplied us uh, with, of course, these uh, great cuts from the old Fred Allen show. If you'd like to uh, call us and talk about Fred Allen, add anything to the show, by all means, uh, give us a call. In Los Angeles, 520-TALK. In the uh, San Fernando Valley, it's 990. You know everything ends in talk. Uh, Santa Monica in the west side, 301. Orange County Riverside, 750. to Glendale, Burbank, 244. San Gabriel Valley, 448. South Bay is 679. Long Beach, Downey, Lakewood, Linwood, Paramount, San Pedro, and Compton area 639 and talk, T-A-L-K. Uh, there is a, uh, a thing here called King for a Day. What, uh, what does that mean? That was a skit that uh, was on the Fred Allen Show. The guest was Jack Benny. And at about this point in time, quiz shows were becoming more and more popular. And uh, as Fred Allen says, you have to give something away to stay in radio. All the options were coming up on a lot of the comedians. And so, well, I, to give it away would be to continue to tell, me, tell you more. But this is one of the shows that is renowned among collectors as well as remembered among fans uh, for a specific reason, which we'll hear about in just a few minutes. What, what year was this? This is May 26, 1946. All right, let's take a listen. 
People don't want entertainment today. A radio show has to give away things. Nylons, iceboxes, automobiles. You mean to stay on the air, you have to give things away? Free? Yes. <laughs> I'll die first. <laughs> Well, not me. I'm auditioning my new program tonight. And you're, Fred, you're giving things away? Tons of stuff. The stranger? What's the difference who gets it? Well, Fred, as long as I'm here in the studio... Well, no, I'm sorry, Jack. Professional... <laughs> Professional people cannot participate. It's a rule. But don't you ever find people on these programs changing their names to... To get something for nothing? Well, occasionally we do catch a phony, but we're on the air. What can we do? Nothing. You you have to give them the merchandise? That's right. Hmm. Now, Mr. Allen, we're ready for your audition. I'll run along, Fred. So long. So long, Jack. Hmm. But the stage is loaded with hundreds of presents for the first man to answer our jumbo jackpot question. He will be king for a day. And here is our first eager contestant. Good evening, sir. What is your name? Myron Proudfoot. <laughs> You look like a chap I know. I'm not interested in your friends. Start giving things away, brother. <laughs> what is your occupation, Mr. Proudfoot? I'm a chaplain in a bakery. <laughs> what does a chaplain do in a bakery? I put wings on angel cake. <laughs> How long have you been in the cake business, Mr. Proudfoot? Long enough to know a crumb when I see one. <laughs> I see one. Get sarcastic, Mr. Proudleg. The name is Proudfoot, and make with the question. All right. Who was the sixth president of the United States? John Quincy Adams. John Quincy Adams is correct, and Mr. Myron Proudfoot is king for a day. Immediately after this program, your majesty will be guest of honor at a banquet at Hamburger Heaven. <laughs> Tomorrow morning, through the courtesy of the sanitation department, you will be guest conductor on the 11-5 garbage run through the Bronx. At night, in your arm and robe, you will be whisked by bicycle to Orange, New Jersey, where you will be the judge in a chicken cleaning contest. I'm king for a day. And that's not all. There's more? Yes, we're going to start right now to make you look like a king. Your suit is a little baggy king. Boys, take his majesty's coat off. Wait, wait. On our stage, we have a Hoffman pressing machine. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. An expert operating the Hoffman pressing machine will press your trousers. Now, wait a Funny. Yeah, great, great <laughs> clip. That is very, very oh, funny. Yeah. And people often wonder, did he really get his pants taken off on stage? And uh, the answer is yes, he did. Back really? In, back in 1984, uh, at our first convention, we had a, a panel on Jack Benny and Frank of, Nelson and Viola, Viola Vaughn and George Balzer, whom we had uh, last, last year. year. Last All year, right, yeah. let's, And Mill Josephsberg told the story. Okay, let's listen. I have got to tell you what really happened then is Jack had talked to us 
and said he wished he could do something to break Fred up. And we told him, he dropped his pants and on one leg of the shorts said LS, on the other one said MFT. That's right. <laughs> I have forgotten. Yeah. And the audience screamed and Fred didn't know what until he looked at Jack and finally he said, well, here's a man whose underwear ad-libs better than he does. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course Jack fell down, underwear and everything. Yeah. You know. That's quite a story. Yeah. Quite yeah. a story. Let's take a call. We have uh, Richard in Hollywood. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. Good morning. You're on with Robert Taylor and John and Larry Gassman. Good morning to you all. You were rousing. You awakened old memories for me. I knew Fred Allen well. I was on the stage with him. I'm an actor, and I came to New York to do a play in the 30s about Lord Byron at the Lyceum. And I was made an honorary member of the Lambs Club, the Lambs, which is the oldest actors' club in mm -hmm. America, 44th Street. And it was a palatial home. And I met all of them there. Any, any one of them you mentioned in the, in the American theater, from the Metropolitan Opera to, uh, to vaudeville, to the classical theater, radio. I worked in radio. I worked in... Uh, uh, well, tell us about... Uh, with Jay Justin. Oh, yeah. sure. who was Mr. Mr. District, District Attorney. Attorney. Yeah. Yeah. Right, in New York. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In New York. Yes. And uh, I went on, uh, the first time I met Alan well, it was uh, at lunch. He came in, and he was a member. He didn't come in very often. I didn't know who he was. Somebody told me, he said, first, the fellow from Boston, or his friend, a child, boyhood friend, introduced him to me as a, he said, uh, this is a, a Mr. Sullivan, I mean, a Mr. Allen. So I think there was some confusion about his name, was there? Well, he was born Sullivan, but ah, uh, adopted the name and of Fred Allen. I see. So uh, uh, at the round table in, in, in the Lambs with Frank Fay and Jack Pearl and uh, a variety of other people, it was hilarious. But I always felt that he, there was something, he, I think he, he was really a comic genius. Yes, he was. Far ahead of his time. All right. Very good. Uh, thank you, Richard. Uh, my guests, Robert Taylor, who's written the book, Fred Allen, His Life and Wit, and John and Larry Gassman of Spurvac. We'll be right back. This is KBC Talk Radio AM 790, and I'm Ray Brain. Gay rights defeated in three California elections. A return to values or a turn toward discrimination. Bill Pearl, Saturday night at 7. Hey, come on. Finally, a weekend getaway in our new RV. Surprise! What took you so long? We've been in here for hours. Gee, sorry to keep you waiting. That's okay. We're kind of enjoying your new RV. Yeah, nice kitchen. Great stereo. Cozy beds. Never knew an RV could be so comfortable. Well, don't get too comfortable. Really, this RV is great. Where'd you get it? The LA RV Show at Dodger Stadium. We'll drop you off. Great. Where are you guys going? Anywhere we want. With this RV, we've got a lot of freedom. Find your freedom at the 37th Annual LA RV Show, Dodger Stadium, November 3rd through 12th, 10 to 6 daily. See everything from truck campers to motorhomes at the nation's largest RV exhibit. Enter to win an RV. Must be 21 or older. No purchase necessary. Entry forms available at the gate. Drawing November 12th, 3 p.m. Discount tickets available at Alpha Beta, Craig and Auto Works, Camping World, RV dealerships, and local newspapers. The name Cerritos VIP Lincoln means exceptional VIP treatment every minute of every day. 
As a luxury Lincoln buyer, you will deal directly one-on-one -on -one with the Cerritos Lincoln management. You will be afforded all the time and space necessary in a relaxed atmosphere to make an accurate, intelligent decision. It's a new high standard. Customer care is impeccable, pressure is forbidden. And top drawer VIP treatment does not mean higher prices, and here's proof. 637806, luxury loaded new 89 Mark 7 LSC, window almost $30,000. Your net price after a massive discount and a large $1,000 factory cash rebate, just $23,499. So, if you want Lincoln luxury at a very low price and the executive treatment such a purchase deserves, you will find them both at the all-new Cerritos VIP Lincoln, right off the 605 freeway at South Street in famous Cerritos Auto Square. Cerritos VIP Lincoln, where VIP treatment is first and foremost their number one priority. Hi, this is Steve Allen. The other day, I took off my glasses and went for a walk. No one recognized me. Worst of all, I didn't recognize anyone else. I couldn't make out who was coming down the sidewalk. I, I could barely see the sidewalk. It was like being in my own very personal fog. Did you know that millions of people really do live in their own personal fog every day? Mm-hmm. They don't have a choice. They can't afford to see because they can't afford glasses. Now, it doesn't take money to help these people. All it takes is your old eyeglasses. A group called New Eyes for the Needy uses old glasses to buy new glasses for people who can't afford them. So do a little house cleaning and mail your old glasses to New Eyes for the Needy. You can help someone who can't afford to see. And you can help me. Oh, I've put my glasses back on, but I haven't forgotten what it's like to go without them. Send your old eyeglasses to New Eyes for the Needy, Box 332, Short Hills, New Jersey, 07078. That's Box 332, Short Hills, New Jersey, 07078. Thank you. All right, in Los Angeles, her phone number is 520-TALK, San Fernando Valley, 990-TALK. Santa Monica in the West Side, 301 and talk. And you'll be talking with Robert Taylor, who has written the book Fred Allen, His Life and Wit, and John and Larry Gassman of Spurdvac, who has given us these uh, great uh, clips from the Fred Allen show. Uh, how do you get these uh, shows, uh, guys? Uh, some of them we trade for. Uh, oftentimes, uh, somebody maybe from, not necessarily from the Fred Allen cast, but others uh, who worked in radio will say, I, uh, I have... A, a bunch of transcriptions, and we'd like to get them copied off onto cassettes. Would you be able to do that for us? And we cer say, certainly. And oftentimes we have a chance to, to listen to material that, that we had thought was lost. And so we're always excited to have a chance to copy programs from disc to tape from whomever. How did you get hooked on radio? Because you guys are uh, 34. young. Uh, how old I, are you? 34. 34. 34. So you don't really remember the heyday of radio? No, not the heyday. I remember the well, last few shows when they were on in 58, 59, 60. Right. Sure, and like yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Mm -hmm. Suspense. Suspense. And Suspense. And some of the soap operas, yeah. 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 But uh, how did you get hooked on that? Uh, about 1970, we heard some of the syndicated shows and some of the rebroadcasts, and we thought, I'd like to, not knowing anything about what they were all about, I'd like to tape these and play them for a friend. Uh, and so we played them for friends and thought, these are so good, we ought to keep these. So we did, and then got our own show on public radio, and uh, Spurred the rest is Minutia. Right. You, do, you do a show on... Uh, on KPCC in Pasadena, which uh, uh, 
for the last year has uh, been up on Mount Wilson, yeah. you know, so it's accessible to everybody. We play. The I shows. can get it in Malibu. Yes, sure. you can. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we've got George Walsh coming on Sunday. Have oh, you really? Yeah. Yeah. Man who can rattle rooms and windows worse mm-hmm. than an earthquake. The yeah. man's got a voice that is just incredible. So we play the there, shows there's only one that uh, can outdo him. Yes, Del Sharman. Del Sharman yes. will outdo him. Yes, yes. yes. yes especially will. on a good phone line. Yeah. 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 Del had a cold when we had him on a year ago, and the the operators called and said, "You can't do this to us. Did Cut you, it out." Did you hear the show I did with? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, wonderful show. And uh, we, we got to Speedy Riggs before he died, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's say hello to Kathy in Los Angeles. Kathy, good morning. You're on with Robert Taylor and Fred Allen. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's a great John, show. Say John that and Larry Cashy. we got an amazing show. You know, oh, what a show we got. Really pull him in. How did you do that, Ray? Who did you talk to? <laughs> well, I applaud you, Reverend Gentlemen, at acquainting a new generation with a, a great era. I remember it well because uh, my uncle was uh, one of the chief uh, musical writers for the show. Really? He worked for Peter Van Steeden. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. so that's early yeah. on. In the yes. 30s. Oh, he was on until, uh, I believe, uh, quite a while. I mean, he also did uh, Mr. District Attorney. Mm-hmm. But I, I've talked with Ray about music before, and I wondered, Ray, if you remember, uh, besides Peter Van Steeden's band, who else uh, provided music on that show? No, I don't. It was a very swinging show. It had the Merrimax. Right. The, the oh, best vocal groups that sure. ever was. In fact, Herb Mills told me that, uh, the Mills brothers told me once that that was his favorite vocal group. And it had a group uh, that included Carl Crest, the great guitarist, and Chauncey Morehouse on vibes. Hmm. And it was really, it, they really presented great, great music in that show. Do you know who also was a singer on that show after he left Jack Benny? Uh, no. Kenny Baker. Oh, I vaguely remember. For a short while. And yeah. Al Goodman was another orchestra leader on the show. That's and right. remember the Freddie five Grofay? The five DeMarco sisters. Fer- Wait a minute, you, you buried it. Ferdy Grofay. Ferdy Grofay. The Ferdy Grofay. That's mm-hmm. right. Okay. Well, it was in the 30s that I used to go to see the show when I was a child. Usually the late broadcast. And be- in between, uh, a lot of the cast went to Hurley's down mm-hmm. in the corner. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there was a. Um, a drugstore, some kind of, uh, I think it was a drugstore in the basement of the of, uh, 30 Rockefeller that uh, uh, we yes. would reopen between 9 and 12. It was mm-hmm. supposed to be closed up, but they'd open up. We'd, we'd kind of start. And for those who, who might have tuned in late, uh, they did the, the show for the West Coast at midnight, at midnight in New York. I know. That's the one I used to see because it was easier to get us in as family. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have that. So. Kathy, do you remember anything in particular about the audience warm-up for the Fred Allen show? No, I do remember that there was one, but uh, the ones I used to go see was when I was around 10 or 12 years, or maybe 10 years old. And I do remember, th- I can't remember who used to do the warm-up. I was trying to think of that earlier. Usually Harry Von Zell? It could have been, I think it was Harry Von Zell. I think you're right. Uh, I know he was on the show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a wonderful show. Very funny. I appreciated it more as I got older, of course. But it was Studio 8H, as I recall. Yeah, right. that's right. Yeah. The big studio. Yeah, right. That was quite they, a They cut that all up, you know. So I've heard. Yeah, it's I a... haven't been there in, in, well, many, many years. It's not 8H anymore. Uh, it's uh, well, isn't that where Toscanini? That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was I was stationed there in the service for six months for quote on the job training, and I used to go in and watch Toscanini rehearse. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that must have been quite a sight. And there was a balcony to that. That's uh, right. Studio. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. 
it was a large place. I never did see Toscanini. That's really where the uh, Firestone Hour came from and mm-hmm. all those great shows. Yeah. Those were great, great days. Well, keep them alive. I'm glad that these uh, tapes and so forth are around because uh, it's a shame to have lost all that brilliant humor. He was really brilliant. Yes, he was. Okay, well, thank you very much, and keep it up. All right, Kathy, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. We have John on the line from North Hollywood. Good morning, John. Oh, hi. I, I had originally wanted to ask if uh, Gracie Allen was any relation to Fred, but I realized in listening to you that he probably wasn't. No. Um, is, were these shows actually acted out with props on stage for the audience, or did the actors stand with script in their hand? Yes, to the latter. The latter. The yeah. sound man did, the all, sound man did all the work. I, I wonder if there's any chance of uh, a resurgence or a rebirth of uh, radio drama and comedy. It's, uh, if you I leave it, if you leave it to John and Larry, yes. I think it's, it's just there's so much has been lost. I, I, I uh, I'm taking a class now at UCLA in the history of American broadcast, and mm-hmm. we listened to a couple of radio programs at the beginning of the class, and I just noticed my my imagination was clicked on and was just like going a mile a minute. I thought this is so exciting. It's like my imagination is really working. You're not used to it, are you? No. No, it's like the visual the, stuff that we're seeing, you know, it's sure. like everything is done for it's you. It's a whole generation left. that's not used to it. The only way you're going to see radio drama or, or comedy come back, and this is hard line, is if the networks feel that they can make money off of it. Right. Otherwise, they're I not interested. It's just too expensive to produce. It no, it, it really it. isn't, not in comparison to television. Where they're spending millions for a million dollars for But But show. the networks aren't used to thinking about radio as drama or variety. They're just, they're so indoctrinated with news and, and music Yet, uh, yet the individual radio stations that play the uh, old shows uh, that are syndicated now by uh, Michelson, most of them, yeah. uh-huh. uh, do very well yes. when they play them. Yes. Such mm-hmm. as the, uh, the, the KNX uh, drama. The KNX mm-hmm. drama. Sure. Number one that's in right. its time slot. Yeah. Oh, that's right. There, well, the contemporary Joe Frank I've heard, which is really fascinating. Stuff. Yeah, that's but different. It's uh, you know, it seems like there's a, a real market there that's uh, missing somehow. There's so much of the same stuff on radio everywhere, everywhere that you turn. It would just be really refreshing to. Yeah, most of it's on public radio. Most right. of the most because of the radio they'll shows. take the chances. And then they're they're very strange hours, so you really have to yeah. watch your schedule. <laughs> but uh, I'm enjoying the program, and uh, thanks for being there. Thank you. All right, take care. Bye bye. Uh, I was talking to Michaelson the other day. I saw him, mm-hmm. and uh, he'll be there tomorrow. Has he go- today. Oh, great. Today. God, yes. has, has he told you anything about uh, the Red Skelton show? He was working on that. Yeah, the last time that's I the last I, heard. La- last I heard he was trying to get permission to clear it. Right. Uh, the old Red Skelton radio mm-hmm. show with the mean little kid. That's oh, right. Yeah. If I do, I did do it. I do do it anyway. I yeah. love that show. Yeah. Wonderful show. Oh, yes, yes. All right, let's take another call. We have uh, Jeff on the line from Venice. Hello, Jeff. Hi, how are we doing? Okay. You're on with Robert Taylor and John and Larry Gassman. First of all, I want to say I'm big fans of, of Spurback. I've gone to several meetings. Thank you. And I've, I've read Robert's book. I've, I've, I've enjoyed it a lot. I'm a big student of comedy. Well, well say, thank you. Say hello to him. Thank you. Yeah, Robert, uh, i got two questions for you. One, um, I was wondering on how hard it was to sell an idea of a, a book on Fred Allen. And number two, how helpful were Fred Allen's uh, prior autobiographies when doing your book? Well, to answer the first one, uh, it was a little hard to sell because you get uh, the usual thing that happens with old-time radio, that is that you have editors that say that uh, no one ever heard of Fred Allen, which just isn't true. And uh, the, what was your second one? It was, uh, you know, Fred had written two books, he treadmilled right. to oblivion. I was wondering how helpful were they for... They were very helpful because uh, most of the information that you get on Fred is 
is pretty random, and uh, you have to pull it together, and at least you've got it some kind of overall picture of his career from those two books. Uh, one's the story of his show, the other is the story of his life up to a point. But, uh, of course, then you realize how much has been left out, too. Now, did Boston University, is that where most of the material is housed? Uh, no, it's at the Boston Public Library. Uh, Fred was a stack boy there, and when he died, <coughs> his widow, Portland, uh, left uh, his papers to the uh, Boston Public Library. And how um, did now was Portland uh, involved with the book? Uh, no, she wasn't involved with the book. Uh, I mean, she uh, <coughs> she certainly uh, read the book and and liked it, but uh, she wasn't actively involved. Do you think that was uh, an importance, a hindrance on your part, or do you think it would have been helpful? Uh, well, I th I think that uh, uh, I could uh, you know that the book uh, went very well and that had Portland's approval, and that was what counted. Great. I love the book. Thanks so much. Thank All you. right. Thank you, Jeff. Nice to have somebody who's read the book. It is. How's the book doing, by the way? Uh, we've gone into a second printing with really? it. Really? Good. Yeah. Well, that's good. good. Glad to hear it. Uh, we have a uh, clip here now from uh, the famous Eagle Show. Would you tell me about this show, uh, John and Larry? Speak. This show uh, was uh, on in 1940, March of 1940. And they had um, a gentleman on whose name was Captain Knight. Knight, yes. And he had an ego. I mean, uh, well, he, he, he had that too, but he also, yeah. had an, <laughs> he also had an ego, and uh, he was very well versed in uh, the various information about an eagle and, and what it did and how it fed and so forth. Mm -hmm. So they brought the eagle on stage. And Fred, on the East Coast show. On the East Coast show. And Fred questioned uh, Captain Knight about the eagle. And just as the, the bit was about to end, they decided to let the eagle fly. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, the eagle ad-libbed, let's just say. <laughs> and as, as Fred Allen said later, he, he ad-libbed a ghost's beret on Mr. Rockefeller's carpet. <laughs> Wonderful. But you can hear the audience ooing and awing, awing as that eagle flies above them, and they just don't know what's in store for them next, if you'll... All right, let's listen. Address. Wonderful. Back show. to 1940, the famous Eagle Show. You really should make a study of the eagle, Fred. Well, there's no time like the present to start, Captain. Yes, I was just looking at those skin stilettos on Mr. Ramshaw there. I'd like to have his claws in my contract, mm. Captain. <laughs> If that eagle knew what was going on here, he'd be out to three of us in no time. It's been nice of you, Captain, to stop off on your lecture tour and bring Mr. Ramshaw in tonight. Now, before you go, I wonder if you could have Mr. Ramshaw give us a sample of his flying prowess. Oh, yes, I think perhaps he might enjoy a short flight around the stage here. Now, stand back, please. You bet. Are you ready, Ramshaw? Go! Excellent. <laughs> Perfect three-claw landing. I'm surprised that Ramshaw didn't land on Van Steeden's bandstand. Any bird ought to go for the corn in Van Steeden's music. How are you going to get him down, Captain? <laughs> Looks as though he might go with the least in here after that. <laughs> All right, you get him down the back way, will you? All right, thanks. Mr. Ramshaw is up there, but with his back turned to the program, I guess he's seen all that interests him. <laughs> and, uh, 
is apt to be a half-hour program tonight. All we need is Mr. Ramshaw to uh, make his own station break, and we'll make it. Mr. Evans, I want to congratulate you. You were the first one to get a rise out of the eagle since he got up there. And I think as long as the eagle is a bird of prey, that we have just uh, better discontinue the question and start praying. Unfortunately, we didn't have time to get to the question tonight. We have a loose eagle in the studio. The Rockefellers hardly building a lot of ad-lib exits here. <laughs> so much time has been taken up with the Captain Knight around there with a pound of hamburger. <laughs> Tried to get uh, Captain Knight was there with a, uh, a minute steak, a minute. Well, now you see what happens. Captain Knight was back there with a minute steak uh, a little while ago, but it was too well done, and the eagle sent it back. Now, he just arrived with the proper steak, and I can assure you that uh, Captain Knight has the eagle or vice versa. We'll do the question. All right. Uh, did they do that show from 8H or was it 6B or one of those other smaller studios? No, I think that was 8H. And, and when the <clears throat> they had done it in rehearsal, the orchestra was in another studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when they actually did it uh, during the performance, the uh, the eagle took off and... The glitter of the instruments in the orchestra frightened him, so he didn't come back. <laughs> they tied him down for the West Coast show. All right. Uh, a week later, uh, he refers to the uh, the eagle bit. So let's listen to uh, Fred Allen uh, on his show a week later. Here it is. The eagle got more laughs than you did. <laughs> I, uh, I could get laughs if I used the same devices. <laughs> If I had feathers on and could sit on Harry's wrist, a feathered boulevard, I would get laughs. Oh, that eagle was sophisticated. He was over your head. That's what had me worried. That was Peter Van Steeden with Fred Allen. (laughs) All right, we'll be back with Robert Taylor, who's written the book Fred Allen, His Life and Wit, along with John and Larry Gassman of Spurdvac, the Society for the Preservation and Encouragement of Radio Drama, Variety, and Comedy, Inc., (laughs) You got me trained. Yes, sir. And we'll we'll be right back. This is KBC Talk Radio AM 790, and I'm Ray Brain. Attention homeowners, it's Home Improvement Month at Bradcliffe Coating. Now, if your home needs painting, grab a pencil, because this is an offer you should look into. Bradcliffe Coating Company, a state licensed contractor, will sandblast, patch, and repair and texture coat your home saving you hundreds of dollars during their fall special. Beautify your home during the month of November at 50% off Bradcliffe's regular price. Strengthen and protect your investment with CoverShield's patented coating. It comes in 36 designer colors. Now, why repaint every three to five years? The CoverShield coating is applied many times thicker than ordinary paint and comes with a 15-year factory warranty against flaking or peeling. 
Act now and save hundreds of dollars during Home Improvement Month at Bradcliffe Coating. Financing is available with no money down on your approved credit. Call Bradcliffe Coating toll-free, 1-800-222-1601 for your free estimate. That's 1-800-222-1601. Once again, 1-800-222-1601. You're on the air. Is it true Furnishings 2000 selling all their furniture for 10 cents? Well, that's 10 cents on the dollar. That's oh. discounts of up to 90% on many items this Saturday, Sunday, and Monday at Furnishings 2000. Now, let's see. 90% divided by 10 carries uh, yeah, Don't, don't worry about that. These items are all clearly marked. You can buy fine home furnishings. Many items sold as low as 10 cents on the dollar at Furnishings 2000. And take immediate delivery. Take it home with you. You'll be ready for the holidays. Plus, on approved credit, no payments till March 1990. See store for details. Literally hundreds of items at cost or below. So shop early for best selection. Dealers are welcome. Hey, it's got to go. So hurry to Furnishings 2000. Discounts up to 90%. We've cleaned out our distribution center to make room for $25 million of beautiful new home furnishings. It's your chance to save an incredible amount on specially marked items through Monday only at Furnishings 2000. Shop in one of their 17 greater L.A. area locations, including La Brea, Glendale, Santa Monica, Pointe Hills, and Ventura. Here's the news you've been waiting for. Stock up early for your Thanksgiving feast. Hurry down to your lucky store. Because every day we're serving up savings. Check the prices, you'll agree. Lucky is the place to be. Lucky, lucky, dare to compare the best. Get your grade A frozen basted turkey for just 37 cents a pound with a minimum $20 purchase. Limit one, see store for details. Fresh southern frying chicken split breasts in jumbo packs are only 99 cents a pound. Fresh ground beef in approximate five pound chubs is just 99 cents a pound. And Burbank russet potatoes are only 97 cents for the 10 pound bag. Prices are good through November 15th. Lower prices, so much more. We've become your favorite store. Lucky, lucky, dare to compare the best. Hello, I'm Ted Payne. Did you know that 1989 marks the 40th anniversary of UNICEF greeting cards? By purchasing UNICEF cards and gifts, you can help the world's children and send special messages of hope and health to millions of kids. For information on becoming a UNICEF volunteer or to find out how you can buy UNICEF cards, call 213-277-7608. Did you know that UCLA wants smokers to participate in a stop smoking study? You must be 25 to 65 and in good health. If you're interested in quitting smoking, Phone 213-824-6671. Did you know that if you're concerned about why Johnny can't read and enjoy working with kids, now is your chance to help. Volunteer as a part-time tutor for the Neighborhood Youth Association dedicated to working with disadvantaged youths and their families in the Mar Vista area. Call 213-390-6641. KABC thought you ought to know. Immediately following the network news at 5 this morning, it's Ted Payne totally updating all the news. 20 minutes now before 3 here at KBC, and let's say hello to Doris in Toluca Lake. Doris, good morning. Well, good morning. This has been so much fun. I was a radio disc jockey during World War II, and this brings back so many happy memories. Uh, you know what well, I think... Wait a minute. You were playing records? Uh-huh. For whom? 
for uh, a mutual outlet in Louisville, Kentucky. Really? Uh-huh. And I met a lot of the uh, of the stars on the USO tour. We had some stage shows that we broadcast. I didn't meet Fred Allen. But uh, my father was a friend of a friend. And one of the interesting things that this friend told my father, uh, that is of Fred Allen's, and he told my father that Fred was an extremely religious man and that he went to Mass every morning. It, was that included in your biography, Mr. Taylor? Uh, yes, that he was an extremely uh, religious man and had a spiritual aspect, yes. You know, what I think is so wonderful is that that, uh, that was the age of innocence. We all laughed so hard and enjoyed those radio shows so much, and they were all clean as a hound's tooth, you know, no misery. Everything was joyous and upbeat. It was a wonderful time to be alive. Well, they were funny. They were funny. That's right. They were truly funny. Well, thanks for letting me have my say. Well, thank you. Thank okay. you. Bye-bye. Tell us about Falstaff. Falstaff Openshaw, uh, played by Alan Reed, was a, uh, he was known as the shoddy Swinburne, uh, the tattered Falstaff. Uh, he had a number of uh, titles. He was a, he was a, a poet who, who uh, was on the show and uh, played the character of Alan Reed's uh, uh, character was a uh, poet rather like John Barrymore. Okay, we've got uh, a clip of Falstaff. Uh, what uh, what year was this, do you know? Uh, this one's 1946. Okay, here we go. You knocked three times. Do you think that's nice? In my last picture, the postman rang twice. <laughs> ah, Falstaff, you have new poems tonight? Indubitably. <laughs> Hast heard said the little bear to the big giraffe, let's eat a hyena just for a laugh. No. Or uh, when I called her baby, her face lit up because she had a lantern jaw. No. How about this? Mother's home putting spikes in her shoes. She's playing first base for Vera Cruz. Now, wait a minute, Paul. You exponent of the hackney, tonight we are discussing the problem of sleep. My poem awaits your bidding. And what is your shut-eye sonata called? My recipe for slumber. How does it eat? If you cannot sleep at night and you don't know what to do, my recipe for slumber is just the thing for you. Don't waste time taking powders. Don't bother counting sheep. Don't dawdle in a hot bath hoping you will sleep. Don't give up drinking coffee. Don't send for any gland man. You can eat and drink all night, and still you'll meet the sandman. My recipe for slumber is older than the Sphinx. Just cut 20 tiddlies into halves, and you'll get 40 winks. That's a funny one. Clever. Alan Reed as Falstaff. Really? Mm-hmm. We uh, later went on to play Fred Flintstone. Uh, Fred who? Flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, the one we've been waiting for, at least I have, Mrs. Nussbaum. Oh, yes, with Minerva Pius. All right, let's take a listen. Here we go. Try, let's try this next door here. No. Oh, Mrs. Nussbaum. You are expecting maybe Hoagie Carbuncle. <laughs> Tell me, Mrs. Ann, do you have trouble sleeping? Who could sleep? Every night with his dreaming, my husband Pierre is waking me up. He dreams, huh? Always his different things. Dreams his different things? How do you mean? One night Pierre is dreaming he is the lone stranger. Yeah. <laughs> All night long he is yelling, Hi-ho, Silver! Hi-ho, Silver, huh? Upstairs, 
Mrs. Living, uh, Mr. Silver. Yeah? an automobile, a roadster. A roadster? In his pajamas, Pierre is sleeping with the top down. Oh. Fine. Once he is dreaming he has an Alka-Seltzer. An Alka-Seltzer? All night, Pierre is fizzing. Well, no wonder. No wonder you can't sleep. Last night, he should drop dead. What happened? He is dreaming he is a tea kettle. A tea kettle, huh? All night long, Pierre is whistling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. That's that's uh, my favorite character. Uh-huh. Yeah, she was super. Yes, she was. Uh, what did you learn about uh, Mrs. Nussbaum? Well, she could do any kind of a dialect. I mean, in that case, it was a, she's a Yiddish housewife from the Bronx, but she could do almost anything in the way of dialect. Did she work on other shows? Yes. She even worked on The Benny Show in 43, early 44. For some reason, I don't know why, she was in Hollywood for a little while. Maybe yeah. did you movie? know movies? No, I don't. I, I, uh... Yeah, but you hear her on some of The Benny shows. She mm-hmm. did a lot of other shows, too, in, in a straight voice as well. You really? would come across her. And uh, she does have a scene with Fred, and it's in the bag mm-hmm. where the two of them are together. Mm-hmm. And uh... Benny's in that movie, too. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's, is that feedback from a nerve of pie? Is that that is? <laughs> uh, Robert, uh, when uh, you were putting this book together, did you go and listen to a lot of the Fred Allen shows? Uh, I listened to as many as I <clears throat> as I could, but mainly I read the scripts. I read uh, all the scripts are there from uh, the first one up until the really? last one at the at the BPL. Mm-hmm. And uh, I read them all, and it was. Did you ever, did you do any any uh, listening to shows and reading the script at the same time to see how much they differed? Uh, no, because it's pretty hard to do that up yeah. in the rare book room ah. mm-hmm. <laughs> without uh-huh. disturbing everybody. Uh, although I, you know, I suppose I could have used the earphones. It is fascinating. I've yeah. done that on occasion. Yeah, and it's fascinating to see how much he either took out or ad libbed in the in the radio show in comparison to what he wrote down on paper. I found his uh, corrections fascinating because he frequently. Filled in in longhand uh, things that uh, mm-hmm. changes and in and, lowercase. Uh, well, uh, no, he when he wrote when he wrote in longhand, he wrote in capitals. Uh-huh. But when he typed, he typed only lowercase. Uh-huh. Hmm. I wonder why that is. <laughs> <laughs> he, he used to say he couldn't shift for himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'd be the type. Yeah, yeah. I fell into that one. Yeah, we'll, yeah all right. Sure. We'll, we'll be right back with Robert Taylor <laughs> and John and Larry Gassman of Spurdvac. Do you qualify for Medicare? Maybe a loved one or someone you know qualifies for Medicare. If so, then you're probably aware that Medicare, in many cases, won't cover all your medical costs. That's why you should call and inquire about United Health Plan's Golden Age. Under contract with the federal government, United Health Plan's Golden Age is a special plan for Medicare beneficiaries. United Health Plan's Golden Age provides quality health care services beyond what Medicare covers at no additional cost. Now, your golden years should be the richest and happiest time of your life without worries over costly medical bills. United Health Plan's Golden Age is designed by people who care about your good health and your peace of mind. 
Make the call today. Call United Health Plans Golden Age toll free 1 800 321 7600. That's 1 800 321 7600. The call is free. Why not call now? 1 800 321 7600. I just love to give things away to my listeners. Now, the first thing I'm going to give you is my secret to a fantastic night's sleep. I got myself a brand new mattress. I can only tell you what a difference a new bed made in my life. No more backaches, no more tossing and turning, no more sleepless nights, scratch that, sleepless days. But why sit and sleep? Well, a lot of people sell mattresses. Sit and sleep has an incredible selection. In fact, they have 50,000 square feet of mattresses, day beds, sofa beds, and futons. And because sit and sleep buys in tremendous quantities, they can afford to beat anyone. Right now, you can march into, well, you can waltz in if you want to. You can just uh, walk into Sit and Sleep, mention my name, Ray Bream, and Sit and Sleep will give you a free bed frame or local delivery just for mentioning Ray Bream. Sit and Sleep carries all the major brand names and a great low price. Go see the people I trust. Sit and Sleep in Culver City on Overland between Venice and Washington. Sit and Sleep. That's where I got my bed. You should, too. Sit and Sleep. Rogers Gardens in Newport Beach is best known as the horticultural mecca of Southern California gardeners. But every October, Rogers dresses up the gardens for their annual Christmas fantasy. Fifteen years in the making and more spectacular than ever. Rogers is a seven-acre oasis of tranquility amid the chaos of holiday shopping. At night, the seven acres of meandering paths and gardens in Newport are illuminated by 60,000 sparkling Italian lights woven into the towering pine trees. Now, the shops are loaded with Christmas trees laden with ornaments from around the world and filled with Christmas decorations that are designed and handcrafted right at Rogers Gardens. Now, they realize that Thanksgiving precedes Christmas and has responded with a selection of fall holiday decorative accessories. They'll add the spice of originality to your table and home. Still America's most beautiful garden center, but also the home of the Christmas fantasy. There is no admission charge. So call now for more information for Rogers Gardens. All right, last call. 520-TALK, San Fernando Valley, 990, Santa Monica in the west side, 301, Orange County, Riverside, 750. For Mr. Robert Taylor and John and Larry Gassman of Spurdvac. Mr. Taylor has written a book called Fred Allen, His Life and Wit. Uh, another quick... Uh, thing from Fred Allen. This is with uh, Groucho Marx, and you're saying that it was never broadcast. Is never that right? broadcast. Uh, this was done in 1951. It's a post show, right after they'd done a uh, show, I think uh, a Groucho Marx show. Uh, Allen and Marx got up on the stage and literally did uh, about ten minutes of ad-libbing for the audience. Really? All never right. broadcast. Let's take a listen. Well, well, Fred, I don't know what else we can say to this audience except curse them out for showing up here. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I think they've been a wonderful audience, and I think it's really a great show. Well, uh, thank you, John. Now I hope. And Fred, this may be the thing that'll bring you back to California. Well, <laughs> if it does that, it'll have accomplished its purpose because I've been trying to get him out here for 20 years. Well, I'm out here now. The thing is to stop me from going back. Nobody's expected that. Well, I have to go back. I have a lot of relatives there, and it's too expensive to bring them out here. <laughs> if, they, if 
this was downhill from New York, my relatives would have walked out here, and I would have been happy to stay here. But, but most of your relatives are downhill, aren't they? Yes. No, Why don't you bring them as far as Kansas City? I uh, then Meet I, them halfway. Yeah. Well, I'd like to bring them to Kansas City and leave them there. <laughs> Is there an ashtray in the audience? Is there a writer in the audience? <laughs> Well, I think this isn't bad for no material, which no, most of these shows have. I think the audience by this time has recognized the fact that we have no material at all. I think so. And also that we personally have no money, so there's no interest in us from now on. I mean, because you're not working during the summer, of course, that eliminates you as a... No, but I have 10 or 12 sleepless weeks ahead of me now, Fred. Sleepless? Yes, because you may wind up with a sponsor like DeSoto. Oh, I don't think so. No? I don't think so. You, you were... Don't get an automobile. No, I, uh... Well, then you'll have to buy one of those cars, too. <laughs> the old days, I was on for Elgin Compact. All I had to do was buy a $3 Compact. Well, I was on... give you a good, but you wouldn't want to give a good an automobile, would you? Not frequently, no. <laughs> but I was on for Salopatic for eight years. <laughs> well, there's nothing like starting from the bottom, I think. You know, they, they were masters of the ad-lib. Weren't they, all though? all ad-lib. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, we have another quickie here, and we might want to get this in. Uh, this is uh, Fred Allen, and it has to do with uh, McCarthy and the court battle. What is that? The uh, McCarthy, this is when Fred Allen went back on the air after having been off the air because of high blood pressure. So he went back on the air, and they... They built uh, two, three, four weeks with McCarthy appearing on Allen's show and vice versa. At Charlie that, McCarthy. Yeah, at that point, Andrew yeah. Bergen was in New York. Uh, oh, as a matter of fact, uh, McCarthy was trying to, or Allen was trying to lure McCarthy away from Bergen hmm. the first week of this thing. And uh, so they're, they're praising each other in the middle of the show. And McCarthy says uh, to Allen, you're just a wonderful person. You're a scholar. You're a gentleman. And Alan says, I shall kiss the hem of your coat. <laughs> Let's pick it up. McCarthy, oh. Come in. Fran, uh, uh, is this the Tenderleaf uh, Pete program? Yes. Oh, it is? Oh, that's Peaky. Uh, then you must be Fred Allen. Yes, that's yeah. true. Well, if you're Fred Allen, you're just the man I want to see, and well, well, I don't exactly uh, want to see you either because you're not very pretty to look now, at. Now, wait a minute. Just wait a minute. Wait a minute, bud. Who are you? Well, I, I am Ursula Twing. Uh, yes, Ursula Twing. And I am a lawyer. You're a lawyer? Yes. Uh, do you want to feel my briefcase? Well, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I'll take your word well, for I, it. I am, I am a lawyer, all right. Uh, well, you're, you're in grave trouble, Mr. A. Allen. Yes, not exactly grave either, because I don't think it'll send you that far. No. But, uh, no, but my client is, is suing. Your client? Yes, Charlie McCarthy. Uh, tonight, uh, you appeared on Edgar Bergen's program. On the protest, yes, that's I true. Didn't. I, and you said... This makes no sense, then, no, now, does No, it said... <laughs> and, and you said uh, too much, and you said some very nasty things about Charlie, and you've just driven that little boy into a tizzy. Oh, I have, huh? Uh, yes, and, and you're a very bad boy. Now, look here, twin. You and Charlie McCarthy don't scare me. I'll fight this thing through to the Supreme Court. And if that doesn't work, I'll go right over Frankfurter's head straight to Mr. District Attorney. Well, uh, you can, as far as I'm concerned, you can go to, uh, straight to now, uh, uh, any, uh, no, anywhere you want. But I was here to, ser to serve you with a, a subpoena. Uh. <laughs> 
better, uh, you, you are ordered to appear in, in court next Sunday, and you had better be there too, Smarty. If you had anything left over from the other program, put it in here, you know. We can always... <laughs> Yeah, that's a little. That's a few weeks afterwards. Yeah. Uh -huh. All yeah. right. Let's take a call from uh, Harry. Hello, Harry. Howdy, bub, and howdy <laughs> to your guests. This is Parker Fennelly, by courtesy of Maggie Rudkins. You, you worked for Petridge Farm, didn't you, Parker? Yeah, I certainly did. <laughs> I didn't want to use the term because that's a brand name, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you make a lot of bread that way. That's right. Oh, that's true. You know uh, that that commercial was interesting. He started with that. They got an actor taking his place. Is he dead now? Is Parker gone? Yeah, yes. yeah. Parker yeah. died a couple, about a year or two ago. Are you serious? He lived that? I, did, I thought maybe he was gone years no, ago. He no, he was 96 or 97, wasn't he? Wow. He was 95. 95. I'll have to look in the variety for that. Listen, I got a little bit of trivia for you before I ask a couple of questions. Uh, in the September the 24th issue, 1920, of Big Variety, the Eastern Variety, there's a full top page ad. It says Jack Benny, and then in parentheses, formerly Ben K. Benny. Mm -hmm. That's right. Very interesting, eh? He so changed his name, time, didn't he? He changed, yeah. his, uh, he changed yeah. his stage name. Yeah, they were yeah he had several with, names. They were being confused with Ben Bernie. Ben Bernie. Yeah. Okay. Now, my mom and dad were in vaudeville. They had an act called Hollingsworth and Crawford in What Price Bob about the Bob craze. And uh, pretty soon that Bob beca uh, hair became a popular thing, the, the act went down the tubes because, you know, who was going to come in and see a skit about Bob hair? But at any rate, we had at one time here, my brother still has them, I hope, uh, home movies of Fred Allen and Portland Hoffa and my dad and mother standing in front of one of the Orpheum, the Keith Orpheum Circuit Theaters. I don't know where that would be, but it would have been when, uh, you know, uh, Fred appeared at the same time. What was his act, you know? Uh, what, disappointments of 1927. Disappointments of 1927? Yes. Therefore, it had to be 1927 that those films were made, I assume. Yes. Uh, is Portland still living? Uh, yes, she is. That's remarkable. You see, we don't get information like that. Uh, like there was a famous singer, I've forgotten his name now, that used to sing uh, Abdullah Bulbul Amir, uh, Frank Crummett, and he had a, his wife also sang with him on radio. When he died, she disappeared. And uh, that's the way it goes, I guess. All right, Harry, thank you for the call. I want to get one more on here. All right. All right, thank you very much. Okay, give me uh, number 10, and we have Brian on the uh, line here from Temple City. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I was uh, always a big fan of all the comedy shows on uh, radio, and I particularly love Fred Allen. And I wondered whether Spurdvac has uh, made accessible any of these uh, tapes for the general public. Yes. If you join, yes. Yes, yes. Okay, uh, could you give me the address again? Box 1587, Hollywood, California, 90078. And I want to ask you one other thing. Another favorite of mine was Easy Aces. Is there mm -hmm. anything existing on that? Quite a bit. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, I love that uh, Goodman and Jane Ace. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I wanted to know, so thanks a whole lot. Thank All you. right, Brian, thank, thank you. you. What's the, one of the hardest shows to find, radio shows? Well, there's a show that everybody in the world is looking for, the, oh. the early I Love a Mystery shows from Hollywood. Uh, there's also a show called Latitude I, I Zero. Thought, I thought I Love a Mystery... Uh, that's right. It did come from Hollywood. Came from yeah. Hollywood first, then New York. Those later on, tougher ones yes, to find. Yes. Yeah, and those are rough. A show that, called Latitude Zero is another one, tough one mm -hmm. that everybody's looking mm -hmm. for. Was that when Dresser was uh, doing the announcing? Yes, yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. There are a few of those around, but not mm -hmm. too many. Mm -hmm. That's 1939 to 43. With Doc, Reggie, and oh. Jack. Jack. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. great oh, show. Yeah. yeah. Carlton's still doing well. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. A few years back, uh, I was fortunate. She's not doing anything now, but I, I had uh, Mercedes McCambridge. I called. heard the show. You heard that? Yeah, yeah. When you had Carlton on, that's she right called. with Carlton yes. Moore. Right. Yeah. 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 
And she doesn't do any of that now. No, no unfortunately not. Yeah. Uh, Robert Taylor, I want to thank you very much, first of all, for writing the book, and thanks for spending three hours with us. Thank you, Ray. It's a pleasure. I can't think of a, a more delightful subject than to write about Fred Allen, his life, and wit. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. And uh, John and Larry, thank you for being with us. Thank you. It's thank been you, a fast three hours. Yes, how yeah. about it? It goes sure. awfully fast. It does. I'll, it does. I'll see you at the, uh, what's the name it's of the, the, the Viscount? The Viscount Hotel. Hotel, yeah. yeah. A little later today. Frank yeah. DeBall, Lena Romine, big band discussion. Yeah, and anybody who wants to uh, show up uh, can, right? You oh, bet. Of course. You bet. All right, I'll see you a little bit later. Okay. So uh, we'll let uh, CB sign it off here. Go ahead, CB. <laughs> this is Cecil B. DeMille saying good night to you from... Hollywood. Take care, gentlemen. Thank you, Ray. Thanks, Ray. <laughs> this is Talk Radio, and I'm Ray Breen. <laughs> this is KABC Talk Radio, AM 790, KABC Los Angeles. It's 3 o'clock. With that, we'll talk to you later tonight. Everybody here in Yesterday, USA. Jaws Professional Saturday 7291 Alt Tab Saturday Alt Tab Sound Forge Pro 11 Point Escape Escape Enter One There you go. It'll be All right. Enter Menu File Menu A Leaving Menus Data Window Sound One Star Save as Dialog File Name Sound One Edit S A T U R D A Y N I G A T 7 29 17 S E C O N D P C D I T A P A T R I C I A Save, save, but enter data window. Jaws Professional Patricia Office Bill Bragg Skype at Alt Tab Skype Trademark Left Bragg Windows M Desktop OS CKDS CKDS Sound Enter User Account Alt Y Sound